And welcome back to WTF and Vana Deal. I'm Spicy Ryan, and I brought my pogo stick to show her a trick with the Fox Danger. And today, oh, and who's <laughs> you, you okay with the Fox? We, we just started. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, right. oh already paramedics on All standby. Right. And today we are joined by. You want me to say my name? Is that <laughs> today we are joined by Silver Sean, who is going to be talking to us about. An important topic today, so we're going to be a little more serious than usual, which is a uh, a low water mark for us to make a high water mark, but it should be an interesting episode. So, Silver, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself as because you're an XI player as well, not just our uh, I, I want to say expert, but I mean that's a expert can be a high bar. So, yeah. Um, so I've been playing eleven. I don't playing eleven on and off. Probably um, close to 15 years, maybe. Uh, I started playing on the Shiva server and then walked to Asura, like right when Adulin came out. Um, and also, um, I have my bachelor's in psychology and I've worked as a crisis therapist um, for around three years, providing group and individual therapy for people in mental health crises and detoxification from opiates, benzodiazepines, and alcohol. Which is going to be good because today we are talking about mental health, so that should come in handy. But we always start off with asking people how they are. So we'll start off with you, the guest, because we don't want to Funkworks you, if you're familiar with this show at all, or Funkworks. We don't want to just marginalize you to the, the bench and we forget about your existence. We're going to ask you first, as the <clears throat> guest, how are you doing, Silver? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm chilling and excited to talk about psychology. What sort of stuff have you been up to lately? Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, just like normal 11 stuff, like whatever floats your boat, uh, sortie and um, stuff like that. And I've also started playing DCS, so I'm kind of like nerding out about that right now. I still didn't really know what it was to like, you told me before and I'm just like, okay. And then you told me again today and I go, wait, what was that again? And then I'm sure people don't know what that is besides just me being dumb. Yeah. For those who don't know, it's like a hyper-realistic um, combat slash flight simulator. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm, <clears throat> I, uh, I've been trying to fly the F-16 and like, you have to mouse and click all the buttons and like turn all the knobs and everything. And like, it took. <laughs> So the first time I played it, it took me like 50 minutes to take off because it's just like, here you go, take off. It does. You have to like turn the battery on and the APU and then start the engine. And then, yeah, that reminds me of a game on the Genesis uh, that I had where I didn't even I, like as a small child with like no instruction manual because we, we got it used. Like the, I did not know how to take off in, in the plane. Like it was it was it was one of those flight simulator <laughs> games and it was as realistic as it could be for something made for the yeah. Genesis, man. So I, I know what you're talking about. Personally, I would love to see Fox as a small child in an F-16 cockpit trying yes. to take off. That'd be great. Carrier takeoff. Fox, <laughs> like a five-year-old. Even better. Yeah. We'll watch Fox dip below the horizon of the ship when it goes off the bow for a second. Hope he pulls up. Not come back. <laughs> oh, well, at least he got it moving. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. That's good. So how <laughs> how are you doing then, Fox? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, classes just started up, and 
They're pretty straightforward so far. There's one class that's, that I won't really get into the meat of anything of until next week, so I have no idea what its assignments will look like. Um, I have an interesting math class, though. I actually got to uh, to teach um, for like 30 minutes on, on Friday, like teach the class on uh, permutations. And oh, what, you were in your static? Stuff for, for sets. What's that? I said, what were you in your static? No, I was in like my physical location. At school. I, I knew you weren't. I was just. Oh, I see. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Like it started out with small groups, and then uh, as I was as I was teaching like the, the ideas behind some of the uh, some of the assignment, like more and more people started flocking away from their group to my group, and then I was like teaching everybody eventually. So that was a that was a pretty interesting day. Um, as far as in game goes, I've really just kind of been dicking around um i made a gutler against my better judgment really after um, episode on beast was like 17 so we're on 106 now so yeah i know i it, it's always seemed redundant to me with imer but I, you don't use blackbeard randy have one uh, not really but okay. you know i might as well have the axe available right so i went ahead and did that and then i've been going in and i've been testing like random uh pets on things like right now i'm I'm taking Darren during Roland through all of the uh, the V25s to see if Jedatora can land for some cheese. Um, so far, I'm like two for six on not being able to. That's I what you meant by Jedatora. I thought you were taking a Blue Mage into V25s and trying to. Jedetora. Oh no, a Blue Mage is going to get like hella resistant. Yeah, that's what um, I was. I was thinking. I'm like, okay. Darren Roland is ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, it lands on almost everything in the game. Like it, it's it's, but not V25. Yeah, but not V25 so far. But it's pretty ridiculous. It shouldn't work um, in any of them. It does land on something. Because of their, their rates to any... None of them are weak to dark. If anyone weak to dark, then it would probably work. Maybe. No, but we'll see. I'll see if I can rule it out. But um, not wasting a ton of points on it or anything because I'm kind of at a premium. But just like as I know I have a surplus, I'll go in and do one of them. So far, Engai and Kalunga are no-go. Um, let's see. Other than that, um, I'm dealing with uh, my group recovering from all of the time off we took in December and everyone forgetting everything about how we do sortie again. Uh, so was, yeah. What is it? Any, I mean, any, any two days off and they forget what the event is. I guess it happens that there a break. You do forget stuff. It's going back from the V 15s to the twenties. We've had to re remember the stuff we did. And then from the V 20s to the V 25s. Now it's like, Oh, we got to get back in the swing of it. But I mean, I don't not, not like a week gap. So I can't really relate to it, <laughs> but I try to have as much understanding as I can, but it's, it's That's pretty important. simple stuff. It's not like, it's not like I'm expecting someone to like memorize a 20 minute long, like interaction of, you know, everything you need to do. Like I'm expecting like a single skill chain, you know, Listen, or what does this mob do? <laughs> empathy is important. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, but Fox, I, I does, Fox does strive, but he doesn't. You know, he doesn't run in the same lane as as other people when it comes to how he thinks. I guess not. Um, but yeah, I, I just I just don't understand how people cannot remember what what a mob does. But you know, I also know that some people can remember like what they had for breakfast yesterday, but I couldn't. Same sort of shit. I guess is weird. Yeah. So aside from that, though, not much else going on. Just. uh just random, random shit and doing school, man. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I am copacetic. I've been looking forward to this episode. I've had to, because during our holiday break, we had the Christmas episode. We had the New Year's episode. The, and then this was planned out. And for the last 
we, we said, I think at the end of November, we made a thing in our Discord to start talking to people about this episode to really get a lot of conversation and feedback and, and points to include, not you know forget to do or not think of to put in here. So I've been excited for this. Made Twitter posts, uh, shared in some Discords, uh, Reddit posts, I mean, stuff like that. And so that's that's been something that's been good. So if anyone is listening to this due to the subject matter of, you know, as a first episode, because uh, episode 106 now, uh, at 105 didn't do it for you. But this one, this is the one you found. So kudos to you, listener. But otherwise, uh, outside of this episode, that should hopefully go a little better because we have a rather funk work style, robust outline. We, we should be good with that. But I'm having today one of my favorite beers. If it's not like this, it ain't a real beer to me. A nice Imperial Stout from Sam Smith. I've probably had it in here before, but it's not something I regularly bring out. But it's a special episode. Uh, is that, you is just knocked it over, didn't you? <laughs> no, I, I pause because I'm like, is that a ball in a cup? It's a nice cube. Oh, okay. <laughs> Note to self, forgot to engage in the push-to-talk conversation, but we will muddle through that anyway. Uh, you know, but I've been in game, I've been taking it slow and, and, and after the holidays uh, of all that engagement and doing stuff and, and, and messing around, I'm kind of just messing with the static, our one and a half hour nights, uh, a few nights a week. And then otherwise I'm just taking it easy. I didn't even finish my Tube Samadhi trials yet. And I had that since, you know, by new year's or whatever. So I'm just doing whatever with that in game. I'm just, I, I moved my storage around today. I made the big move. Pup is out of the satchel. It's into the locker, but I tried to put it in the safe first. I had to take everything back out of the safe because it was too much. I, over, I didn't count. You know, when they say measure twice, cut once, I, I said, fuck it, let's cut. And then I had to undo that. But it is, you know, it's just a brief moment. But now, now I'm rocking the empty satchel because Scholar is getting in gear, finishing those trials up, trying to get, I, I made a cape and ambuscade. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to get down to clown with the, with this job now. So we'll see how that goes. Oh man, it's already a cape official. Yeah, it's got three capes now. Oh, shit. Three. Nuking, healing, and STP. Woo! He's done it. And I don't need anything else besides that. I mean, there's other ones, of course, I need to get. But uh, otherwise, I've been trying to just, uh, you know, set. I set up a computer up in the bedroom because usually Carrot and I spend our time in the uh, the great room kitchen area. We have one bedroom, and I've been trying to do that so I can... Just get like a, not, not like isolation, but but just, you know, not worry about the game or anything. I'm just going to go in there and just uh, lounge around, do whatever, mess around with some operating system stuff and, you know, just, just do whatever I feel like and just uh, think about like, okay, what are we doing in the podcast? You know, just like get away from the game for a little bit. Not not stop playing, but just, you know, take a moment to, to unwind during the days or weekends or something instead of just going through the motion since the holidays. Gonna, it's, you know, it's. Yeah. It's it's I call it less wet January. Dry January is a bit dumb. Less wet, so the only drinking is going to be on the podcast because that's a good time. And otherwise, I think I'm going to take it nice and easy after whatever holiday that was. <laughs> I think everyone was just uh, was going for broke. Whether it was uh, shout out to Velner on the stream or High On or Static or anyone, I think I think we need a break. But otherwise, yeah, that's me. So. I mean, let's get into this episode. So there's no emails to go over. That's nice. But we do have a couple of little banter things before we get in the episode to finalize this little intro out. So we have two things. First one is Post of the Week, Fox. Oh, no. Do you have the Post of the Week in front of you? 
I do not have the post of the week in front of me. I missed that. It is in podcast notes. It is in the podcast notes. Oh no! It is a post. It is a post on Auction House in the Blue Mage forums because it's the most liveliest of job forums lately. It's not. It's sarcastic, but um, slow forever posts. What's everyone using their blue for these days? Last I played, I was using it to refill merits and TP drain an Odyssey and Cruel Joke B for Gil. I see you can do triple digit damage or triple damage with empty gear and am just curious what you guys use this job for. So is that almost a leading question? <laughs> like, like, do you want to talk about the Empyrean gear or do you want to talk about what you use blue for? Because sometimes those overlap, I guess. I don't know, Fox. What do you use blue for? Um, I use blue... For refilling merits, TP Drain and Odyssey, and Cruel Joke B for Gil. So what are we using? All this new content's come up between that. So. Actually, I'm not really using it for any of that. I don't use blue at all, really, right now. I don't um, use blue for those things, either. Well, so. okay, I don't personally use blue. I, I use blue for, like, Shoal Sea Farm. Um, I've got a guy that dedicatedly goes blue. Dedicatedly? He has a dedicated blue to that run. Um... Uh, because we still do joke strats to clear everything. Uh, that's about it, though. Like, we don't really take him on that job to anything else. But I, I don't know. Like, the stuff we go to is, like, fairly narrow right now. So I, I picked this post, Fox, just because there's a lot of things I could have picked. But I picked this post this week because I was just sitting there scrolling along doing stuff. And then this is there. And it's just a random bump of the thread that's been rather inactive in general for... Hey, I've been using blue for all this stuff that's really relevant current stuff. What's everyone using blue for these days? I see we got Empyrean gear. And it's like, um... I use blue for everything that's still current. What do you use blue for? So, personally, Fox, you've been going to some of our runs due to, you, you know, your holiday and stuff. You've been going to a few and we're trying to... Mm-hmm. I've moved our static schedule around a little bit so we can mesh with you better and get you in some shoal seas. And you've seen how... Because you said you still do cruel joke strats in general to clear a lot of the content, right? So... Yeah, the main difference is uh, we still use a paladin, and you do not. <laughs> I am the paladin on blue. Yeah. So, yeah, you've seen how we do it. Now we, it's kind of, we can call it a hybrid of the two, where I will take evasion songs from the bard. We talked about this previously in the podcast, but I'll, I'll mm-hmm. you know, go over it again, because it's been a bit. It's been a hot minute. It's been, like, various months. Where I take uh, normal DD songs and everything, I change my payout. I actually lay out. I, I have it on the blue guide at the bottom for show. I put in what I wear and what I what I have set and stuff, and give a whole description on it for blue because I think it's very effective. Actually, I don't like taking a tank <laughs> because of what blue can do in there. So I love going on blue. And I, I would don't do like taking a tank either. Actually, <laughs> yeah, and I'll do. Well, the problem is too when you don't take a tank, it's things can happen. Too. And it will eventually happen. So it just, it smooths a run out. Cause I was trying to go Dragoon and I said it previously, I believe. And that was just not me getting off blue to go Dragoon. Problems were happening. And, and this has solved all the problems from happening. So, and I do the hybrid where I have enough evasion to break off in the group myself or to pull an entire Halo and tank it from the group with AoE hate spells and, and JA sub rune. And I can do more damage than a tank and do the same roles as a tank. And then I can break off from the group, which can go kill any family without my help. You don't need a tank for families. It's the halos that go wrong. And I'll doom two families while they're killing stuff, and we meet back in the middle for buffs and everything. So it becomes this hybrid of five people moving as a group and me either coming back or breaking off from the group to clear out multiple families with Crojo can come back and fight normal mobs like a DD would. Yeah, between the two runs, the only difference is what IP and SMO. 
Um, when I'm with you, your group, I ping a Samoa the Mambo, whereas in my group, I ping a Samoa Min 4. <laughs> like, that's that's the actual difference. Um, in my runs, like, I don't even think we... I don't know. I, I don't think we need a Paladin. Like, very rarely are we holding, like, multifamily pulls. And I know people feel certain ways about those because of, like, lost segments from some of the mobs. Sometimes. I don't do more than two at a time because um, it seems to prevent yeah, close yeah, to any loss. Them. Yeah. So rarely are there so many mobs on any one particular pull that it actually requires a Paladin. Um, as a bard, I pull Halos. So I don't... I. I Honestly, the bard can do everything a paladin does like 90% of the time if I were to just make up percentages. So, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of how it is. Like, I've gotten to the point where, like, I just like tell the healer, it's like, hey, I'm about to be a hero. And he's like, okay. And that, that mean, and that's heightened, of course. And we have an understanding where that means I'm about to go aggro like most of the Halo mobs. And he just needs to heal me for a bit while I cast him mm-hmm. to semi. Well, now that you, you bring it up, what do you use a uh, bard for these days? <laughs> Right, exactly. Um, Everything. I would like our blue to do more of what uh, Spicy does, though. But Silver gets, so the, gets the whole joke. He, he gets the whole point of why that was brought up. He gets it. That's good. Oh. I mean, I saying, I mean, how I play blue in there, I think, just makes sense in terms of trying to make blue not the focal point of the group, but more to the group than a DD or tank would be and fulfill multiple roles while doing more combined than either one would separately, if that makes sense. I just, it's just to unify, it, it kind of ties up all the loose ends. If As long as you have Mambos and you have a reasonable Lua that's going to not override you in a midcast that'll kill you when you have all the stuff on you, as long as you have that yeah. override in there, then you should be just as invincible as anything else because you have plenty of damage mitigation tools on blue. Pretty much, yeah. So yeah, I'd like to do it that way, but not quite at the point where our blue or the person who is going Paladin would be able to do any of the other roles so well, we'll work on it we'll get there at some point i'm sure it's taken time to get comfortable with the role and the way i do it because i'll try and line it up where i'll doom the family on the edge of another family and start fighting while i'm waiting for the minute so i can kill a few in that minute and then you know eventually if the run goes so well you can have like three minutes left over after every mob's been killed and it's just you go okay well, let's let's i guess let's go do something else I think as far as this post is concerned, though, like, I think this guy is just probing how people value the 5% for wearing 5 of 5 on tripling damages. I think that was what they were hoping would be discussed. But to me, it was just, uh, I use blue for all these things that everyone says they use blue for. Is there anything I'm not doing that I should be doing because that's what everyone else does? Sure. That's why I took it's, that. It just has a really weird focus on on one thing in particular. It is all. It's because that's the only thing that's changed since they've been gone, besides asking if Blue should go to Sortie. But I guess since they don't see people asking for it, the answer is no. Even though it depends what you're doing there. So you can. You, you can yeah. you can AOE down like basically the entire top floor. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean the do that right the blue gear that. is very good for nuking without that. And we covered that in our Empyrean episodes, but just yes, it's yes, I nuke in it. <laughs> So yeah. that's, what, that's what you do with it. You obviously weapon skill in the head. You obviously nuke and everything. I mean, it's it just blues options are rather limited, and that's a standout option. But otherwise, unless there's anything else to add to that, <clears throat> not really. No. We have what shall certainly be uh, our perhaps top two memes. So if anyone is still a brand new listener listening to this, for years now we have had the gold standard of memes: Daddy's love true yeah (laughs) and that means when you're in a group 
and you're trying to win the parse as a DD, you don't have to win the parse. You don't have to chase daddy's love because we promise that if you don't win the parse, he will still come back from the store. Well, I mean, most of the time, yeah. Most of the time. It probably won't be because of your parse, though. Yes, your parse will not bring him back, but your parse is not the reason he left. Exactly, yeah. And (laughs) our New Year's episode, which is our last episode, had uh, one of our listeners i was gonna call him a fan but i don't mean, it's just weird to call anyone a fan one of our one of the people who listens to the the podcast had their mule daddy's love there and that was i think that was a nice way to spend the new year's with daddy's love on stream it was pretty great yeah that was good he, he came back we knew he would but coincidentally outside of anything we've done where instead of fox creating daddy's love meme there was something that happened to someone who's it's not like in our circle but he's in our link show as a number two, and he's in our Discord, and he talks and posts stuff. So, and we've also played with him a bit lately. So it's not like it's not like it's like like our guy, but but Bippin is everybody's guy. So if anyone's familiar with Bippin of Acera, he was in what I can only, without pulling up the exact details, call as a pug ambuscade run. It must have been magical. <laughs> it, it, it must have been magical because the screenshot here is all I needed to include. Where. <laughs> Where instead of bringing other jobs for the ambuscade, as easy as it is this month, they had a group where he joined and the leader brought multiple bards. And so Bippin wanted to ask, uh, you know, what's going on with these songs and stuff. And the leader started getting a bit, uh, shall we say, testy. And they had told him in chat that after he asked what songs are, are going to be used with two bards uh, and suggested songs, uh, the leader said, you can make your own elite party if you need. And said a little heart, the little passive aggressive heart. And Bippin says, I mean, you made the party with two bards. And then to follow that up with, the person said, to help you feel safe like your mommy's kisses. Oh, that's so delightful. (laughs) So they made a they made a party with two bards. And then when someone left, because apparently the group was not successful in this incredibly easy ambuscade this month, Bippin asked if they're going to get a third bard to make up for the person leaving. (laughs) I I don't know. I feel like if, if you're in a party, um, I, I, well, first off, okay, this is the mental health episode. I think your your unfair character assassination of the party leader is is unwarranted because who else among us um, doesn't take multiple bards to a party and then when someone says like, hey, do you want all of these songs that two bards can provide? Say no. If you want to do that, go form your own elite party because two bards providing Multiple songs, that's elite. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Two oh, Corsairs, four rolls, get out of here with that elitism. Right. <laughs> so besides the passive-aggressive heart in the screenshot, because <laughs> no one can see this screenshot, I need to describe it, they also finished off with, uh, uh, you know, and it's my, caps on the MY, party, so let me take responsibility. So we have the, the passive-aggressive heart, the passive-aggressive caps lock my for inviting multiple bards and not telling them what to do in a ambuscade pug. And the admonishing of the person asking about what's going on with the buff situation by telling them that they brought the multiple bards to make them feel safe like mommy's kisses. Yeah, that's what the strategy is called. If you have multiple bards, it's called the mommy kisses strat. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, what would go better with daddy's love besides the mommy's than mommy's kisses? It's so good. It's so good. We've been using it in our static, just just passively. Whenever it's not like not like we're constantly cheesing it on like excessive movie theater butter popcorn. It is just 
randomly sprinkling it in without any warning or sign that it's coming. Just someone sneaking in those mommy's kisses. <laughs> it's just been great. It's so stupid. Now we're going to have a second mule now from whatever listener makes that one called Mommy's Kisses. There's going to be nothing left on, on Asura. <laughs> Clearly. All the mules will be gone. Oh, man. And so if someone makes that mule, Mommy's Kisses um, and Daddy's Love need to get married in-game, and we need to have a ceremony <laughs> in front of Bubbling Bernie. Oh, God. We can't even get SE to do that anymore, so we would have to, like, like crowdsource that crowdsource you're gonna have to make a gofundme for mommy's <laughs> mommy's kisses and daddy's love wedding oh man uh but that's 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 you know that's a really good addition to the family of memes there because we have a lot going on with that so be all the meme that you can be meme your dreams and also the mental health episode now for two years around episode five or something fox this came to be a thing remember when we had rua on yeah. Actually, I think, think Rua was episode four. Funkworks was five? Something around there. It was between those. I think Funk was four and Rua was five. So, so. it gets blurry in there because we recorded the same Bard episode three times. <laughs> it was twice. Twice that I learned not to mess things up when it comes to recording nothing. Can I, before you, you dropped in, like, the origin of the meme or origin of the mental health episode on them, can I just tell you what it was like from my perspective? Yeah, go for it, man. Okay. So, like, uh, sort of spicy and I history like i've known spicy for a while and like i was in a a couple of shells with them did end game stuff we with did them aonyx and, together when they were new i didn't yeah. even know you had credentials yeah and so like <laughs> I, I i take uh i take like breaks from the game and we'll get into that later but i took like a break from the game and then like i came back and i knew spicy had a podcast because i like had seen it um somewhere and i I sent Spicy a tell and I'm like, hey, does your like, is there like a podcast link show? He's like, yeah, grab one from the link show uh, concierge. So I do. And I get in and it's like, join our Discord. So I join the Discord. And I'm like clicking through the channels and sort of like getting a, a sense of it. And like, I I forgot what channel it was, but I click on the channel. It might have been general or something. And I see someone say like, so about that mental health episode. And I'm like, oh, they want a, <laughs> they want a mental health episode? Well, it's like, a meme. Oh. By the way, like I'm, a, you know, I was a crisis therapist, and Spicy's like, how, how have I not known this? So yeah, I thought it was like, I didn't know it was like it had started like so. Um, multiple years ago. Yeah, multiple years ago. Like, I mean, like November mental health episode is one. Yeah, it's like as old, if not older, than Daddy's Love. So <laughs> yes, it might be older than Daddy's Love. It might be. We didn't know memes would be born. <laughs> But yeah, we've uh, we've been threatening this episode for a long time. <laughs> threatening. But so, so far we haven't had a more serious tone than we usually do. And hopefully everyone enjoys that. But it's about to get serious now. Because so about that mental health episode, dot, dot, dot. It is finally happening. And that means we have to start off with, obviously, a disclaimer. I have not written out a disclaimer nor looked up disclaimers because I just want it to be whatever I say, I guess. But... Uh, since this is going to get into actual mental health and illness topics and anything happening, uh, I guess we could say first off, Fox and I are not your personal friends. We're not personally connected to any of the listeners. We are not anything to anyone besides a couple guys hanging out and having fun. So please do not send us all of your problems and things that should go to a mental health professional. If you have any actual uh, issues or problems or 
uh, things that could be an imminent danger to you, anything of, of that nature, uh, please actually maybe consider, or I mean, you should seek actual people who are qualified to help with that because we are two podcasters with someone who is qualified, but probably not for anyone's particular issues at hand. He's not, as, as a crisis counselor, he is not a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a bona fide psychologist that you're going to talk to. I mean, you could always clarify more what you are in a second, Silver, but yeah. otherwise, otherwise we are not actual medical advice. We are not anything of that nature. We are trying to talk about a topic to, I mean, go through various things of destigmatizing, demystifying, generating understanding of mental health and illness and, and promote better mental health and be able to empathize and communicate with the player base here. We're not, we are not, you know, anything beyond that in this episode. I and Fox, especially myself, are completely unversed in this subject beyond what two average Joes might be. So do not take any of our, especially my speculating, because Fox doesn't speculate, <laughs> any of that for any sort of weight or, or gravity or anything on, on that subject. It is just our personal thoughts. It doesn't mean it's the truth. Most of what I say is not the truth in general, obviously. And that, that I think, is a good disclaimer. Well, and I would just like want to mention this is not a replacement for medical advice. This is not a replacement for, for like professional therapy provided by qualified individuals that are licensed by your state and or country's licensing board. An actual disclaimer. Uh, this, yeah. Essentially, this is like equivalent to a week in a Psych 101 course. Like, this is just very basic, elementary, surface level in an attempt to like sort of you know, decrease the stigma around mental health, give people maybe generate some interest in, in people about like pursuing career mental health, sort of just share my love of psychology, talk about, you know, my experience working in the field um, and how to uh, taking basically psychological concepts and trying to apply it to a 21 year old MMORPG that was designed on the PS2. So obviously, like if you are having like any actual IRL problem like anxiety or suicidal ideation, depression or anything like that. If you're in the United States, you have the national suicide hotline and it is very good because when I worked as a crisis therapist, I received referral calls from that hotline and I had to like talk to people that called that that hotline due to, you know, suicidal ideation as well as many other problems. Um, there's, I think they, the U.S. passed a bill recently to sort of design like a 911 type phone number for mental health. I forgot what it is, but I mean, you could Google it. Um, I'll put it in the description. Yeah. I'll Google it and put it in the description yeah. of the episode. Not that anyone usually checks the description, but I will check. Yeah. So if you're legitimately having problems or you, you, know, you think you are or there is a possibility that you are, seek professional advice and help from professionals licensed to offer that advice in your country and or state. And I probably should just had you do that whole disclaimer. That sounds a lot better than what I did. I I only had the sentiment behind it. You had the uh, actual authority behind it. So thank you, Silver. You're welcome. But as you said, you were a crisis counselor. Do you want to go into more of your credentials on that subject or? Well, like I, I, can yeah um so my bachelor's is in psychology um and then 
when I graduated, I worked in the intellectual and developmental sort of area of mental health or intellectual and developmental disability area of mental health. Um, and then I got a job um, at a licensed behavioral health center <clears throat> near me. And I interviewed for like five different jobs, like simultaneously, because like with my bachelor's, I could pretty much, you know, there was a lot of options I had, which is why I like psychology, because if you get bored of one thing, you easily like transition to another thing. Um, and so I did the interview and um, the person interviewing me was like telling me they're like, oh, this this crisis therapist job, like it's it's hard work. It's, you know, it it you're basically talking to people during the worst time in their life. And like, you have to be like, we work as a team. We depend upon each other, like the, the therapists and the nurses and everybody, like we, we look out for each other and it, we depend upon each other. I'm like, you know what? That sounds fun. I'm gonna do that. And it was, this is kind of weird to say, because it's again, the worst day of, or week of people's yeah, lives. You're comparing something terrible to something. Yeah. Fun, right? <laughs> yes. I, I can't wait to share the worst day of your life with yeah. you, sir. It was extremely fun. Um, I loved it because. I have ADHD, so every day was new. Every every time I went into work, it was new. It was like I didn't know what you know what to expect or anything. So it kept me on my toes, and it was very rewarding. Um, but in that job, I did like I did pretty much everything. Um, I did the intake, <clears throat> uh, which the intake for those that don't know, it's like three hours of like psychological assessments and everything. And like, basically you saying like why you're coming to the uh, crisis unit. And then I did group and individual therapies um, for people in mental health crises, like suicidal ideation, psychotic episodes, and then detoxification from opiates, benzodiazepines, and alcohol. I did like, if we had referral calls from the suicide hotline, I answered those. Um, I'm, Almost had to do a couple mental hygiene, which mental hygiene is a, uh, it's like a, a legal process where basically you remove the rights of someone from 48 to 72 hours, depending upon like state, all that. Um, luckily, I didn't have to do that, but it's like a whole process that's involved. Like you have to go before a judge. Essentially, it's a way of determining like this person is in their current state. Um, not mentally well so we're going to remove their their rights um for like 48 to 72 hours and place them into a mental health facility to help um decrease their symptoms control their medication and see if that helps and then if not like you can discuss like whether they need a higher level of care or what to do <clears throat> that sounds um, like heavy stuff yeah i mean it can be did it weigh on you no not really. I mean, good. well, there was like a couple of things that like they didn't really weigh on me, but it's like um, just it was shitty and sucked. Like, um, yeah, like, uh, you know, there were a couple clients that, you know, of course, like because um, I want to see everyone succeed and do well, but like they relapse, which is like, I want to say par for the course, but. You can't course. save everyone. Yeah. But, and then like OD and all that. But, you know, it was, it was super rewarding. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I was able to help people, hopefully. Um, 
At least that's what they tell me. So I think it's cool when someone can actually like do what they enjoy and make a difference at the same time. So I see that. Yeah, because too often I know I especially do this as a joke when uh it comes to like two odd people that are together in public, I'll make a remark to a carrot or something, and I go, you know, honey, there's someone for everyone. And I use it as a sarcastic sort of dickish comment that that's, you know, I, I enjoy those stupid things. But uh, outside of, I don't think that's too unique in how that's used too. But I mean, what that really means is, is someone or something for everyone that happens to be you actually being a proper fit for a job that most people or not everyone is a proper fit for. Yeah. And, and I think it's nice because uh, between me disparaging random people I've never met before in public, you know, when you go people watching as you do your, your, chores or paying bills or whatever that you you know because i had to drop my bill off at the water place you know it's it's just annoying but uh you know that sort of thing it's it's nice to know that that actually works in terms of someone finding something that's good for them and happening happens to benefit the rest of people yeah um like i said uh it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it i learned a lot i was uh, able to help a lot of people and i was extremely lucky <clears throat> In that, like, the people I worked with were amazing. The nurses I worked with were amazing. The, like, nursing director was amazing. My clinical director was amazing. My Was uh, anyone not amazing? No. Okay. Well, like, there's maybe one or two, but... Do you, they, still, uh, do, you still do this, or did you... No, um... You don't have to. You just say no, it's fine. I mean, that's, we don't have to... You don't have to go into it. Okay, my Discord momentarily lost it. Um, no, my Discord decided to fresh randomly that's cool um no i i don't so i don't currently do this uh or do that work as a crisis therapist anymore um not because i disliked it or anything really happened um the thing with mental health is like the pay isn't that great which like it's not really i want to say like it's not about the pay but like well it's not about the pay but you yeah. have to survive and you have bills yeah. to pay and you have a roof to keep over your head um and so there was a, a facility I had opened sort of like equidistant from my house and the place that I worked, but in opposite direction. And I, w- I would be doing like the same thing and they, it was higher pay. And so I was like, oh, I'll go work there. And turns out like it was not good um, just because I disagreed with how it was run. It like there was um, it wasn't like malicious or anything, but there were like regulations and stuff that like i wish would have been taken more seriously um so i ended up not liking that but it was the same line of work right so yeah that's odd um yeah so um i saw like a a job i knew this position you know had existed and I, i applied for it before but it was like um basically where i I would work from home and I would like review or audit mental health facilities, like go and make sure they're following rules and regulations that their clinical notes make sense and like are correct. They're not, you know, um, billing, keeping everything above board. Yeah. Yeah. Billing like incorrectly. Um, and I was like, yeah, but I'll just, I'll apply, see how it goes. What, you know, what's the worst that could happen? They say no. Oh, I applied. <laughs> And I interviewed and I got the job. So now I work from home um, reviewing mental health facilities. That's good. That still helps. That's important. Yeah. Especially because you just experience what happens when they don't do that. So you, yeah. get, to, you get to write that wrong. Yeah. But you were telling me 
that beforehand when we got together today to to organize everything because we've had a couple meetings on this subject and we've you know i've said it before i posted to the public and everyone i had to round all that up and we wrote this thing out today but you were telling me before that everyone has symptoms of mental illness uh, is there a that was that was something that it makes a lot of sense when you hear it but you don't typically think about so could you expand upon that yeah so the things we define as being mental disorders or uh, mental illness are uh, normal emotions like that everyone um, has or experiences at some point in their life, their lives. So like there's in, in the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, uh, the fifth edition, it's like the, the Bible of um, psychology. It's what all psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists use to diagnose um, and treat, well, mainly diagnose mental disorders. There's like broad sort of families or groupings of mental disorders. So you have like anxiety disorders. So you have generalized anxiety disorder, phobias, blah, blah, blah. But like everyone has filled anxiety at some point in their life. Um, you have a job interview. You're going to feel anxious. That doesn't mean you have generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, your cat died. You're going to be depressed. That doesn't mean you have major depressive disorder. So everyone experiences these emotions at some point in their life. And that's normal. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, when it becomes like to the level of a diagnosable mental disorder is how long um, have you been experiencing it? Does it interfere with your like ability to function on a daily basis? So like your cat died, you're going to be depressed, you know, for a week, couple weeks, month, normal. And that's fine. But if you're depressed every day for six months and you can't get out of bed and you don't want to eat, then that's like we might be talking you know, probably go see someone levels. Um, so every mental disorder sort of originates or, or starts in normal uh, emotions that everyone feels. It's just like to the level of you know, how often or how long and does it interfere with your life? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I was seeing a Fox one interject before I came in. Oh no, I'm just so, I'm just listening. I, I know nothing about any of this. I, I could well, it's good to learn because when he says yeah. that, I can relate to that because in the past, I guess I had to be. I try to always keep my personal life very uh, shielded from this, but since it's a mental health episode, I wanna I wanna be a little more fair and, and open. So uh, years ago, when we started this podcast, I would have days where I'd wake up at six and come home by like nine thirty ish, and not liking the work <laughs> that I was doing. And, you know, doing that six, seven days, six, nine, ten to eleven days straight in a row, it doesn't fucking matter. There'd be times where it would go like that. And if you do that that long for that many days, environmentally, if you're doing a job you don't like on top of that, mm-hmm. and then dealing with the internal politics and the fighting and everything else that goes uh, along with that, I absolutely would feel uh, despair, depression, uh, suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. But it wouldn't be... You know, you'd just be like, what if I just died and just didn't come to fucking work tomorrow? It'd be stuff like that. It wouldn't be like, uh, I'm going to walk out into the highway. I guess that would be a thought because you think of it, but it would never be to that level of how much interferes in life. But I definitely understand feeling those emotions because, as I talked about previously in the show, if you don't like your job, just just fucking quit it and just find, I mean, you got to find, some people can't just quit it. Obviously, circumstances and most people don't have any sort of buffer or or leisure to do that. They, They might want to, but... 
I mean, just quit it and just get in a better situation because my mental health uh, so improved after leaving that job and I became so much happier. Uh, my marriage became better. I mean, I wasn't even married at that point, but uh, when I left, I was. Uh, and it just because even it starts taxing a relationship, you, you fight over stupid stuff, you're just uh, quick to anger, you know, all those sorts of things that go along. So I could imagine that people feel those things. But too, uh, for me, it was environmental. But I, yeah, I, you know, I'm sure there's other things that I have that are not purely environmental that are, are are levels of whatever people may diagnose whatever as. But overall, I think I'm a pretty uh, quirky but average person. So I can relate to everyone having those uh, feelings or whatever at any point in time in life because you, you do feel those things. And because people don't want to admit, oh, I'm thinking about killing myself or oh, I feel despair. But that's that's not necessarily an unnormal uh, lock me up kind of thing. That's a uh, okay. What is the circumstances causing this? Is it a uh, person is uh, suicidal by nature or is it something is stressing and taxing them to the level of they're actually feeling this as a uh, response to their environmental stimulus? Yeah. And that's interesting that you, you know, sort of mentioned that and brought that up, like working in a job that you hate, obviously is going to temporarily or short term cause symptoms similar to depression. Again, you know, like that doesn't necessarily have major depressive disorder because like in your case you know you knew what was causing these symptoms and then you removed yourself from that and you no longer had the symptoms and for whatever reason what you were talking about sort of made me think of this and this isn't like this is more just like a psychological psychological facts it's like it's like a psychological quirk that humans have um but well, I'll ask you, Spicy. You might have had this happen to you before, or Fox. Have you ever been on a tall building, um, and then, like, you're at the edge, and your brain is just tells you, like, what if you just jump off? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, and then, I, and then I have an extreme phobia of that, so no. <laughs> okay, and then you're like, wait, no, wait, no, no, don't do that, no, no. Um, so what that is called is lapel du vide, or Call of the Void. It's yeah, it's Call of the Void, and not a lot of is known about it. But um, it seems like everyone kind of experiences that. That doesn't obviously mean like you're depressed or anything. That's just a weird like your brain's like, hey, why don't you just jump off the tall building? And then you're like, no, 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 no. And then you sort of catch yourself, yeah, considering an outcome or something based on your situation. Something, yeah, it's envisioning an outcome more so than considering one. I think. Yeah, it's wow. something like that. Um, but yeah, I just thought. And also would... the lack of sleep doing that too. Yeah. Also, because I would be doing that 13 and a half hours, uh, you know, six plus days straight. And then I'd come home and do the podcast for a couple hours. And then I'd have to try and go to sleep and get up okay. and do it again. <laughs> Imagine podcast on top. Psychological fact. Uh, number two. Sleep is um, super important if you didn't know. Um, and like, well, sleep, but specifically like, REM uh, sleep. well, yeah, but, um, like sleep and sort of just managing stress is super important because people are like, Hey, I'm stressed. You know, how are you doing? I feel stressed. I'm, I'm stressed. And like in society, we just like, okay, cool. Um, and then that sort of ends, but like low, that like daily, like low level, like, huh, I don't want to do this. Like that type of stress alters the structure of your dna what yeah 
So it shortens the chronic stress has been shown to slow wound healing by like factor of two or three and uh, shorten your telomere length. And you can think of a telomere as like uh, there. It's a, I think it's protein on the end of your DNA. And it shields mm-hmm. it from degradation, right? Yeah. It, See, I actually, sh- I'm actually aware of that one for some odd reason. It shields it from unraveling. So you can think of a telomere as like that plastic thing on the end of your shoelace. Imagine that getting shorter and shorter and shorter, but the result of, of it getting shorter and shoelace unwinding is cancer. Yeah. And among other things. And when your telomeres degrade as a sign of age, because they, uh, your DNA telomeres regenerate yeah. when you're young, right? And then over time, yeah. they, that goes away. The telomeres, the protection goes away. And that's why you get gray hair and wrinkles and age because your DNA breaks down as you age and the telomeres protect it from. I'm just trying to remember loosely if I'm, am I right or? I, think i'm not a like geneticist or okay. anything but I, I do know your dna damages as your age and that's why but yeah, i, was, I was remember the, tel- the telomeres are part of protecting it from degrading and, and over time you stop regenerating them as you age and that's when your dna that's when the aging process that becomes visible and things starts occurring yeah well i mean you're always but, aging but like when you like i'm talking about old and gray kind of like you get gray hairs and shit interesting yes yeah. I, mean, I guess I guess I have like some questions about that, especially when it comes oh, to ask, stress. Yeah, ask questions if you have them. Yeah, because I, I, I this is really interesting to me. Um, so I always thought I was kind of strange because I don't react to stressors, or I don't think I, I process them properly because I don't. I, I'm generally free of that. Like even when there's like deadlines and stuff like that, it's always either just it'll it'll get done or it won't sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I never really spend much time on it other than it, it it just gets done or i just go do this or there's always just a result work towards the result be done with it but i always see like a, a people around me just reacting to stress and i just never understand how it works and i guess it kind of like ties in the whole anxiety thing too like i don't i don't really i don't think i process anxiety properly because i i, I honestly don't feel like i experience it so i don't know what's going on with that that could so, be advantageous yeah no, well, it, it, socially, it is absolutely, I bet not, but but in terms I've of survival. It causes me to procrastinate. Oh, that's also sometimes. good. So, so, okay. What do you mean? So, not- because I don't place, like, high levels of importance on things, I suppose, I guess it kind of, like, becomes that. Like, uh, stress, I, I don't see stress as stress. I just see, like, what causes stress to simply be something that needs to be solved. And then I can either solve it or I can't, and I can immediately write it off as, you know, one or the other, and the outcome just simply is what it is. So that, that's just kind of the way I handle, like, basically everything. So I don't know, like, and, and because of that, it's like, well, if I can't interact with, with X thing, why do I need to, you know, prioritize it for right now? And then that can turn into procrastination from what I've noticed. Um, yeah. Not so I'm a major procrastinator. It's just if it, if it ranks lower on that hierarchy, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll process things you know, that I deem more important first, which makes no sense. Most people do that. So, so but there's, I don't think there's probably anything wrong with that. Um, and like Spicy said, you could even argue like it's advantageous. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and that's sort of like the, I don't want to say proper, but like air quotes, proper way of reacting um, to stress is like, if you can't change the outcome right now, like, why worry? You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, exactly. And that, that's, that's always made sense to me that way, too. It's just I don't see anyone around me in my, my personal bubble ever handling it that way. I think Fox, besides the social disadvantages that, that, it, that it brings about, the way that you're very analytical and um, logical in your, the way you deduce out your thought processes and, and things of that nature, that the, adv- the advantage for you there is that's why you're good at public speaking. That's why you're good at teaching and, and why you are able to be yourself and not worry about what other people think about. Like These are important things that people always talk about doing, but you, you don't have the higher motivation that people do to go against those things or to be nervous about it. And when something's going wrong in the game, for example, uh, since you don't feel the same level of anxiety that a lot of people, when things are going, like when you're absolutely uh, a hair's breadth away from losing because something's happened, things are breaking down, uh, you're not feeling the pressure that people will suddenly feel when they make mistakes because they're the anxiety and and not being able to focus purely on thinking about how to fix the outcome in your favor you don't experience that anxiety that would cloud people's like when they start like hitting the keys and then they're like oh shit oh, uh, uh, you know that you don't feel that same way so you don't have that level of outcome so the way that i'm, I'm just making this up as i go along but that's that's how <laughs> i i see that as being advantageous but yes the since we live in a very social society as 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 human beings that's that's our nature is to be social. I could see that having uh, a negative outcome in general. But the, the way that gives you an advantage, if you can utilize that properly, that's, I've always thought that you're incredibly dependable and, and super, super rock steady because of, because of your, your fearlessness, essentially. So, Yeah. And, you know, people, people within my, my personal bubble tend to think that same sort of thing. But I, I just always, um, I always think that, you know, maybe there's like a certain level of apathy that maybe I shouldn't have towards some, some subjects, but yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, I guess it is what it is, but I would say, um, I am similar sort of in that respect. And that's probably like sort of what spicy was saying is why, um, was a good um crisis therapist why i enjoyed it so much because like do you want someone like who's a nervous wreck freaking out like talking to you about like the worst week of your life and your problems i'd imagine no. if if you were so attached to them because you'd say you, there were outcomes that regrettably said but if you had a level of anxiety that was even more towards the center if what you're describing is true then that anxiety would directly get in the way of your ability to do the job because you'd be so yes. worried about the outcome of yeah. if i don't if i don't help this person mm-hmm. then they could just you know, die because I didn't properly help them essentially. So I can imagine that being a very good quality to have in something like that, which is unique, but very important. Yeah. Um, definitely. And like, like when a lot of people that, uh, you know, clients that I, I worked with, I don't know why, but they could pick up like if you were having a bad day or if you weren't like, you read something on your mind or you were worried about something, they would pick up on it. And like, they would just, uh, I would, luckily like, uh, the clients that I worked with, like if I was doing group therapy and they like could tell I wasn't really in it or I was like worried about something they'd be like, they would just inter- interrupt and be like, um, something's going on and like, you need to figure it out. <laughs> and so that, <laughs> I, I, I appreciated that. Cause like, thanks person. Know, I'm trying to help. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wasn't able to do like, the best job when that was going on and you know fox one more thing too about that subject uh you you tend to i don't want to say admonish being the leader of your group you're always like you know you don't want to be essentially but you know why do i have to be the person (laughs) if i had to make it in one sentence why do i have to be the leader but people look to you 
because they can pick up on your lack, just like I pick up on some of the anxiety of the members in our group when I comment on, you know, okay, you'll be fine. Is everything okay? You're doing okay? Like, like you just take two seconds and do that, which will come up later in the anxiety section, not to get ahead of it. But uh, mm. like they, they look to you because you're not, people will construe that even if it's not confidence for confidence, because they look to you and you're not, you're not worried. You're not afraid. You're not, you're not giving the what ifs to your group. You're just like, mm-hmm. well, hopefully it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And you don't, it's, you're not like second guessing. You're, you're just kind of going, you know, let's, let's see what happens. And you're not worried about anything. And they, they look to that for I guess, confidence. I guess the pros of it makes sense then, because like, I've always kind of focused on like the things that maybe I would need to fix about it. And I never really considered that it actually like has much benefit. Oh yeah. Um, I would, I would say there's probably like, I mean, there probably is drawbacks or downsides, but not to the level of like, I don't think that yeah. you need to work on it or like, uh, you know, I think. Yeah. I've, I've never, I've never really thought that I need like help or anything. Yeah. Like at least in regards to that, but it's just something I've always just kind of wondered about. Um, yeah. So. I'm I'm similar to you, and I, I get like I said, I also have ADHD, um, and it's interesting. I mean, we could get into this whole like thing, but it's right. it's interesting that like we have these mental disorders that society sort of stig- stigmatizes as being negative. Um, and if like you ADHD. think of it, yeah, like ADHD or depression or anxiety. But if you think of it in sort of like an evolutionary like perspective, like these traits are continually being passed down. Like you could argue, is it nature, is it nurture, whatever. Mm. Generally, like these traits are, are being passed down. So they have to have served a purpose in our past or continue to serve a purpose. So if you think of like the traits of ADHD, what would they in like our history as like a species, what would people with ADHD be really good at? Staying up on night eating candy, thinking about 17 things at once. Uh, checking so, tasks that aren't complete, I suppose. Yeah. Well, yeah, but even further back than that, I like, would say would I would good... say focusing on multiple things at once because you're unable to focus on one thing at a time. Therefore, you're picking up on everything going on around you. That's, yeah, that's sort of close. Um, would they be a good gatherer? Probably doing. They'd notice a lot of things. But doing the same thing, they'd, over, they'd notice over, threats too. Over. Or would they be a good hunter? I would say gatherer. Hunter needs more patience. Yeah, but the ability to hyper-focus on something and follow okay, it for yeah, miles. Okay, yeah, hyper-focus. So when I hear ADHD, I tend to think of um, they're very active and unable to... I, yeah. I guess part of ADHD is also hyper-intent, uh, hyper-focus on things, but I tend to just so, think of the the brain switching to multiple things at once as the... Because I don't, you know, I'm not professional or anything. When I hear ADHD, I just think, oh, this person's off the walls in terms of yeah. they're focusing on, oh, look at... I always think like scatterbrained. Yeah, yeah. scatterbrained. Yeah. Yeah, there's a piece of candy. Let me pick it up. And mm. so that's... I've I've noticed this is kind of true for a lot of mental disorders, but specifically for ADHD, um, the name that we use can influence like people's perceptions of the yes. mental disorder, like attention deficit, yeah, that's... hyperactivity disorder. You just don't have a, you don't have enough attention, unable no. to focus. That's for that's like that's that, the farthest thing from the truth. Yeah, the name of that insinuates they're unable to focus. Yeah, because then that doesn't explain like hyper focusing, which I have a story about that that I can get into. But um, the way I explain ADHD is like everyone has in their brain a uh, something that like scans their a wide scan essentially for their environment and says yeah. like, okay, Velcro these, up. 
these are the things that you need to pay attention to. Valkyrie Emperor is up. These are the things yeah. you don't need to pay attention to. This goblin. So in, it's able to, to decipher more data at once, well, even though it can't stop in, doing that. In ADHD, that sort of thing of like, this is important, pay attention to it. These, this background noise is not important. That doesn't work. So people with ADHD pay equal amounts of attention to everything all the time, as if it's the most important thing. Okay. Like that air conditioning hum in the background, they pay attention to it. They like it's some sort of I don't know like. Well, I was like, tested for it when I was really young, but it came back negative. So well, and people, a lot of people are tested for it when it's young due to our education. It's just they're so, kids so, generally. You know? but, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll get yeah, into that's that. how kids yeah. are. Um, and then like a lot of people who maybe have been diagnosed when they were young sort of tend to grow out of it. Or here's part yeah. of here's part of having traits or symptoms of everything. Um, when I'm out. In public, so let's say a restaurant, this is what I'm picturing, because it could be anywhere, but a restaurant's the best ca case scenario for this. And I'm sitting there with, let's just say it's just my wife or something, uh, and we're having a conversation. I will hear the other conversations people around me just naturally and pick up on them. But at the mm -hmm. same time, I'm not able to hyper-focus on, on things generally. Um, like if I'm working on the wiki, I, and if, like when I finally get to that being in the zone where I'm yeah. hyper, not hyper focused, but like undivided attention. It's all focusing on achieving the thing I'm trying to achieve. I'll get tons of shit done. Lua, otherwise, mm -hmm. otherwise I'm not focused enough to get into it. And then I'm yep. just like, okay, I made some changes to the Lua that works. I don't need to keep going on for now. I'm going to go back to what I was trying to work on in the first place. I don't really want to do this. I'm not focused on it. But, you know, I can't get into the zone a lot of time. When I do, I do. But otherwise, I'll be oblivious to other things going on. So I'll hear the conversations of people when I'm talking to her. And I'll be like, oh, that, guy's, that guy's not having a good time with his wife. He's just getting yelled at. But I'll, I'll, like, I'll just hear those things and I'll hear what people are saying. If they're loud enough. If they're, if they're quiet, I'm not listening to it. It's just, it's just background noise. But if we're other people around us in public and I'm, I hear it, I'll just be like, I pick up on this conversation. And she just doesn't even hear it. She goes, what are you talking about? I go, oh, you don't hear the people right next to us talking about? And she doesn't even hear it. So otherwise... Mm -hmm. So I'll pick up on something like that, but otherwise I'll just be fucking oblivious to what's going on around me. I just kind of, yeah. I'll, I'll miss things. I'll like, I have good attention to detail. Uh, I can look at something and be like, oh, this, this, that, and the other thing. I, like, I can pay attention to details very well, but I just don't, I'll be fucking oblivious to shit going on around me. So I can tell you a story that sort of illustrates hyper-focus. Um, so I went to a military college and like you have to wake up formations, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, me and my roommates, we woke up to go to the, the breakfast formation. And it was like a Sunday. And like on Sundays, they tried to schedule it, you know, where it was like a free day and you could go study. And like, so it was a Sunday. So we come back from breakfast and I tell my roommates like, and I, I, I almost never did this. But this one time, I, you know, whatever, it might have been finals, whatever. I tell them, I'm going to go to the library and study. And they're like, OK, cool. Um, so, you know, I can get all my bag, get my books, get my notebook, get coffee, whatever. I go all the way to the library, I find it like a, a quiet area, I sit down, I open my notebook, I open book to the section that I need to be studying for. Like I get a glass of water, I sit down and I'm studying. And like 10 minutes later, my roommates call me and I'm like pissed, like at first, because I have to break my attention away from what I'm doing, which is like physically painful. Um. And so I answer, I'm like, what? Like, why are you calling me? I told you I was going to the library to study. Like, and, and they're like, dude, um, are you going to, 
are you going to make it to the formation? I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Oh, we, don't no. have a, we don't have a formation until 1900 or, or 7 p.m. And they're like, yeah, it's 6.50. <laughs> what? How long were you there? Since 7 like a.m. So you so, were there for 14 hours and didn't even... Well, seven, I sat there and studied without moving, without getting up to go pee, without getting up to like eat, eat lunch or anything. And it felt like, yeah, I lose days like that too, man. I know yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. When I get into writing a Lua and I'm finally focused on it, uh, what I, I mean, I'll get a bunch of stuff done, of course, but it'll just, it, it can be before an event and an hour and a half will go by. And I'm like, where did the time just go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's weird that your body doesn't like stop you from doing that too. Like, it's like, Oh, the rest of your process is still run, you know, in the background. Yeah. yeah that's our, bodies are nuts like hmm. and then and then okay it's interesting that you say that because like obviously i've been there for 14 hours like my stomach is empty i'm you know hungry but like i didn't notice my stomach growling and then when they called me and i broke my attention away from studying i'm like suddenly aware that i'm like legitimately starving um and need food and then you won't That's be like able to not time. think about it yeah, it's like it's like every time spicy when like uh, you like get a hold of me for something and it's like, oh man, cool. And now I'm and then, then I tell you like I'm immediately hungry afterwards. Yeah, I, I like, get hungry. That's afterwards basically too. what is occurred. Well, well, it's because like like if I've been doing homework all day or something like that, or writing Lou all day or anything like yeah, that's a, that's the exact same thing like what he's describing. I'll tend to sneak away and grab like some nuts or something. Yeah, not just these nuts, but so what was uh? Well, I mean, I guess why did I bring that up? Yeah, you go. Yeah. Oh, um, so <laughs> mental disorders, things that society says it's negative and, and stigmatizes, um, can sometimes have, you know, positive effects or, or play a function or a role. Um, like uh, I saw, it was like a research article where a guy argued that depression, um, again, like you look at it from an evolutionary perspective, it's like, Hey, what are the symptoms of depression, right? There's generally what lack are the of symptoms? energy, lack of motivation, lack of energy, lack of motivation. You don't want to do anything, blah, blah, blah. So lack of will to live. Yeah. I'm interested to see how this can be like a positive evolutionary thing. Okay. I, I'm, so, I'm hoping it's not just to kill yourself and take your genes out of the evolutionary pool. No, nope. oh, nope. <laughs> it's not that um, you get injured when we're hunter gatherers. People have to stop hunting and gathering to take care of you you're going to be a drain on the resources, like the food that they gather. And you're not going to be able to like go out and hunt and or gather. So what do you do? You go off by yourself, stay like alone, your body, uh, you're not as hungry. So you're not like, as, as people are bringing in food, you're eating it. That doesn't happen because you're not as hungry. Don't want to do anything. Are you saying like, depressed people have less of an appetite? That is a symptom of depression. Yes. Uh. So, but at the same time, if you're depressed and lack energy and motivation, you're not going out there to obtain that food. So what evolutionary standpoint does, I mean, you're not using the resources, but you're not obtaining any for your survival either. I guess you're not taxing the tribe, right? Yeah, yeah that's the point of it. But I'm saying rather, you wouldn't have to tax the tribe if you just added to the tribe. But you don't, you're not because like you don't, you're not going out there because you got injured, right? Oh, because you're injured. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I was I mean, thinking in times of trouble, not taxing the tribe's good, but if you can add to the tribe, then you're just kind of yeah. taxing them by not adding. Yeah, it's it's more dynamic than every hunter brings back food. 
like every hunter goes out and does hunting activities, but those hunting activities can branch wildly. So that's kind of the idea that's occurring here. And I don't know much about depression, obviously, because I'm me, but um, depression comes in in waves, right? Like some days you feel fine, some days you just don't care, right? So it would be more dynamic in, in terms of it's not always present. So you can obtain stuff and then you'd be, you know conserving yourself the next time but mm-hmm. i would imagine any extreme depression where someone can never do anything and never has any happiness or emotions is just a uh an outlier as in anything can be an outlier in terms of how severe well, something can get it's not the normal levels of depression yeah i'm not saying like that is the function of depression because people tend to think like, about that like someone just completely uh extremely depressed yeah i'm just saying a researcher made that argument as to like why you know depression the air quote traits or or genes for depression has been continually passed down like his assumption was that it served a purpose and he said like this is a purpose it could have served not saying like do you you remember how that argument was received because i imagine that was uh, i mean it was it was like because it's an interesting point i just want to see if like you know anyone's able to elaborate on it or they might have um a lot, there's there's a couple different like arguments like that for depression. Um, I don't think like it was more like um, like theoretical, so people weren't like, oh, well, actually, um, and this is the data oh, wrong. Like robust yeah, paper yeah it was just like, hey, this might be why depression exists. I don't know. More research is needed, sort of thing. Because you have to imagine okay. here, um, th- we're Homo sapiens, correct? So we've let me Google real quick. Um, anatom- an- anatomical. Eh. Anatomical? Anatomically, if I can read words, anatomically modern humans emerged around 300,000 years ago in Africa. So we've been, for hundreds of thousands of years, evolving as a species. And in terms of our development, modern society, electricity, cars, and everything, that's only happened in the last hundred so years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to imagine hundreds of thousands of years versus a hundred years. So we look at these things that we have as like, oh, that person's depressed. Oh, you know, uh, or that person has this or that. And we look at that as like this, this, this negative, you're damaged kind of thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. really it's not so much that you're damaged. It's just that the modern way society has evolved very rapidly in the past hundred plus years is not compatible with hundreds of thousands of years of, of evolution. So a lot of mental illness, well, I mean, mental health in general, but mental illness, some things I imagine reach the level proportion of complete dysfunction. But overall, uh, depression and other illnesses aren't as uh, damaged as we like to think of them as. They're just not compatible with how our society is structured and organized, because admittedly, I would argue our society is dysfunctionally organized and structured in the first place. So it's not like, I wouldn't say like... <clears throat> all mental disorders serve an evolutionary purpose and that's why they're there. It's just and like our society hasn't like it's since, you know, our modern society is not that recent. Like we haven't caught up necessarily in terms of like evolution. Um, I think it's sort of might be like the other way around where, or it might be a little bit of both, but I I mean, our our, our change nowadays is much more rapid than the gradual change that occurred. Our society sort of, um, how do I want to say this? Like, it's structured in a way that, like, doesn't consider mental health or, like, the effects of mental health and is, like, drastically, like, 
contributing to negative mental health. I would agree. Um, yeah, and that's going to vary from culture to culture as well. Yeah, because like in collectivistic cultures, you don't see like as sharp like a, a negative contribution mm. like you do in like individualistic cultures, like the you know West or the, whatever. The, I would say any modern uh, country like that is more individualistic. Yes. Um, I mean, modern like, could be offensive in how I'm using it here, but I'm trying to to well, use it in more friendly so, terms. I don't know. I, maybe a branching idea is that cultures grow at different rates, right? So we were already looking at this anthropologically. anthropologically. Hey, look, you're doing the and, me thing. Um, and when you, when you do that, you're, you're kind of saying, hey, these traits are what either kills or nourishes a herd, and you know the herd that survives is the one that was able to weed out the traits that that don't get you killed or keeps enough of them so that, you know, you can become immune to X virus, you know, that sort of thing. And when you look at, I guess, I guess the whole idea is that like when you're looking at disorders, like how many of these disorders can we keep to not completely get rid of it because we could lose something from it, you know, from an evolutionary standpoint, but we also can't let it flourish and take over entirely or that particular culture or that, that particular society would die out. Um, so like when we're looking at something like this from, from an anthropological standpoint, um, and then trying to apply it to now, I, you know, a lot of it is how cohesive we were back then, as far as like how cohesive we are now, like now we're all connected. There's more, uh, there's more exchange of information, which is the number one thing, uh, that, uh, that is, is probably the, the greatest growth It's just our exchange of information and. I don't know. Like, I don't really know where I'm going from the, with this from are, there. Are we more connected? Yeah, yeah, I would argue. Absolutely. Information-wise, yes. I'd argue as a social species, we're not more connected. Yeah. They, or the connection. Is not, you can, you um, dropped out there for a second. Am I good now? Yeah. You, you have the ability yeah. to intermingle with, with more cultures. The opportunities there, yes. never had to before. Yeah. So, so, it's, it's so there. I'm saying we're, I still think that as a social species, we're more alone now than we were 30 years ago. Or the quality of the connection. The quantity has increased, but the quality has. I'd say the quality's decreased overall in terms. The opportunities yeah. are everywhere, of course, but. Uh, but going back to like you were saying, like the looking at things anthropologically, there's like this eternal debate in uh, mental health mm -hmm. and psychology as to whether nature versus nurture. Right. Are mental disorders just, you know, caused by genes um, and, and you know, caused by nature or is it a stimulus that's created? Is it, is it caused by nurture, like how you were raised, the environment, what you were raised? Yeah. Um, and or is it both? And so going talking about like mental disorders and how we diagnose them and how we view them and understand them. There is the biopsychosocial model. What that means is every mental disorder has a biological component, uh, genes, um, whatever, uh, psychological component, um, coping mechanisms, how you're raised, culture, and then a social component. Like, you know, do you have close friends? Do you have um, ways or things to like sort of air quotes protect against mental disorders because there is protective factors um like you know you're in a healthy and loving relationship you have friends that you can rely on you have people that can help you out when you need that stuff like that um so every mm -hmm. mental disorder has a bio, bio social component 
So like to say one is like purely biological is as far as we understand, not true or is purely psychological, you know, they, everything humans are, are Too complex for that. Yeah. Did you know humans are complex? Um, right. Why do you have to go and make things so complicated? Yeah. How do I ban you? So and basically, then, basically when it's, you say nature versus nurture, and you have, you know, someone come in the room and go, si, pero por qué no los dos? You know, it's, 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 that's essentially, it's both. Yeah. And on top of that is iatrogenesis. I which, that is. Did you say Sega Genesis? What, what? Iatrogenesis. Um, you lost me, Terminator. So, the, basically it means like causing a mental disorder that wasn't there previously. Oh, and okay. that can happen like. You see, it's like how extreme stress can trigger schizophrenia or things of that. No, well, I mean, yes and no. So, iatrogenesis is you see a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist, and maybe, maybe triggers the wrong word too. Sorry, like like yeah. uh, exacerbate and bring out. Well, they want to do a good job. This therapist or this psychologist or whatever, um, they want to you know make sure you, you whatever problem or issues that you have like. They figure it out and you can come up with a plan to, to help. Um, so let's say you go see a, psychi- a psychologist because you think you might de- be depressed. And the psychologist is like, what brings you in here today? Today, You say, oh, you know, I think I might be depressed. And they're like, okay, take this depressed depression inventory. You do and you talk a little bit and you leave. The next session, all right, take this other depression inventory. And you're like, okay, I'll take it. Next, you talk. Next session, you leave and then you come back. It's like, Maybe take this depression inventory, this depression, take this again. Why don't you do this? Let's talk about your depression. And then like, because they want to figure out what the problems you're facing. So you can end up making you yeah. believe that well, that's the case. Or... Because they're focusing on the depression, you're going to be like, wait, he's like focusing on the depression thing a lot. Does like, do I have fucking, do I have depression? Like, what's up? What's happening? And you, that might cause you to have symptoms of depression. Oh, I think therefore I am. Yes. Cogito ergo sum. Which um, Rene Descartes said that, and he is the father of cognitive psychology. Right. That's this is an aside, um, and I'm like an ADHD goblin. <laughs> uh, but all of like the prominent figures in psychology, and this is true with every science, but it seems to be more so with psychology. All of the prominent figures um, in psychology are philosophers. Like, like half. Uh, mm, um, Maybe half of my curriculum in college was philosophy, like Rene Descartes, father of cognitive psychology, William James, father of American psychology, um, like, uh, like, uh, what's his name? I can't think of it. It'll come to me. Um, Aristotle, father of abnormal psychology, and some of Aristotle's early writings on depression is what we still use in our um diagnosis of depression you know i think everyone will hear that is impressive and i hear that and i go wow we really haven't gotten any better <laughs> it's kind of both yeah it's like um, geez can we can we pick up the pace here guys it's only been thousands of years yeah so it's i, I like philosophy because i take this with a grain of salt but in my opinion um i don't think we will ever fully or we will ever develop like technology or whatever or the understanding, fully understand the brain. I wouldn't say never, but uh, it's going to take a well, very long time yeah. if the species survives that long. 
yeah i mean there's like you know the thought experiments of like head in a jar and all that like like nixon in the jar that's what we need yeah like well how do you know you're not a head in a jar like essentially like how do you know this isn't a simulation oh or the life is really a simulation if this is a simulation then you know you can unplug me yeah (laughs) i think we'll end up knowing more about it based on the technology that we can create to emulate it um yeah but as far as like a perfect one-to-one yeah that's well yeah but i mean that that's like the the physical makeup of you but not like how those processes even biologically interact with each other yeah but Um, i'm saying if we're just just finally understanding dna for the first time in the last 30 years then i mean yeah got a lot of i mean mean, it's used earlier than that but i'm talking about mapping the genome and stuff like that's that's kind of new in terms of and like if we're just like understanding like the building blocks of life, understanding more complex things than the building blocks is we're we're well off on that. Yeah. I don't know if you guys wanted to talk any more about that or Yeah, well, I mean, we have to we have to keep it moving here. We've we kinda got into yeah, a nice exactly. thing there. But because I mean the the purpose here is to we're addressing the the stigma and everything that goes along with it and, and it's not I mean, it's easy to say that, too, until you encounter someone that's just uh, in a way that might just be bothersome to you personally. And you're like, you know, you, you did the Sigma returns because you need yeah. another reason to portray this person's bothersome. What can I what can I construe negatively? And that's just, I think, how the mind can work about certain people that, <laughs> that you have issues. with. I don't know what the fuck that was. Um, I, I call. Oh, yeah. I tried to, like, move away from the mic. I had to tase on day. It, it didn't work. <laughs> tase on day. Chocolate <laughs> rain that shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is the fact that you know his name and the fact that I knew you I knew his him. name in terms of knowing chocolate rain. That's we're fucking the cheese. So, I mean, yeah, these aren't purely explanations or anything, because there's a lot of context that can go in these situations. Uh, it just simply can't be condensed down to apply to one thing, let alone anyone or everyone. But if we move on to the body of this now, <laughs> as per okay. the start of the body of the outline. Yes, people, we have just hit the body. Um, I opened up here with the outline with you today with uh, the question from Discord. I believe it's from Harugaru. It's only we're going to avoid names in general, but I'll I'll say Harugaru got in our Discord and 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 participated in forwarding out this question. There were other people there, and but this directly is the only question that suited off to be a quote rather than supporting the bulk of the episode. So Harugaru asks. What is it about older MMOs that seem to attract more mentally unstable individuals? Oh boy. Yeah. That's good. It's a good way to start the body, man. Um you want me to I put me- I put my sub bullet is all we have to this, besides whatever you're going to tell us, Silver, is this is possibly perception bias, is what I put without even asking you. Yeah, so just generally. Um like MMOs just attract more air quotes mentally unstable individuals um and i don't mean that like like that dude's mentally unstable like call it no but like for whatever reason mmo mmo rp sort of attract people with like anxiety depression yeah but i don't know that it's that older mmos um attract them more than current MMOs, maybe um, more modern uh, ones, just kind of bury the social aspect. Yeah, they're more fast-paced, exciting, uh, light shapes and, and colors, kind of dodge the circles nonsense. Not just a yeah, big on the, dodging circles, of course. But, and there's more players, right? So yeah, maybe it's it, the it's, same proportion. It, they're just not. It, it feels you're not seeing as many. It, a lot yeah, of the more so modern. Do it this way. 
Sorry. Um, like if you're if you're in a crowd of people and like everyone's talking and you start talking, you're less like people are less likely to notice that you're talking, you know, as opposed to like anyone else around you. But if you're talking into what's essentially a void, more people are going to notice that that's taking place because there's less background noise to drown that out. So when you look at these older games and we see that there's not a lot of chat that's happening in these games, like directly there, you, you can end up tending to notice more maybe because there's less other noise that's, that's drowning that out. And therefore, you know, you're going to formulate more opinions about that person, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just, it's just more noticeable at that point, I think. I think that's a component of it, but I would say I know less about video game history than I do the mental topics we're discussing, which means I know absolutely nothing about video game history. <laughs> but the evolution of video game history in terms of how it applies to MMOs, because when I, when I say about video game history, I'm thinking of people on like older, older machines making like uh, choose your, your direction quest or yeah. type in the... Uh, you know, go to the cave or go to the dragon, type into the thing to the prompt to have a prompt thrown back to you, kind of like a text like adventure. Old, yeah. old ass, like D&D yeah. nerd. I, I'm picturing yeah. the evolution from that in terms of how MMOs are uh, EverQuest, uh, even WoW, but Final Fantasy XI and things of that nature. I believe they're structured for the way the industry was to be a more, uh, a less flashy, less individualistic, more social, demanding, more cooperation sort of environment that was built yeah. around not getting everything on solo. It's been kind of trying to turn into a more modern uh, industry of everything. You can log on, do whatever you want yourself and log off kind of, and you can't change 11 to be that, even though we've seen there's been great strides and of quality of life and ways of making that this, work. This game in particular yeah. was designed specifically with intercultural focus. Correct. Yeah. Multi, it was the, this game going off my trivia was the first MMO to be offered on multi-platforms in terms of PS2, Xbox, and PC. I don't think there's ever been one that's been offered on platforms like that with inter-regional servers at the same time and the capacity that 11 was. They just kind of made them like PC only and they would be multi-region. But it was the first kind of MMO. At least if it wasn't topped, it was definitely the first MMO. I know I've read that a decade ago. The first MMO to be on multi-consoles, multi-regional. It's kind of a strange joke that it almost like it was it was designed to be accessible. <laughs> yeah, it was. And yeah. it was it was designed to be cooperative. And this yeah. game was designed to be a lot slower than it is today. And a lot more in talking in chat log and a lot more socializing, a lot more, you know, those things have kind of fallen a bit more to the wayside in terms of having to yell and having to be able to do things without needing people and having trust and and having things less more casual and less demanding hardcore cooperative uh interaction so th you don't notice it in a game that's more modern like 14 where it's lights and shapes uh people socialize by coming to town and do weird emotes they bought in the cash shop and then they mm -hmm. dress up and stuff like that and they go and join the random person they don't have to yell or do anything they just join it and when they're done playing they're done playing but people don't interact or chat nearly like you can be in a group of people don't say a fucking word of course Versus you've done 11 too, but it's the socialization stuff's more common. So that to me provides more opportunity in terms of a more cooperative environment versus less cooperative seems to be the more modern standard of uh, basically catering. Everyone to have their own experience, even if they're kind of sharing it with people, you're still in your own bubble. Uh, but that's 11 and older MMOs. The industry wasn't in that. Um, how many uh, things can we bombard them with at once to keep them interested and engaged and not inconvenience them and give them something that they can do and bite off in never-ending chunks like uh, Pac-Man versus 
Uh, here's a mountain. How are you guys going to climb it? And, uh, welcome to Final Fantasy XI. Uh, read the wiki. Uh, we didn't tell you it exists. Yeah. So, and Why don't you do this this quest that um, that we don't tell you how to do it in the game, so good luck. Yeah, you don't need a fucking wiki <laughs> for other stuff. There's no uh, thing highlights over someone's head. Uh, goes in your map, follow this highlight in your map until you finally reach it without knowing anything and just following a line. or you know, There's none of that in eleven. so the reason I would think older MMOs, in my uneducated opinion, provide more mentally unstable individuals is because you're in an environment that is less um, individualized and more communal in terms of how it's structured to be an interaction. So you're going to run into these people more because you're not set off on your own path. Keep paying your sub, keep engaged, uh, see eventually maybe you'll meet a friend. Uh, and if not, then that's completely fine with us. We don't care. But the game's structured that way in 11 as opposed to other games. So I think older MLs are just that way. And I, I think that as far as like people like seeming to have MMOs attract more mentally unstable individuals, I think that's just more people not having any kind of background and being able to determine what a mentally unstable individual is. I mean, sure, they played Halo. True. Call yeah. of Duty. That is true, um, Fox. Of like, oh, oh this yeah. guy is like acting weird. He must be like mentally unstable. Yeah. It's like, well, shit, no. people call me autistic as an insult <laughs> online fucking regularly. So, I mean. And to sort of broaden what Fox said, like to label someone as, you know, abnormal, you first have to define normal. Yeah. And uh, normal does not exist. Like the normal American doesn't exist the average american doesn't exist because like the average american would be like you know make this amount of money blah 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 have 2.3 kids find me someone with 2.3 kids point three kids yeah they they don't exist yeah like, their face is gonna be in the paper that's that's a murder scene. <laughs> and so when we say like the in this we could also talk you know talk about stigma or say like oh they have depression oh they have anxiety disorder like they're abnormal they're di they're disabled they're broken somehow they're it's a negative do you know how the percentage of the u.s population that uh will be diagnosed with a mental disorder is i have no idea no 50 percent Woo! flip a coin fox so hey when you're if, right down the middle isn't that normal <laughs> exactly if something affects 50 percent of the population is it yeah. abnormal then or or better yet I've seen this a lot, and I like it, you can tell me if this is pushing it too far. But are you depressed or anxious, and that is abnormal, or is that a normal response to are you the, the current well to the current world oh. environment? Like, I would say people would answer yes to that more now than they would in like the year two thousand two. If you're American, if you're not, well, let's say two thousand to make it simple. Um, but if you're not, I would say that you can't generalize overall if that's a yeah, true... it's too generalized at all, uh, to begin with. I would say people who I mean, that's in, always going to be from person to person. Yeah. People who live in China would probably say they're less anxious now than they were in the eighties or in well, Russia than in yeah. the nineties. I mean, yes, that's very true. Um, and that's interesting. Like how, uh, sort of like it's environment nefarious individuals, uh, seek to capitalize off of inherent anxieties that people have like like you said people in china would probably say like living in a uh you know a sort of autocratic 
regime. I meant economically. Is, they've they've well, advanced yeah, dramatically. Their like their standard of living that. has become dramatically but, more improved from carts and shit in the eighties to I mean, also just it's also very generalized what I just said, but yeah, but living in an autocratic regime generally like yes it sort of decreases people's anxiety like if you look at the broad like population because like there's only one person running the country you don't have to worry about like infighting or this or that it's just one dude like yeah i could imagine that being something that would give society ease because you don't have to worry about dude when we have elections in this country people just go yeah, exactly. for years people just fucking exactly. oh god and they go i'm moving to canada every fucking election <laughs> no matter who it is and then it's to have that level of anxiety that you would want to uproot your entire strangely unhinged yeah. about that yeah they get yeah. very unhinged about it and you don't have to worry about that now, i'm not i'm not condoning one situation over the other and i'm not yeah. explicitly condemning authoritarian regimes of course because everyone would just be like i'm not you know approving of this but i'm just gonna i'm not approving of either of those so yeah um both but can be going wrong. going back to like oh this person you know this is abnormal and this is normal like it's the lines are, are that might have been true in the 60s or the 50s whatever like and there is definitely like if someone's like i don't know having a psychotic break and like losing their mind in the middle of a mcdonald's yes <laughs> that's that's when say that person is is acting abnormally yes i'm not that's when the I'm guys with the funny coats that. come away and throw you in a like, room and no one ever sees matter. you again but when we're talking about like anxiety and depression stuff like that like if 50 percent of the population is going to have that or going to be diagnosed with a mental disorder is that abnormal no or is it normal and like that sort of you would say it's about as normal as being uh, having the sex of male or female. Yeah, or yeah, which I would just be normal. even consider it as something to consider as abnormal or normal. Like it's just identifying it just whether is. or not you can yeah. have some area of improvement. That's all. Yeah, but and I agree. But you know, like when you're looking at at like if you must system, label it though, I think that that makes yeah. it more awkward when you when you say that. Yeah. It's a very long-winded way of saying that it's yeah. not a stigma because it's so pervasive. It's just not recognized as pervasive, correct? I know I'm not yeah. usually the succinct one, but... Well, like, you know, if you ask people what percentage of population you think will, uh, is diagnosed or will be diagnosed with a mental disorder, people will be like, ah, eh, 5, 10%, 50. What? I would like, say a lot more than 10 because if you, you pull the old one of the 10 of you is gay card, then it'd be like, oh... And if, if that's 10% is seen as very low, I'd imagine it'd be much more than 10%. Well, people fuck up statistics all the time anyway. Yes. Yes, they do. That's, that they, was the they, joke. Of the because you, you can game. never you can never assume that there is always going to be an outcome that aligns with it. That's the biggest thing that people miss. So yeah. like, you can stick 10 people in a room and make that same assertion, but it does not mean that one of them is. And that's what people fuck up. That'd be the, the joke in elementary school, like late elementary school kind of thing. It'd be like, did you know 10% of the population is gay? That means one of us is gay. Yeah. 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 Like you have to, you have to understand, you have to understand sample sizes and limits to, to really put that in perspective properly. Yeah. But I just brought that up. Um, just sort of like hint at like the, the destigmatization of like, yeah, it's not mental health, mental disorders in general, like, you know, they're not, they're not. Well, so you have the social aspect of people thinking things are a certain way and it only reinforces itself and creates a loop. So uh, understanding the subject in general, as pervasive as it is, 
because I mean, 50% of the people is not going to be how many people have depression or this or that. It's just 50% overall of people are mm -hmm. uh, diagnosed with something that everyone has traits of and everyone mm -hmm. shows signs of in one time or another in some way in a general sense. Um, but it's just that theirs rises to a certain level of being categorized that way because it, it uh, is pervasive enough to interfere in their life enough to be that sort of title. But everyone sort of experiences at one time or another these things in general. So uh, if it was seen at in that way that, you know, everyone gets depressed, why are you depressed? Not necessarily, oh, you're depressed. What can I give you to stop that? Because you're, you're yeah. not normal. So you need to be stopped. Just be happy. Just be happy. <laughs> just be happy. Just, <laughs> no. just don't worry about it. Stop. Just don't be anxious anymore. No. Like, have you considered that? Right. Have you Fix considered? Yourself, have right? you considered not wanting <laughs> to kill yourself? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, do we want to read what you had said about the MMO part to get off that, and then? Um, yeah, well, I forgot what I you you wrote here. Your response in the in the forum section of our Discord to Haru saying this was that uh, older MMO equals less moderation equals selfishness. Market manipulation, being an asshole gets rewarded equals other players think you need to be an quote asshole end quote to progress equals this is a, this is a weird equation, Fox. Being selfish. I'm, I'm not good at math, so be, neither am I. This is why I can understand this equation. Equals being selfish, an asshole becomes a social norm. Lowering the barrier to access content uh, and gear is good, but not wanting, but not with a dwindling player base and no emphasis on community aspects. So you get the hyper insulated small group of players that can clear all content, while ninety percent of players base cannot, which reinforces murking behavior. But that was a follow up thing. I probably shouldn't have copy pasted so it was the why are people more extra stuff that needs context <laughs> yes yeah. yes that was that was the next sentence i just copy pasted that one there too it was there was part of a larger discussion but it was uh essentially uh more of the wild west was your your follow-up to why yeah. people an older mmo seem to attract more mentally unstable because older mmos do have cool. less moderation and less mm -hmm. there's they're more susceptible being manipulated because they have a lower population it's easier to to manipulate markets when there's less participants yeah. So there shouldn't be like equivalencies or in this case, logical equivalencies here. It should be Unleash one the therefore the other. So if, if, if P then Q is more so what we're looking at rather than a direct equivalency. So we're saying that an older MMO is the, is the starting point, And then all of these other things branch from it because older MMO um, based on this sentence here. So Fox, that's how you get Mandau is the best of farm beads with. <laughs> Yeah, you, you really you really fuck up your analysis. But I, I think he's correct in terms of, I mean, we're not necessarily strictly correct, but I think his sentiment is correct in terms of what we see in this game and its 21-year-old existence now, because that's an oddity in terms of online community still surviving, and frankly, I would argue thriving, in terms of 11 thriving more now in the past yeah. five years than it did 10 years ago. Um, so I would say that we do see less moderation, more selfishness in terms of the individual nature of you know, pay for this, get this. And then that does become the norm and reinforces all of that while people struggle to do stuff. And then just kind of creates this at times a sideshow of people who want to do stuff, but just sit around yelling stuff because they're just online doing nothing else. And I think a lot of people just yell stuff that looks ill when it's not like, like Sabbath the great, I don't want to call the names. Out, I'm not supposed to the guy in a sir that always yells Bible verses and nothing oh. else. He doesn't, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't like yell at anyone else. He doesn't do anything offensive, so it's okay to mention his name. He just yells Bible verses, and then everyone in Yell just starts going nuts. You could say that just constantly doing nothing but yelling Bible verses is a sign of mental illness, because what is the wrong... Why is this person focusing so intently on doing nothing but Bible verses 
anytime they're online yet like like yelling something like as a thing like say you yell to do a certain strategy of of using summoners against all the things that that that's that's like a trope that's your thing that's your calling card that's whatever you do but like whenever you log on you always have to yell a bible verse multiple times during your log on that becomes like okay and people look at that as mental illness but it's just because yeah, I, I think you pointing out, pointing at that and saying, you know, this could be considered a mental illness is kind of the point that Silver was making before yeah. where, you know, people shouldn't be saying that, that that's the case. And like, it's, it's, you know, I, it's I, always... I, I was trying to set up that the old, the environment of the game in terms of how it's set up now structures that uh, incident to occur more than it would have in the past because of how players are in the game currently. But yes, the, the point was also to, like to we're not... creating a stigma for it, but we don't know the guy. We well, yeah, yeah, it. I didn't, I didn't, the name just came out because like, Oh shit, this guy that yells the Bible verses, but so, it's uh, the point was, yeah. yes, not to stigmatize that. Not that I'm trying to be like, oops, I stigmatized them, but it was to, people would typically look at this as what is this guy's problem? He must have some sort of problem rather than, and because it was an old MMO, look, this guy's just yelling Bible verses nonstop and people are, course going while taking the bait and you don't know like well you don't know that that person like you don't know <clears throat> maybe they just came back from church and that was a bible verse they talked about church and they're like a could be old person and they want to share it with yeah, their friends on this game could yeah be. you don't know that's it but like I, if you ask a bunch of like zoomers that they'll be like no you're clearly insane like yes you'll yeah. get electroshock therapy <laughs> and it, it could just be like this is what we uh, what I what we read at Sunday school, and I want to share it with my friend. Like it could it can also that. it can also just be a way to call like like minded people into a place where you know you're meant to be social yeah. as well. It could be, yeah. You know? But you do but get like, the, you do get the people that say lobotomize this guy. Why is he doing this? If, if we view and that's what we're trying to put it into, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. If we view yell yell or shout as like an emulation of the pound square, right? And then someone like you just picture like someone just coming into town square like yelling Bible verses. You'd be like, okay, just call the cops. Like that. That's that's what I, I don't say call the cops, but I picture. I just what I'm picturing is this, or, this or guy. To use your McDonald's example earlier, yeah. like you, you have everyone in the restaurant is sitting there eating their Big Mac, and one guy is yelling at his Diet Coke. <laughs> that's well, what, what I picture. It's the meme of like boomers, um, yeah. like like posting. Uh, updates on Facebook, but they're in all caps. Like they just don't know that, like all caps, like they're yelling all the time. Maybe there's a world in which this guy is like a 90 year old pastor, and I, I all don't he know. wants to it do is go get his yeah. omen cards for his dancer. And, yeah, and, I think I don't know his point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know? you don't know. Could be no, but th- th- that is something that gets around the social circles of like, man, what's wrong with this guy? But it's 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 because people jump to the thing of like, oh, there must be something wrong with him. And then, oh, this is outside the norm. Well, you know, he gets he gets stigmatized. So, yeah. I mean, he's it's a poor example for, for mental health. But it's just, and when when people think of this game in terms of the older environment, is what I was tying that into. And that's, I wanted to use something benign instead of someone yelling about, I don't know, killing me, which has happened before. People yell about that, but um, I wanted to keep I'm it. Sure, you have a library of that. <laughs> uh, you know, I shared the screenshot with Silver. I go, look at this. Here's the one week meme. One week. <laughs> Maybe he's just a fan of the bare naked ladies. Okay, I don't know. He said he was in the. He, he said he was in the IRA, which obviously was not true. I'm glad Fox appreciates Fox. It. You know, if I made that joke, Fox would just kind of you know. Yeah, but you'd start singing it though. Oh, I see. Chick of the chick of the Chinese chicken. Before we got on this podcast, Fox asked how he make pasta and chicken. 
Well, not how, but just other ways to do it, I guess. I don't want to get on a tangent. We have a What the Food <laughs> channel on Discord. But yes, so to get off the, the older MMOs attracting, it's not necessarily the case. And Silver, you, you put a bow on that one. You're good at that. What? I'm saying to finish, to, to put a, uh, oh, uh, the final nail in the coffin of the what is it about older MMOs that attracts mentally unstable individuals yeah. to, to, I mean, so we can move on. Would like generally, like I said, MMOs sort of, and I don't know like the statistics behind it or anything, but like, there's I like there this, are I'd, statistics. There might be, I don't know, but uh, used properly. Yeah, <laughs> one in like, ten of us is gay. Well, so so there's this general like assumption, I guess, that video games attract more mentally unstable. Um, and that was like, I would say that was more prominent in the past, and it's becoming as more and more people are getting into video games playing them you know that's sort of decreasing but then like they have to other afar like okay well so video games yeah video games are normal but like mmorpgs that's 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 weird that's not normal so yeah it attracts more mentally unstable mmos and older mmos like 21 year old games you're not playing this flashy ff14 stuff where you can get your own house and like and like (laughs) fortnite dance on people no yeah like (laughs) ff11 that's that, the crazy people play that. Back in my day, the unwell people just watched Beavis and Butthead reruns. Now we got these yeah. people buying stuff on the Simpsons apps and stuff, paying money. Uh, what's wrong with these people? T-posing at me on TikToks? Look at yeah. them. They're laying flat on, in standard pictures and just taking pictures of laying flat on random objects. What, what is this? Who does this? They're clearly insane. <laughs> the more it's things so change, that, the more they stay the same. That mockery is like framed in like the boomer standpoint, right? But that's like yeah. what all of the young younger people are going to look at, and I, I think that's the most delicious part of that. <laughs> yeah, that's generally going to be like the outlook of a younger person. Hey, I watched the new Beavis and Butthead do the universe. <laughs> Pretty good. I mentioned a different podcast thing. Anyway, uh, um, the final bullet there was this creates a negative feedback loop of the the you know it was mostly off of the ninety percent of the players can't clear that that was. That was me not properly vetting that sub bullet that doesn't really go with the whole equals 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 part of that, but uh, negative feedback loop because that'll play into our next subject on mm-hmm. the the psychology, not necessarily psychology, but the the topic of uh, botting, murking, and, and things of that in the community. Yes. Um, do you want to? I, I thought you were talking about negative feedback loop in the me. Oh, um, yeah. So I just view it as like. Um, the the mercs or the murking and the botting and all that exists because there's a demand what is that demand people need content clears or they need this or they need master levels well okay why do they need it well there's not like that sort of has been um what what once was a social aspect of this game shouts for stuff and parties and all this has sort of been co-opted by merc bots of like no one's shouting for parties anymore well how do i get experience okay let's do whatever five mil and afk and king rampier soon no one's shouting for lilith runs well how do i get malignant well i could slap my head against ve 700 times or i could pay this dude to do vd stuff like that and it just sort of perpetuates itself does that make sense yeah i and I don't think it's just a, uh, how do I phrase this? When it comes to like the people who feel like they need to do this, I'm always 
confused as to what that end actually is like why are you why are you playing the game at all if you're gonna pay these people to do these things uh for you like is this a, like your way of being included is it you know so you can have the gear so that you can be accepted at some point like could I, be that um could just be they want um or they're like collecting trophies it could be they're collecting trophies or they're just uh they want like a sense of progression um, for whatever reason. Um, and like the like, Go for it. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say like they log into the game and they're like, I want to, I want to do this. I want to get this gear. And then like nothing's going on and like they could make a shout, but like, what's the point? Yeah. I going to join it. I had a and guy. Then, I like, can understand that. The, the thing that bothers me is like when, um, when we do dynamic divergence and spicy shouts for like three hours <sighs> and during that time, the people who do join our group leave our group to sit in the Merc shout for for the exact same thing. <laughs> that was the last time. Yeah, yeah, and and there's I, been multiple times. And I don't, I, I, just, I don't yeah. understand that at all. Yeah. Um, We've gotten better yeah. as an aside. We've gotten better at making those runs. We don't do Sandy anymore, even though we want to do Sandy. We just do Juno. If you're farming RP, just do Juno. And we've everyone's made it. A hero in Juno. Yes, everyone's a hero in Juno. What we've done is we've made it where as long as you have, we don't even take buffers. We don't even fucking bards giving people haste. You don't need it. We take a full eighteen person alliance. It's an RP farm, not a money farm. And we then take one tank. If you can find one tank, you can save the entire run and do everything. One good tank, and of course, someone out of the eighteen people will be able to heal. We find one good tank, which last time was Bippin. Thank you for saving us, Bippin. And we were able to clear. Every mob of wave one, every mob of wave two, with all the shenanigans that occur in a group of 18 DDs that are, you know, yell DDs. Yeah. And mm -hmm. almost do the wave two boss. We got to like 9% before so, we timed out. And that was because we had people that were just never wearing DT dying the entire run and just various things that occur that slow you down. People like, you know, no buffs at all. Yeah. There's still no geo. But it no served the purpose of RP farm. Though. Yeah, and we did everything in RP farm for free, and people got money and various drops. I got money from that run. I got I got stuff that dropped to me for my scholar because I think it was a campaign at the time we did it. I sold like scholar likes for 500k and stuff like that, so I could make money, get RP, get items to give me more RP while I'm doing it because people get those stones from free drop and pay mm -hmm. nothing. We just needed people to join just a tank. It was um, for an hour. We just as soon as we get a tank, we can go, guys. So. Just as an aside, I'm always down for Dynamis. Not that I necessarily need it or anything, but like... Doing it tomorrow, what, I think. Dynamis is one of my favorite things. Send me... Well, I don't know if I'll be able to do it tomorrow, but like next time you do it, that's not tomorrow, and I'm not online, just like, and you need someone, send me a DM, because what other content like is in the game where you can just like old school style, full alliance, and just experience that? Well, we have to take Juno for that because that's how that works. Uh, if we go to other zones, it's just a miserable time of... Like, if you do Sandy and everyone's just whatever, you have no mage people and you get magic guys because you will, it's just not a good time. But if you go to Juno, everyone's a hero in Juno because of how the statues work there. You could do other zones like maybe uh, Windurst too or something. But just Juno is easier. Uh, statues take pretty good physical damage. I found out accidentally. Yes. They don't have the steep penalty against... Uh, Magical, like minus seventy five percent or whatever, like Sandy does. Sandy is Sandy, and perhaps uh, Bastok because of the magical half and half. If you're doing whatever, but I mean, just Sandy is the worst one. It can be the quickest one because of the magic bonus. It can be the worst one. So we just stopped doing Sandy. But 
we had not tried before to just go at it with an approach of we're going to take anyone that wants to join at all, uh, as long as they're not standing there doing nothing, as long as we have a tank. We don't care about buffers. We're not yelling for bards if we don't get them. We're just, I'm not yelling jobs because everything you get in these kind of runs at this point in the game is just bad. So you just take anything possible. We'll throw 18 bodies at it and we need one tank. That's, I know, like we're sort of. <laughs> In between, like yeah, I is. sorry. Oh, my, yeah. my aside, my aside was of course destructive well, as it always is. That's why it's still it's, it's painting a picture that it's easier than people think. So it's not like in the unattainable spectrum. So it doesn't relate to I need a merc because this is unattainable. All you have to do is just try. I think. Yeah, I think, I think the psychology though. I see all the time. I saw it right before this podcast. A guy yelled, uh, "Anyone doing Ryzenjima uh, Aonic clears tonight?" And all they'll do is just yell that. Anyone doing ambuscade, anyone, and they'll just yell that, and it'll be one yell, maybe even a couple, but that's it. And then it's just, obviously it's not going to happen, because someone would have to be doing it already, prepared to do it with all the bodies involved, and go, oh, by the way, guys, let's invite this guy we don't know about who just wants to come in, because we really need, and like, it's not happening, and they don't even see the yell generally, too. So just people go, oh, I can't get anything done, no one wants me, because they yell like a couple times to, to do some random thing that only pertains to them in that moment, and they, they wonder why things aren't happening. And that's, that's why. That's why I uh, sort of asked you to create that um, text channel in the Discord. Yes, that is something we did. That was on your suggestion. Yeah. If you want to, you can introduce that to everyone. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so, well, it goes back a while. <clears throat> um, well, it's like two days old, but... Well, no, no. Just like the, the idea, idea. The idea of it. I um, just wanted to stress it hasn't been something we haven't been mentioning. Yeah. So when I was on Shiva, I joined this link show. And I think it was like Otter Gone like, era. And they were shouting for, uh, for the link show. And it was called Fable Unity. And the whole thing, it was sort of like a social link show, but kind of in-game-ish. Um, the whole idea behind this link show is you do not get help from anyone in the show unless you help others in the show. Simple. And like, yeah, that, but it was a very like, that formed the identity of the link show. And like, mm. you, my first thought was like, okay, but that sounds like if I'm like a level 20, like idiot, and I join the show that's full of like level 75 people, what can I do to help? But they had like thought of that. Where like, yeah, you can't like come along with and and like do content and help in that way, but you could help with like um just asking, like, hey, I know I can't like do anything. Do you guys need me to do anything? Do you like have alchemy? Do you need me to craft potions? Stuff like that. Um and so that sort of stuck with me of like I'm I don't really like asking for help unless I first have helped. Um and I'm not saying that's what this text channel is. Um, but so I, uh, recently came back to the game, um, again, again. Yeah. And listen, I bought a house and I got married and I had like three separate new jobs and I moved. Okay. We got it. You're a big boy. A puppy. Don't, don't, yeah. No need to flex. Yeah. No need to funk so, master. Um, I came back and like, I see, uh, like maybe I didn't notice it before. It wasn't as prevalent. The, the last time I played the, the. Mercs seem to have like exploded. It's like that's kind of weird. Like I wonder what is causing that increase. And then like I see like the lack of yells and you know what you said, spicy. I that like can't just yell like a couple times and like 
not really expend effort. They could just and say, I'm doing this and look for yeah. people to come join them. And if no one joins them, that's one thing. But just hoping yeah. hoping someone's driving to your destination and they'll pick you up in their car for free. It just ain't happening. Yeah, I agree. Um, but So we created this text channel. And um, the idea is if you need help with anything, you post it in the section. Or if you want to help, you post it in the section. Well, we've had an FFXI help channel. Yeah. This is the FFXI team up channel. Yeah. Um, the help channel has been just questions mostly. The team up channel is directly to encourage people on whatever server. If it was big enough, our Discord has a few hundred people. But if it was big enough, I would make individual server team ups kind of thing channels. I would make them role based and you you know assign your role yeah. with a little bot or whatever, and you'd have access to it. But for the moment, it's not big enough that it needs to be broken out. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyone who's in the Discord, which is linked in the descriptions, always. Uh, can go in there and team up with people explicitly just to talk about teaming up or ask for help that's teaming up in there versus the, uh, you know, how does, you know, Berserk work in the help channel that we already had to distinguish yeah, so them. The idea is to, like, you know, if people post and they're like, I need, I need, I don't know, I can't think of anything, like, uh, incursion or whatever clears or this or that and then a bunch of people post and they're like yeah i wouldn't mind to help with that then like you can start to plan sort of like uh like every two weeks or every month or every week depending upon the demand of like this is the incursion night this is the vagary night this is the ambuscade night this is the you know whatever night and like sort of help people get through this content um that they're like behind on or or is preventing them from for whatever reason like doing newer content yeah it's like, not the let's go in and smash like v25 yeah. odyssey stuff it's the yeah, immediate yeah, yeah. stuff that, that people get kind of confused on bridging mm-hmm. the gap exactly yeah um because yeah. like if listen <laughs> I've, I've taken a lot of breaks and i'll come back and it's like oh i want to do this new content it's like oh you need to have done this content before it's like okay let me go do this it's like well no 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 you need to have done this before it's like okay well yeah frankly divergence divergence in the manner that was just discussed should be the easiest for any reasonably we're talking ambuscade plus two kind of player any reasonably geared player you know if you you have malignance you were you were reasonably geared to just join in and do for rp that should be the reasonable progression for anyone and like a lot of time i'll just log on and like nothing's going on i don't know what i want to do and it's like i would like to help people and if someone's shouting like you know i need help with what anyone help me with siren for rhapsody's vanadiel and i'll just go in and that was today destroy it yeah um i'll destroy it for them and they're like oh my god you're the best ever like here's gil and i'm like no that's not gonna happen yeah here's gil like dude that happens to me a lot too it's like dude i'm just helping you it's fine or (laughs) or i'll trade and then i'll give them Gil. well yeah they're so conditioned to give gil for you helping them for the most inane things because it's like oh everyone must be paid for doing anything it's like no it's just that's not the way the game ever was exactly (laughs) i just flexing is its own payment (laughs) before i took a break like my big thing was I just like right after I got to Zona, my huge thing, and Spicy may even remember this, was just like going and just like destroying T1s and Resin Jima because a lot of people knew the gear and it's like relatively easy, like the NMs. So I just go in and like solo, I don't know, whoever for hours to get people a drop. Like Yalan and, and Esheruan, I would just like, uh, <laughs> drop like 99k radiances on that dude to get people 
Jovian abjuration heads or, or uh, Mimesis-sees. Um, yeah, I'd do that just because, like, I don't know. I think it's fun. You know, People that is... It. That is some of the problem with the uh, the way the content is released now, because that idea is something that I would want to do too. It's just the content that you're describing is not as relevant as it once yeah. was. Yeah. And if we're going to try to apply that to the content that is relevant, it's also tied to your ability to enter it with a group that is veteran that you're trying to get progress on. Yeah. So like the, the same idea is like, do you want to go in and do like V zero jail clears or just do like a, a, a shoal C segment farm or something? Well, I can't join you on that because I'm limited to the once per day that mm -hmm. I need to assign with my group to get my progress. So it's like, or, well, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that's the case. Like Omen. I, I, yeah. I've always argued that makes sense in the modern game of which we're in now. You can't have challenging content of a group variety without narrowing down the scope of how it's applied. And I, I like the way it is with Sixth Man now because most of the time you don't have 18 people or 12 plus unless they're all mules and shit anyway, which is annoying. But mm -hmm. I think the game in, in, in its late stage now makes sense to be six. But at the same time, yes. It's the entry restrictions, not the six. Well, yeah, I guess the entry restrictions. Because they have to artificially extend it to try and prolong their ability to develop yeah. new content and keep the game in a healthier state versus people are just entering constantly. Like I think Diversion shouldn't have the weight it does now. But, I mean, that and Omen in the last 18-man content where you can take people in and work that way and... I mean, maybe that has had a breakdown in terms of no more group content like Vagary, uh, Omen, Delve, and Incursion, and uh, and Divergence means, you know, there's less cohesion. But at the same time, no one's doing Divergence at all in that way besides maybe us because everyone's just yelling to sell it constantly on a server and there's no one really making a run for it. There's some people who do make runs, but just not enough that people could count on. Like you see for Ambuscade, you're a yeah. run you can join Ambuscade shouts. And it's not like that for, for actual content. So the same time, maybe not. And it's definitely not as come and go as like, you know, doing tier ones in Rise and GMO. Or yeah, that, that's, you're going to do that right away. There's no restrictions. That works, Rise and GMO. Yeah. Like, Guess Fate was like really well-designed content for the stage of the game that we're in now. It's just it's not relevant to where we are now, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so is there anything that you want to sum up there? Well, it, just that you know, if like you're needing help with anything or you want to help with anything, then check out the uh, FFX. I met with the, the negative feedback loop of oh. Mercs are the norm, therefore, the, the channel thing we just covered. But I mean, the. Yeah, so. Because you, you said a lot of things here that make sense, you know, being. Uh, but the player base uh, falling into the, the loop that's created there of, you know, why would I pay this? Everyone pays a Merc, there's no yells. Yeah, so, like, if people, I don't know, like, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I would, I think the game would be healthier if there was less mercs, um, or less, you know, everything has to be commodified and sold, and it's like, really? Like, okay. I just think it would be better if the social aspect of the game returned, and a way of doing that is to help others. I think, I think so, too. That's why I stopped doing it. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's that's exactly why. Like, I I felt like I couldn't like te help teach people how to play this game, you know, help them out, you know, that sort of thing. Teaching them I to fish the is same... a lot more difficult. Yeah, I, I couldn't do the same thing if I also was then like, okay, that'll be like three million gil. <laughs> yeah, you know. So it's yeah, it's it's it was very unfulfilling to do it that way, and I enjoy the way the game is, the way I play the game now more than that. 
more than you know the the massive amount of guild compensation that I got before. Fox was like the infomercial guy, and I'm going to tell you my secrets to how I became successful. It's not hard, it's not complicated, Just and all it takes is twenty nine ninety five now via all major <laughs> credit cards if you call in the next fifteen minutes or less, and I'll teach you the secrets of how I became successful because you can too. <laughs> It's not even that secret. You just group up with people and you just do things. So fortunately, I got in on the tail end of that coming to an end when I came back to the game. I, I can I can understand how people can have a hard time like jumping back into the game now and not having access to the same things because like like you're saying, like all you see are the shouts for people buying it. So that's clearly the the game culture that's being projected on new players as they come in or well, returning. It's interesting that you you say that because like um my brother uh has come back to the game and like it's sort of in a more like casual like he's just i i don't know mm-hmm. his he's still like his account is still active like i would use it to like mule and like bizarre stuff whatever um and it's like level 99 and he quit like right like when abyssy came out and like i haven't done any content on it um on his account and he so he, he there was like a free month or whatever and he played and he just wanted to um he was like feeling nostalgic and like listening like to Ron Farr music while he's working. He would send it to me. I'm like, yes, I'm aware there's music in the zone of Ron Farr. Yeah. Um and then he tried it on a free month and he wanted to test all the quality of life stuff. And I think he's sort of getting back into it, but he like when he started playing, he was like, why are there so many shouts for Mercs? And like, why are all these bots in Ronfar? And I'm like... It's really bad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And SC is partly at fault here for adding grindy content, like master levels and stuff, that encourage botting without actually policing the the game of that. That's that's probably my number one complaint of SC doing yeah, nothing, is that it's okay to release, in my opinion, it is, grindy content like master levels that aren't supposed to be done right away. The only way to make them not done right away is to add barriers to them unless it's a time barrier or whatever uh the grind is the way that you accomplish that because if you had a time barrier it impacts everyone if you had grind if someone truly wants to do it they can do it and that's supposed to be the rewarding uh those who put the effort to return ratio like the returns are low but if you really want something it's rewarding people who want to go above and beyond giving them the option to do that without infringing on everyone else by adding like a time barrier they tried to do that at 14 when it was new and everyone hated it you can only level up so fast there's a time cool off on leveling to try and make it more oh, fair yeah. but the, it kind of worked in the opposite where you know they, they learned not to do that it was just just didn't work because people want to be able to go beyond a certain constraint and not have it impact them, even though they've done nothing in their minds wrong to be told no. Uh, but they haven't policed adding stuff like that. And they're not policing all the guild buying for the culture that's in the feedback loop here. So uh, that's the number one complaint. Otherwise, I, you know, players in the community play the ultimate role in that, despite SCB responsible for facil- facilitating the interaction. I mean, it, ultimately, the buck stops with us there. And what does all that have to do with mental health and psychology or anything? Well, it's a very pervasive part of the community and there's psychology behind it. Um, how well that was vetted out in our discussion on that, I figured that would you know either work out or not. But it does tie in to the actual next proportions to get into here of engagement cycles is our next area of the actual outline here. If we're going to look back at the outline because we, we just have not been even... Oh, the, the gotcha formula? Yeah, the yeah. Game yeah. Gotcha <laughs> so engagement yeah. cycles we have here, where uh, stuff here, Silver, like players who only log on to do their dailies 
uh, or in a, that feedback loop. This isn't a negative one. This is in a feedback loop where they want to see progression in the game out of feeling an, uh, an obligation they impose on themselves. And they may not even really want to play the game. They'd be feeling burned out. But you had told me that this is, quote, variable schedule reinforcement when I talked about because oh, okay. this this yeah. one being in the not really wanting to play or whatever, this one came from feedback we got from the r slash Final Fantasy 1-1. One, one, and it was Reinforce someone... Schedule reinforcement. What's that mean? So, yeah, so that's, yeah you, you talk about that one. That's um, I don't know if it necessarily applies for daily. It's like there's other... There's like constant schedule reinforcement, variable schedule. And, but um, to explain it, it is um, a way of reinforcing behavior to sort of make that behavior more likely in the future. And um, mm. like casinos are really is a good example of like a variable schedule. Yeah. Variable, variable schedule of reinforcement, right? Like you go in, you know, put in $20, whatever. And you win, you win like 50. Oh God. Let me do it again, 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 and then again and again. And you'll, you know, probability you'll start losing, right? Like the house always wins. And then you're like, no, you know, maybe one more, one more, one more. And then like, especially if the outcome is better than expected and, and it procs the dopamine system, then which we can get into later, um, where you put $20 in and then you get 40 or 50 back. Oh, shit. What, son? And, Let me. Uh, and you kind of <laughs> see this, too, with people who have more segments than they can use because they spam their daily of Shoal C yeah. every day, <clears> or they have more domain invasion points they'll never use because they do their domain invasion every single day as a daily. And they're not even like, interested yeah. in what they're doing. They don't even really want to do it. They just go do it because it's a daily, and they want to, quote-unquote, progress, even though, as the poster posts, a lot of people are just burned out and don't even want to do it at all. Why do they do that? Yeah, you end up with the problem, too, where like if you miss your daily, that's a missed opportunity. You'll never get back. Yeah. They yeah, just, the monthly objectives. Yeah, um, they and it keeps people online. There's maybe they're looking for a sense of progression, and like that's again because there's like the lack of the community aspect that gives them the sense of the progression, even though, like, okay, I'm capped beads, but let me do domain invasion, hooray! I don't know, but as far as like, um, schedule reinforcement, I don't know if like necessarily Final Fantasy 11 is has a variable schedule, but like it might have like a like it might be more of a constant or a consistent schedule of like you get like tiny little breadcrumbs every time you go on and do domain invasion. That's so the nature like, of MMOs in general too. Yeah. Um, and then like if you don't for whatever reason, then you feel bad. Like, man. Yeah, when you lose your tags for Omen, yeah. you know, the traders and stuff, you're not getting for your Tupsamati. You just kind of be like, oh man, I really yeah. gotta go do that. Even though I want to yeah. go farm those fucking detritus, it'll be yeah. better because I want to have fun with the thing I'm farming them for. Yep. Yep. And, and then you can just. And when I do take a break from Omen, it feels a lot better. <clears throat> but if I do Omen every day, it's just like, oh fuck this. And then you just keep yeah. doing it, and it's like, okay, ten minutes and I'm done. It's kind of like a war, like a jog or something. Ten minutes of jogging and I'm done jogging. Yeah. Which, you know, the reason that ties into the previous. I mean, you could say that because everyone goes and just gets their mash levels because they don't feel like doing it, and they're, they're burned down. And it, it encourages them to then go into the bots and the RMTs and everything on top mm-hmm. of the normal circumstance of trying to get actual content done. Uh, but that puts them in that loop where they feel like, you know, a lot of people, we talk about all this time on the show, you don't need to have cat mash loves to do stuff. You know, we're, we're, we're killing N guy V20. Like it's nothing joking about it in the video with, like, with a million minutes left with a master level 14, 15 pup, just not even trying to level it up and just destroying it as if it wouldn't matter if I was ML 40 or 50, it was destroyed. And you know, with the V25s now it's a little different, but uh, you know, you don't, 
need these things. People feel like all the time if they don't do that, therefore they go do it because they won't be complete or whatever. But yeah, it's that revolving kind of door too. And this game in general has that revolving door. Even you know this. You're a perfect mm-hmm. example of the subject. I've seen you leave hey. a million times. Yeah, it's just. Um... I don't even know. Like, I just get bored. Maybe it's it actually it's probably just ADHD. If I'm, um, I'll uh, I'll just get bored and like, it's actually kind of opposite. I'll get bored and I'll stop playing, or like I'll take a couple days off. It's like, and when you're not focused on it, no longer. Yeah, exists. yeah. Well, that. But it's like I could log on eleven to this, or <laughs> I could learn how to fly an F sixteen. What am I gonna do, guys? Learn we could, we could write an outline, or I could do this yeah. F sixteen while we're doing an outline. Hey, um, and so it, I just sort of like I don't want to say forget it exists, but forget it exists. Like, like obviously I know the game exists, but then like I'm not actively thinking. Like I need to do this and this and this and this. I need a gear scholar. I need to get this. I need to get master levels on core. I need to do this so I can get R fifteen death penalty. I got to just take a break. It's like I want to get on eleven and do all that. But that's like a lot of work. <laughs> it almost sounds like it's a detriment to have too many objectives. Yes. Yeah, it, it could be. Yeah, as someone yeah. who only gears up like one job at a time and never like focuses on one thing and tries to keep the few things they have in pretty good order, but sometimes when you don't play, let's say Rune Fencer for a while and then get on it, you're like, oh, I got to redo all these sets. It's been a while. I've been upgrading stuff, but I haven't even played it. Having just one job and focusing on it a single time, like Scholar. Uh, not only do I get to enjoy the progress a lot more, but I just, to me, I know most people just try to do like all these things. Oh, I need Bard, I need Geo, I need this or that. Sorry, the cats are eating. Um, but for me personally, I've just naturally been inclined to work on one job at a time. And that's worked really well for me in this game. Because when I get on that job, I know that unless I'm being stupid or being stupid, that when I get on that job and pull that trigger, that bullet's going to fly. Of course, I'm limited in what I have, but just kind of feels better. So I guess putting in that context for me goes, Oh yeah, I guess that does like, I don't think about when I do it. I was just like, Oh, I guess that does work out that way. I think I see that, that problem of like doing too many things with players or like uh, returning players. And I think both things could have an impact. Like, right. You want to get on cause you want to progress, but let's say you progressed on a job to the point where it's like, I mean, this, this is literally like my situation, right? Like Mark Corsair, um, all it's really missing is like 25 Niame. Like I can't just log on and do V25 Niame, right? But what I could do is log on and start updating Scholar gear. And then when I reach that point in Scholar, well, I could log on and start updating this job's gear. And then it eventually becomes like I'm doing way too many things at once. You were yeah, the... Like, like you're filling the void, like like the 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 time with something else while you wait. It's a holding pattern. Yeah. For those who don't know, you were the guy who made the second job guide on BG of the scholar guide that used to exist, the continuing education. So you were, for you know, working your scholar again, you were the original BG scholar yeah, guy. I was. And like, I still actually, it's funny that you, you bring that up. Spicy, like, I've, I think it was like during one of my breaks, Spicy's like, yo, this Odyssey shit came out, update the scholar guide. And it's like, one, like, I don't have the gear, and I, I feel weird, like, telling people to get the gear. Did I tell you to do that? Because I would have yeah. only said that in jest. Uh-huh. Well, you did a couple times. Like, you need to update the Scholar God. I knew you weren't, like, like, please update the Scholar God, or I will, like, like I'm holding a <laughs> gun to your head to update it. Like, no, I knew it wasn't like that. But And I, I wanted to, but I felt weird telling people to get the gear that 
like I didn't have. Like that felt weird to me, so I didn't want to do that. If you're talking about <clears throat> five years ago, yeah. that was because the scholar guide was outdated, and I was looking around putting outdated tags on, it and I was saying that I, you need to update the scholar guide, otherwise I have to put it as outdated at this point. Because that was when you were in your, you know, you were there, but then you were gone, and you went back into that long hibernation of your cycling yeah. out kind of thing before you came back recently again, which is how this yeah. ended up being an episode. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that would have that would have been the context for that one because I did mention that to you when I was putting things outdated. You know, you had to update the scholar guide or it's be outdated. Yeah, and then like also the way I wrote it, it's like it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, the way I wrote it is not as like okay, go get all of this gear. And- scholar got it was I how wanted. to play the job i was a bad yeah, influence yeah. because i wrote that massive tome on blue mage which i've not done since and you were following my bad influence yeah. of writing too much that you can't manage it well and i wanted it to more just be like this is how you play the job like this is how to be a scholar this is how you should think as a scholar this is how you should operate that's like, what we need too that might still be relevant information. Figure, yeah you can figure the gear out yourself like if this has piece of gear has a higher stat than this piece of gear then it's probably good like <laughs> I'll have to go back not, and read your guide too because that might be more I don't think it's going to be as in depth of you know if you know all this you can pick any gear you want but I think the general concept will be that it might not be really outdated yeah. at all in terms of this, the gear definitely is in there but yeah the gear definitely is <laughs> that's 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 rising that's Esha level gear not even rising yeah. Gemacoy but like rising Gema Max and uh, so I'm gonna there's a hot take Warning, I'm about to drop a hot take. <laughs> All right. I think, okay, specifically for <clears throat> jobs like Redmi, I think the sort of making like Matt limit break obsolete is an injustice to players for at least for Redmi, maybe like scholars. Where is jobs. that coming from? Okay. Oh, are you talking about only doing upgrades like G5s on other characters that aren't Matt? No, like the NPC Matt. Like, yeah, Limit Break. Yeah, well, oh, okay. Just hear me out, okay? I, I am. 75, like back in the day, you were a red mate, okay? You're doing your Limit Breaks. And, you know, you sort of understood how to play Red Mage. But where did you really learn how to play Red Mage? Like, when did it, like, right. hit? you hit a wall and you had to like run into that wall over and over and I asked over for bad advice in the link shell because they always are good for bad advice on how to do jobs. Yeah. You, well, you learned, at least for Red Mage, from the mat fight. That's mm-hmm. how you learned how to play Red Mage. I didn't. Um, well, yeah. But, and I think like that sort of... Well, at least you learned like a, a broader idea of how you yeah. should perform an endgame. Wouldn't that apply yeah. to any of the limit breaks? Because even though you're not fighting Matt you're still fighting the job that emulates Matt in terms of teaching how to play your job. And even then it that's, could. I think that's really kind of silly. Cause if I'm casting, if I'm casting whatever random spell wild oats that fucking Raban uses on you and she five, I don't think I'm learning shit about blue mage. Cause if I'm spamming screwdriver, we got problems. Yeah. And then like thief, like, Oh, steal from Matt. Like, I don't think that's going to necessarily prepare you to like, understand your job for in. Oh, sure. Yeah. You, you get invited to the Alliance to run in and give treasure hunter. And then, hopefully the fight's over yeah Um, (laughs) yes i've learned the job yeah obviously this is why fox's last job is going to be thief no i think like you're not wrong (laughs) just that idea right of like there's really no there at least for red mage it used to be you learned from the map fight and that may or may not be true for other jobs i don't know um 
but then that like content sort of became obsolete because like oh you can call trust whatever but i wish that like that concept or that idea came back of like you have yeah. to like struggle against this thing to like this this barrier and then when you yeah, finally they, they like, were... surpass it you like are a better person or a better <laughs> not a better person but like a, you're better at that job <laughs> than you player. were before yeah yeah. Alrighty. So yeah. there were like shades to that though, because um you could argue that the white mage one helped you cure through, you know, a battery of problems. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the paladin one you had to mitigate like a certain amount of damage and get there eventually. Yeah, those things were cool. Beastmaster one you had to focus on the pets properly and know like the priority order and killing something. The pup one was that way too. Um yeah, like a lot of that that did add to it and they it did actually prepare you for later. Um, because I remember I, I did Red Mage. Red Mage was mine. And yeah. shortly after becoming 75, I had those. It was expected of me to be able to know like how to bind kite gravity, stuff for sky, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and nowhere in the leveling process uh, did you it teach learn you that. that. It, yeah, the only thing you learned during the leveling process was how to maintain a buff cycle and how to understand how to balance the MP management that you would need to do as well. And it, it's sort of like this was like a busy area or a busy era. People would would like send me a tell of like, hey, I, I think Red Mage is cool. Like, how do you play the job? Huh. So what do you think I did? <laughs> yeah, but what do you think I did? I don't know. But moving on from that, back to the mental health topic of the. the... Well, just I'll tell Fox just so I'm not leaving a name. Okay. <laughs> Melissa. Ballista. Okay. Ballista. That's funny. Yeah. And it doesn't cover gear swapping, but yeah, I suppose. Yeah. So going off of the going off of the engagement cycles after the feedback loop and going into taking the engagement cycles of everyone doing this and then uh the burnout revolving door around people who feel they have to basically if I don't have R fifteen death penalty on core, I can't be invited on core, which is absolutely false and we've always reiterated that many times over in different ways it's just not true uh you know people go and only focus on making million weapons they don't ever use because they just ask what's good i need to make this so people accept me and it creates that that you know that that cycle of 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 just getting kind of tired because no one wants to make tons of weapons but uh that goes into the next area here to get back on the thing of overcompensating with the game which was something that came up quite a bit i think uh more than other things in our little forum section on this uh, was uh, that also is going to deal with uh, insecurity, anxiety, self-worth and stuff. But I mean, do you want to start off here silver with the over the people overcompensate with this game when it comes to those sorts of things? Um, like if they're not making progress IRL, you mean, or, well, yeah, I mean, the first sub bullet I had here was, uh, Players don't know things, but they don't want to look stupid in the subject. Oh, so they okay. also yell, they spread the need for X for Y to do, you know, any sort of content sentiment where I need to be best in slot or uh, they feel they need to focus on things like being afraid of being wrong, where it creates the idea of if it's not best, it's pointless. Or like we make that, I made fun of that thief stuff where they, the Aeneas conversation, the person posts, uh, what did we agree on? We're all using now as the best dagger. And it was they literally said, "What did we all agree on?" And it was it's you know that kind of sentiment. They don't want to look stupid or fail or look like they're not part of the the popular statement because only the only the most dominant statement can be correct, of course. 
but you know, that it's, it's on that and then the overcompensating we talked about earlier but so just go into that sort of line of you know those things people well, that have like all the items in the game are the coolest yeah so it could just be like they want a sense of progression in game um because they're not making progress irl um but i think like where people it's people acting like they know everything or believing that they know everything i think video games mmo rpgs specifically um sort of take like otherwise normally functioning people and like sort of amplify characteristics that of like you know maybe someone is confident real life and like you know you don't have the context of like their facial expression can't hear their voice don't there's no intonation and then like in game through text chat they come off as like conceited or, or cocky and then i think players like newer players see that and they're like okay this guy knows what he's doing he is a good player he is acting conceited and cocky and like he knows everything so if i want to be a good player i have to emulate that and act like i know everything oh fuck i've ruined the game <laughs> i was wrong <laughs> fuck i was wrong yeah. the whole time. i've been kicked my account was deleted no i meant that literally actually <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah, I've, I I come off as a, as an ass a lot of the time, and I don't intend on it. But it's usually how people take things, and because people come to me for like a source of knowledge and stuff, maybe they are learning those kind of behaviors from me, even though I have better intentions than that. Yeah, but you do get you do get you gotta turn that lens inward and like figure out if, yeah. if you're part of the problem too, right? Yeah, you're always to some extent part of a problem in some fashion. It's it's how reactions cause and effect that makes that sort of reaction. You can't. There's a certain way that shields you from the burden of stressors of having to be responsible for everyone's issues. Yeah, so uh, I think like, and and that sort of that gets into like the the best in slot meme, um, <laughs> Bisquick. where where people uh, I don't know see it on auction house or wherever they're like, well, I cleared the Bumba and doing this. I need Idris Geo. I need Mythic whatever Paladin. This blah 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 blah. It's like maybe Bumba is a bad example. Maybe it depends like, on the difficulty. If it's V zero yeah. and they're asking for that, they're they're out of their minds. If it's V twenty, they're asking for that. That the content is that difficult to to justify that. But ninety eight percent of content in this game, ninety nine percent of content in this game is not hard enough to justify those things. Well, the meme is like Idris Geo, uh, Mythic Paladin, uh, Mythic Master Level. Yeah, yeah. The, the yell for, Corsair for, for easy, easy ambuscade. Easy ambuscade. It's like. I, like is qualifications it just, no longer fit in the text line on screen. Yeah, is, is it like you just want that because you that's like the only way that you feel you can do that content successfully and you just don't know any better? Or do you just ask for that because you don't want to put up with the possibility that you take someone who is like not that good of a player and would mess up? Through? I don't I just don't know. Well, on the flip like, side of that, too, I think some people shout with those requirements because otherwise people wouldn't join them because they'll think it's like a group of like novice players. I just think they don't know what they're doing job. and they go for the highest thing they can ask for to give them the best odds because they just hope that they can well, overpower it because yeah, they really don't uh, know that, what the That is the case, but, but you got to kind of look at it from like people who, who have less realistic expectations that are based and I've done the content, right? So like if if you're if you're someone looking in, it's like, well, I want to attract the most people to my cause, then I would need to make it look like everyone else's cause. So with everyone else doing it, they want to then staple those requirements to their own, not necessarily because they they would believe that those requirements are needed, 
but more so that it looks like what it's supposed to be to attract someone to come and join the group. That's too, that's true to a, an extent, I'm sure, as well. It also yeah. probably is to try and filter out the quote-unquote gimps because, as we've talked about many times, people don't know actually how to filter out how do I find someone that can play this job? I don't know how to play Geo or Bard. Yeah. <clears throat> how do I find anyone that knows? Well, maybe if they have every instrument in the game, they must know how to play. But I think, uh, just personally, like I love joining those those groups. Because they're usually novices. Well, no, the group's full of novices. I love joining those groups. Because like you just you like blow their mind. They're like, holy shit, what? Like Corsair can do that, or Red Mage can do that, or what the heck? What? This is definitely then, more interesting for sure. Yeah, and it's fun, like because they, I mean, they're getting content done, obviously, and like they're also learning like the capabilities of like a job, or the capabilities of a job performed by someone who knows what they're doing, and it like blows their mind, and it sounds like. Yeah, them peons, they worship me when I go down there and drop 99k lead salutes. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, yeah. it's just cool that they're like, wait. I, I believe the way it goes. Is sometimes people see it that way, though, too. Yeah, yeah like, that is, that is the know, problem. You could be showing someone like, something really cool, and they just think that you're like showboating. Yeah. No. That is the problem that's being illustrated in terms of people thinking that is the norm. It's kind of like the uh, the Instagram filter, where if everything's R15, it's the Instagram filter of... The person who looks a lot better than they look in person or just the person who, you know, flexes online. I have all these cars. I have all this. And they go, wow, this guy's life must be so great. He has all this. He's got a big house. He's got this and that. You know, that, that's what we all strive for, of course, because that's apparently what you're supposed to strive for is a oversized piece of property. But, you know, you, you look at that and that that's how that applies to this game as well, where, uh, you know, that you think that's the norm because... Yeah, remember Fox was talking about joining that N ambuscade this month with the Meebles as a blue mage sub rune fencer to tank, silence the mob, uh, hit the yeah. bar spells. No, I sub white mage to silence the mob, hit all the bar spells on blue and tank it and then do all the damage at the same time in a group of six, which was very challenging. And But it was at the same time, it was like, wow, look at this. Look at this guy. You know, these, these people were like fresh off the boat kind of players that couldn't even manage E let alone N, and to try and do that on blue was almost like a solo without trust at times. I mean, I had, I had some support, so it was something, but when they can't hit the mob, they're not doing damage and stuff, and you're trying to do seven things at once, but at the same time, as engaging as that is, just having people that suddenly like believe in you, like, wow, look at this guy, he's he's able to do it. And it's like, I don't want to do it all the time, but it was kind of fun to do for a second. But well, Sometimes people just want to be the guy. Yes, yeah. for a moment you want to be the guy sometimes. Everyone wants to be the stud for two seconds on, on the scene. Yeah. But I, the whole uh, looking through the lens and that guy's life must be perfect, look at his house thing, you had told me during the outline process here, Silver, that you mentioned the pedagogy of the oppressed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, will you want me to get into that? Or? Might as well, because it's on the topic of self-worth in this game, and, and that ties into the uh, R15 for E and everything, and people want all these items, because if they don't, they're not good enough, and that kind of, that kind of, so, that's the topic there. Do you have the quote? Or, uh, the, yeah, right that's the pedagogy of the oppressed quote yes fox why don't you get that one so the oppressed instead of striving for liberation tend themselves to become oppressors liberation is thus a childbirth and a painful one yeah so um the, at least that's what was here <laughs> yeah the the guy that wrote that he wrote the book Peda, pedagogy of the oppressed and the context of it is like i think it was in brazil in like the 80s or something they like had an economic crisis and like all these people were abject at like hyper abject um poverty um 
Um, and so like the government's coming and they're like, Hey, like if you're, if you're poor, like do this instead, or, you know, we'll help you like if you need money or whatever. Um, but they viewed that as, um, weak. Well, no, they viewed it as like another form of oppression. And so like, I think that since to this game, it's like people, um, you know, maybe they're not the best player. Maybe they're a newer player or they're inexperienced or whatever. Um, and they shout and they yell and they try to get content cleared and they can't and they blah, blah. They have to eventually mark it, whatever. And then, like, let's say they finally do get um, updated gear and they become, like, a, a, a better player and they're shouting for content. And then, like, a less experienced player is like, hey, can I come? And they're like, no, you need to be R15, this blah, 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 this bull crap. And, like, some content requires that, yes, but, like, most of my my dude, you were in that dude's place like like through your air quotes liberation, you became the oppressor. Like you're you you became the person that it's the boomer meme of you succeeded yeah. and pull up the ladder. Yeah. Behind you that you, you know, climbed. Honestly, until V twenty five Odyssey, I haven't needed R fifteen for anything. <laughs> yeah, basically. I still don't know if it's the hard requirement, but I have never had an R15. For some fights it's really still ever. not. It just depends on the context yeah. and the strategy you're applying. But I've completed basically everything, and that's the example I try to keep using. For <laughs> Kalunga, it's not required. You could just do that with Nagling and fucking Ikengas mm -hmm. or whatever. Axe. It'd be a little more difficult, of course, but it's still, you don't need it. But some time crunches are going to require, like, depending on what we're coming up against, uh, all that power. But so far, honestly, when we, even when we did Gigalorum, we're like, oh man, we're going to need this extra DPS. We're lacking in terms of master levels and stuff. But then when we change the strategy a bit, and you're yeah, kiting it and everyone's right. hitting it. You got a bard hitting it with any dagger they have because it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, just anything going on there and just to keep it TPing for people who can use ambuscade anything to just take it down. I mean, you don't need to have R15 god hands to do that for sure. There's plenty of time yeah. left. And I think, I don't know, if I just like doing content in weird ways and experimenting. Like, And I think people, yeah, like the game seems more fast paced now and like um the, quicker, the, the dps checks that that they're like more and more strictly enforcing have made it a lot more rigid to, to yeah. enjoy those those kinds of setups but they're doing That's that they're doing that at the highest level of content where the other 20 levels do not require that yeah. sort of they're doing that just to define this is the hardest hardcore content in the game which you would apply those weapons to that's why they're there that's what they have a reason to exist all this power we they've been adding to us they finally gave us a reason to use it as we've always been talking about hopefully yeah. happening so that's what people look at is like mm -hmm. oh this this is really what the game is it's this hardest content everyone must have these weapons because this content requires it but that's really only just a small segment of the game within a segment of the game itself and that's really but people focus on that like that's the standard to achieve therefore anything less is bad and therefore you're just not you know and everyone just works on i you know i'm a great bard i have this i have that instead of actually showing us that you can rotate songs properly with regardless of your instruments and things like that and that, that's the self-worth there is all based entirely on uh you know look at me i have every weapon look at my auction house rank and all this stuff and it's just not it's not not real yeah, I remember this. I don't know why, but what you said made me think this. We're like, I'd come back to the game and I was like working on Corsair gear and I saw you shouting spicy for a master level party. And I was like, hey, can I join? Blah, blah, blah. You're like, yeah, sure. I think Fox was there on Beast. And like, I roll up and oh, I'm yeah. like, 
I'm like given roles and like I'm skill training with a warrior that like doesn't know how to skill chain and like <laughs> like dropping damage with like Fomahot, like didn't even have death penalty and and I was like, Oh my core is like kinda bad, but I'm I'm working on it and then Spicy was like, uh listen, you gave us core roles and did damage <laughs> like way better than the majority yeah. of Corsairs. And it's like how what I just don't. That's the truth. That, like, That's what I needed. Exactly you gave truth. me. I'm filling a role here. I don't need you to do a fucking top parse on core. I need you to give the roles in the right order. Make sure they stay on. Close skill chains. Like do damage, not just stand there idle. And that's all I really need. So as long as we succeed and you did those things, that's all I needed. The problem is not being able to trust on a core to even wear DT gear and stay alive, or to be able to hit the mob. I mean, shit like that. That's that's the problem i face and that's my elitism is i need you to clear the bars that are mandatory and that involves you not sucking in the first place but as long as you do those things it doesn't matter if you don't have this or that yeah, other thing like those are the wrong focus doing the bar yeah. is the focus not like the it's stuff super around condescending it. but that's why i always say that i set the bar on the ground and i just wait for people to step over it because <laughs> it seems like that's a really basic thing that you would expect right exactly but the fact that you came in and did that it blew his mind because of how many fucking shout people that show up that don't do that and you, yeah. were, you had anxiety about that, I'm sure, because even there, you're like, I'm sorry, my core is only in progress, but you didn't know that we were, you were being harder on yourself than we were, so that yeah. was a lot of characters in this game, not just you, but that speaks to the anxiety going off of the uh, compensation and self-worth of this game, the, the anxiety that focuses on, uh, you, you definitely can relate to that and, and explain it, and that's really just people getting too... Uh, lost too in deep, Too lost in yeah. their, like, am I good enough, yeah. when they're just focusing too much on themselves and not everything else yeah, yeah nobody has a real set expectation as far as what's realistic they think I mean, they're there though yeah yeah I, yeah i was so to like my perspective i was yeah i was sort of like oh like i'm not sure how my damage is gonna be i'm i'm like that was the first merit party i've ever done like in my the game <laughs> was that one like oh I, I don't know if i can hit these mobs blah blah and then like She's like, oh, you you did a good job, and it's like I just did court, did roll with content like Shoal C. I stopped checking the parse because not only are we not at six mil plus DPS when we do it, <laughs> cats in the box. Uh, it's because I I look I look at the time we're at in the zone now, and based on doing this so many times over this time, I look at the time we're at in the zone when we're going to the floors, and based on that and the feeling, the rough feeling I get of how we are in the zone and how much time we're gonna have left, and then adjusting at the end if need be. I don't need to actually look at the parse anymore. So we've had, invited people recently, and we we do what we need to and stuff. But then we go, man, this guy as a warrior lost to the bard and the even the corsair and everyone in the parse. And I'm like, well, we cleared it, so I didn't even pay attention to the parse. Didn't even notice. But I would not invite that person that can't beat anyone not fighting in the parse almost. But at the same time, uh, I've started paying attention more. Like I look at the parse for certain things. Uh, a fight for V25, I absolutely look at the parse and things like that, but applying it properly in the context of, I'm so used to doing Shoal C and the bar is so low for that content, that even though that warrior was not good at their job of being the top parse because they're a warrior, versus a bard who's buffing and not fighting, uh, the bar was already cleared, so it didn't matter that they weren't, and I didn't even like, I, I noticed that things were slower than they should be, is why the parse thing came up in our group. But at the same time, I didn't even look at the parse the whole run and didn't even look at it after the run until someone mentioned something. I still didn't even look at it. But I just knew based on how content was going that it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, it made me think of... I was on Red Mage and I was doing a master party and, like, there were, like, two or three members that weren't even, like, 
2100 or job points they weren't even job master and then like i was on red mage i was like i was main healing as red mage and like hasting everybody and enfeebling every mob and then like beating a ranger on the parse and like tanking and i didn't view it as like oh i have to have to do all this or like i didn't even like bring it up to the ranger or like the warrior or might have been dark that i was beating on parse's red mage i was just like I don't know, it reminded me of like old 75, level 75 era parties as Red Mage where you have to do everything all the time. And it was about. Yeah. So the parse is a dangerous thing. Yeah. Um, it's all in how you when use you, it. When you look at something like Shoal C, one thing you have to understand, and this kind of goes to what Spicy was talking about with like the, the guy, but you didn't even realize it because he cleared it anyway. I knew he was slow. I didn't know it was that bad. Well, it doesn't matter. There's a finite amount of total damage that takes place in that run. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a little bit extra for parse padding because your weapon's going at 1% or whatever, but there's still a finite, finite amount of viable damage that you need in that 30-minute run to win. Um, when one person underperforms on a parse, it actually only provides another person to begin to overperform because they're able to actually have their damage show up where it wouldn't where it would have been taken away by that other person. Yeah. So people don't even analyze these parses properly when they look at that sort of stuff. Like when you look at the total damage, that person could have been below someone else, but it could have just been because that other person is doing much more work than you would normally think. Their damage is just hidden because someone else is taking that piece first. And that's why those comparative damage parses are are just bullshit. Generally, yes. And that's also people base their self-worth on can I win the parse? And that's also a negative. If number is not big, I am sad. (laughs) Yeah, the number just needs to be correct. (laughs) Correct. And that's what we try to stress here. But this is running long, so we need to focus more on the points. So what is the purpose of anxiety, uh, Silver? Oh, um. Because we're on anxiety in terms of you were afraid of the how your performance yeah. was in the group and other like I run into people we have someone in our, in our static uh, that I, I can tell when they're anxious because you can hear it and then mm-hmm. when they get more comfortable they calm down but paying attention to that in your group is is a very important thing of there's nothing wrong with the guy he just happens to be he wants to succeed he's just very nervous about it and when he when we succeed he feels a fuck ton better and probably the victories probably feel better for him than they do for everyone else sometimes so. Like um, every emotion, even negative emotions, they, right, like, because we evolved with them, we, you know, still have them, like, they're not there just to torture us. I don't know, maybe. But they, like, they serve a function. They're, they exist for a reason. They're trying to tell you something. So with uh, anxiety, it is meant to protect you, right? Like, what are the symptoms of anxiety? Um, you're your heart rate increases to pump blood around your body faster, provide blood to your muscles in case you need to fight or run. Um, your body stops digesting food. So you get butterflies in your stomach. Um, the blood is sort of pulled from your extremities to protect your vital organs. So you get clammy hands. Um, your pupils dilate to bring in more light so you can see more of the what's around you. Um, I never thought so, of clammy hands like that, too. Yeah, so anxiety is meant to, it's preparing you to meet a demand, um, whatever it is. Like, you're, you're interviewing for a job. You're going to be a little nervous to, like, you know, 
more blood going to your brain. So when they ask you a question, you can answer it right then and not be like, whoa. <laughs> um, or like public speaking. So it's preparing you to meet a demand or an expectation that has been placed on you. Um, the problem is when it's like chronic stress or anxiety or overactivation of anxiety. Um, and so when when people have like generalized anxiety disorder or diagnosable anxiety, um, it sort of alters their perception. Um, in that there, there's a, this experiment, there was 20 pictures of a face um, expression, expressing an emotion. So it's like, it goes from like happy to ambiguous to angry. And that experiment found that people with higher levels of anxiety tend to rate ambiguous situations as being more negative. So like more negative or more bad um, because your, your brain's fundamental job is to protect you. Um, and it does this in like by assessing a threat and preparing you for that threat. And your brain likes a narrative, like a clean cut, this guy is for me. This guy is against me. He is a friend. He is an enemy. So, like, when the situation is ambiguous or you're not sure, like, oh, does this person hate me? Or, like, I'm not sure if they're going to try to, like, attack me right now. They're, I'm not. You're, you, no, your brain can't do anything with that. Like, your brain, good guy, bad guy. That's what your brain wants. And so, when your anxiety system is overactivated, your brain just sort of like defaults of like this ambiguous situation. Nope. They hate me. Like this guy's face looks kind of weird. He's angry at you rather than like oh, that guy's face kind of looks weird. Maybe he's tired. Nope. He hates you. <laughs> um, and so like the purpose of anxiety is to, again, prepare you to meet a demand. Um, and then like what spicy said, like people in, he notices in games are like super nervous because they're doing it static or they're doing content. Maybe they haven't done a lot. So they're like, oh, I, I want to do a good job. It, it's spicy, Ryan. I want to do a good job. Oh, God. And, uh, and so they're nervous at first. And then when they succeed, they're like, I'm glad, you know, not that like, I'm glad that's over, but like I did it successfully met the demand. And that's when I tell them that, no, they did it with the other spicy Ryan, not the real spicy Ryan. <laughs> yeah. I like too when it came to dealing with anxiety. So obviously it's harder on anxious people in your group if there is a lack of communication and just running by the, the you know, seeming your pants here in a group. Like if you don't talk about strategy and things go wrong or whatever, that person's trying to compensate and it's harder on them. So be more more kind to your anxious people and, and actually communicate like you're supposed to because it's, you know, it, when you fail and they don't want to fail, it's harder on them than it is on you. So, you know, avoid that and do what you're supposed to and communicate. But dealing with anxiety, uh, you, you told me something when we were working on the outline today that I thought was really interesting. You shared a, a, a very quick blog post from someone oh, yeah. about running the dishwasher twice. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to read that? I, I can pull it up. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Give me one second. Running the dishwasher twice. It was, it was so basic, but yeah, so I've insightful. Before, but <laughs> I don't ever run the dishwasher twice, Fox. You're not supposed to. It's oh. done. You know? Well, no, I'm still, still stuck in there. Yeah, but you ran it. It's done. Not supposed to. Okay, it is right here. Of course, clicking it fucking brings the st stupid p 
picture up instead of the link. Here we go. Oh, it's a Medium article, so it's kind of like a blog. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to read the whole thing, but basically the person said uh, they were at the lowest point of their life. They couldn't get out of bed for some days. They had no energy motivation or barely getting by. Even therapy seemed like too much effort. Uh, they had been going in every week, and on one particular day, I didn't have much to, quote, bring to the session. My therapist asked how many weeks was, uh, how many, how my week was going, and I really had nothing to say. And they asked what, their, uh, what they were struggling with, and they gestured, I don't know, man, just life. And not satisfied with that answer, my therapist said, no, what exactly are you worried about right now? What feels overwhelming? When you got home today, what issue will be staring at you? Uh, and uh, they said they wanted to give him an answer and that was substantial and that seemed worthy of the struggle, but instead that they told him the truth and they said, honestly, it's the dishes. I know it's stupid. I know. But the more I look at them, the more I can't do them because I'll have to scrub them before I put them in the dishwasher because the dishwasher sucks and I just can't scan stand to scrub the dishes. They said they felt like an idiot just for saying it out loud. What kind of grown-ass adult is undone by, undone by a stack of dishes? There are people out there with actual problems, and I'm whining to my therapist about a basic household chore. And yet my therapist nodded in understanding, and then he shared his advice. Run the dishwasher twice. And I said, huh? I began to tell him that you're not supposed to do that, but he immediately stopped me. He goes, why the hell aren't you supposed to? If you don't want to scrub the dishes and your dishwasher sucks, run it twice. Run it three times. Who cares? Rules do not exist. Look at therapists with the rules don't exist. Excellent. His words blew my mind in a way that I don't think I can properly express. That day I went home and tossed my smelly dishes haphazardly into the dishwasher and ran it three times. I felt like I conquered a dragon. The next day I took a shower lying down. <laughs> a few days after I, I folded my laundry and put my clothes wherever the fuck I fit. And I, I reveled in my newfound freedom. I stopped seeing each day as a series of arbitrary rules to follow. Eventually, I felt free enough to set goals again on my own terms. Now that I'm in a much healthier place, I rinse off my dishes and place them in the dishwasher properly. I shower standing up and I sort my laundry. But at the time, when living was a struggle instead of a blessing, I learned that incredibly important lesson, that there are no rules to run the dishwasher twice. It's very good. It was yeah. very good. Huh. I've always asserted that there are no rules but i'm always kind of beaten down for that one not necessarily like strictly i say there's no rules but i always kind of not intentionally people call me contrarian because i see things i say but it's from the sentiment of it doesn't really matter there's not like uh if i want to if i want to you know wear the same shirt twice in a day it doesn't matter i don't have to do that every day i don't have to wash my same shirt every day if i don't think it needs to be washed I'll just wear it again but then someone like carrot goes Mm, you got. You can't do that. You have to. I'm looking at her. You have to wash that shirt. It's gross. Why she you says have to change your t-shirt after every individual use. Yeah, she she says that's quote gross, and I go gross about it, and then she she you know gives me like that look like what's wrong with me. I'm like there's nothing wrong about it. It's just fucking who cares. So my wife gives me pushback for that, but my wife is a wonderful woman. But there are yeah. no rules. I don't care. Yeah, there's the things that are important. You need to be prioritizing what's important and not being hung up on. Like, like uh, social pressure is the number one thing I think that applies to a level of loss. The whole I can't run dishwasher yes. twice is a result of the social pressure that people think that they have to do a certain thing because otherwise they're outside of the normal operating parameters. Yeah, that was like actually a, uh, a song lyric from uh, from Jack's Mannequin. It's a it's a band. It's a band I used to listen to a lot, and it basically takes the same idea where like there there are no 
rules you just kind of have to like get by in life and you just have to do what you need to do to to get things moving so it's interesting that that uh that 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 story actually made me think of that and then we then we arrived at it so yeah Yeah, it's um i like it because it sort of highlights the like how ridiculous like social norms or like rules like we place on ourselves like oh no i can't run the why not who cares? There, I'm, I promise you, like, the police aren't going to roll up and be like, did you run the dishwasher twice? Right to jail. That's not going to happen. Just, who cares? <laughs> did Go you put the Ukrainian jail. flag in the garage? Fucking prison. <laughs> put a Ukrainian flag in the garage? We don't allow that here. That's against the rules. So, yeah, um, don't... Don't sweat, uh, the, don't sweat the, uh, the oppressive nature of social interaction. <laughs> yeah, I, I think of it like this, right? And I might be weird, I don't know, for thinking. This way. You tell me, you might be. When it comes to stuff like that, like, I think, like, when I'm 80 or 90 or whatever. That's a lot of assumption. I, yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm on my deathbed, and I'm, like, thinking across my whole life. Am I going to think, like, and, and be proud of, of the time I spent, like, worrying what other people thought? Like, like am I going to say, you know, that all that time I spent worrying what, what this person thought of me i'm glad i'm glad i spent that 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 time no that's not gonna happen so uh, why i care about it now who cares there's eight billion people on the planet do you worry what what the remaining eight billion people think no and who cares like cares what this person thinks when you go to that job interview you absolutely have to be what people think absolutely matters and when you work with certain people as as a co-worker and healthy healthy enough working relationship you absolutely have to you have to play with how that thinks. So you, everyone says you don't you have, have to worry about what they think, but you, you do have to worry about it at times. I'm going to yeah. tell you a secret. Psychological life hack. You can pick and choose whose opinion of you, like, that you assign value to. Like, you can pick who you want, what they think of you to matter. Oh. Like, Silver told like, me I'm special. So I, I've it. been accidentally doing it right this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Fox, you've been self. validated. <laughs> yeah. I have been validated right now. That's excellent. <laughs> like, obviously. I try to tell that to people. It's, it's a lot easier said than done is what I was getting at with sometimes we do yeah, have to okay. actually worry about. Because we do, as far as I'm concerned, in that regard, if you don't have to worry about people think about, you do live in their world. And just, I'm going to say this um, for those people who are listening and they're interested in sort of this, what we're talking about and psychology in general. And they have Netflix. There is an excellent Netflix. Explained? We explained. The mental health explained is very good. Yes, I used it in group therapy. So I was using. Um, That is very good. It's like the mind. It's called the mind explained. It is very good. Um, But Brene, Brene Brown. uh, It's B-R-E-N-E Brown. She is a social worker, I think. She has a doctorate in social work. But she goes <clears throat> over this topic of like, and it's sort of like, it's sort of like a comedy thing, but there's also like a lot of great psychological insight in it. And I used also that for group therapy where she talks about like, you you pick and choose like the people that you um, allow their opinion of you to like matter. Um, like obviously loved ones, like I care what my wife thinks, but like someone rolls random comes up, Hey, you're an asshole. Cool. I guess I'm an asshole. 
Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Um, when I used to teach people how to teach and how to give like uh, presentations and things like that in front of like groups of people, there were a lot of people with a lot of anxiety over talking to like a group of people like that. And they actually used to come up to me and be like, well, how, how can you just get up there and do that? Because I don't know how to learn that sort of thing. And I just put it really simple to them. I just said they don't matter at all. Yeah, true. Like, no one, no one you're talking to matters. Yeah. And that's and and the, like I remember one of them is like he came back to me like after one of his first like on his own sessions where he had to do some training and he was like, dude, that shit blew my mind because that 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 completely worked. I just stopped caring about them. Yeah. Just prioritizing what matters the most, and that's yeah. that's the most important tool. And this also what we're talking segues into um introspection. Well, I was gonna say that people can only affect you with your consent. Oh, I figured the introspection yeah. was the last part of that. And that's a really important one too, because like when people are like always getting all up in arms and yells and stuff like that, I'm like, why do these people care? Now <laughs> I say like people can only affect you with, with your consent. <laughs> that's not to say like, if you're like, like being like abused to sit there and just endure the abuse, like, someone's going to punch you in the face like over and over you can't just be like well this doesn't bother me and then let them keep punching you in the face no it's more like don't invest your energy into people that like or to things that don't matter like so if someone's basically, like basically if there's trolling and yells where the other day i even saw people yelling x person is a blank 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 they blank to me this person's horrible there's just trolling and yells and, and arguing basically mm -hmm. if because I've even lately had people who have been trolling or bothering me, and it's like, usually I just don't care, I'm like, whatever, this person's just being a, a complete jack wagon in front of me, uh, a stunad, and I just kind of ignore it. But lately I've just been blacklisting, using uh, the fuck-off Lua and stuff, and it's been, for me... Uh, it's just, you, you don't think it really matters, but when you just kind of don't have to deal with it anymore, you're like, just not seeing it is what I mean by dealing with it. It's not like, like, oh no, this person's being stupid in front of me. No, it's just like, when it's not in front of you, out of sight, out of mind, and just yeah. not dealing with the, this, there's a lot of fucking tools in this game, frankly. And it's a lovely game, I love it, but there are a lot of fucking tools, just like in life. And just having those people blacklisted that emote me or bother me, and I even, for the longest time now, I've had like, just check notices off. You can do that in the filters of the game. Just turn check notices off. Who cares if they check you? Because when they check you, it kind of, like, changes the tone. Like, I want to check people to see what's going on, but I don't want them to be, like, all, like, uh-oh, Spicy Ryan's checking me, or just anyone's checking you. Yeah. You know? uh, for the longest time at 75 cap, checking people was, like, oh, the chat people think that's rude. And it's like, Listen, I, can, I can see how that happens, just but... Do it. Yeah. I'm just gonna say, when you checked my Dragoon, it was dramatic <laughs> yeah it, it's, i always sort of like what the fuck it's not a big deal get the fuck over it but at it's the same the time as a result of something at the yeah. same time just yeah when everyone dies and everyone checks you at once that's that's the <laughs> i checked to see their dt gear was on i just wanted to see what you were doing when you died so i can correct the situation if possible same reason for fox checking i bet but but just just getting like oh, I never check people. just not because before i i had a stance for a long time about, i'm not gonna blacklist people i'm better than that i don't need to do that and just it's not about being better than that. It's not about going down to admitting defeat or anything like that because you're incredibly stubborn to an unhealthy degree sometimes. That's, that's the trap, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Think, 
it's just it's just admitting that it's it's not worth your attention just even noticing it because just to notice it takes something away from you out of your day just like oh i just spend even the smallest amount of effort on this it's not not worth that so you just you just remove it and you end up when it's no longer there and you you turn back and eventually realize the difference because you you don't have nothing to compare it to until you eventually if you do realize the difference uh you just it's it's actually much a happier kind of state of well-being think of that statement though that you just made I don't what? want to blacklist them. I'm better than that. Well, just not even just not better than that. It's just like, well, I guess well, you no, could, that, no. that makes it, I'll just, yeah, that's the easiest way to put it. Yes, that's, that's, that, that is a way of thinking that I engaged okay. in, correct? What is a different way of saying that? Uh, I'm better than I you. Don't want, I don't want to subject myself um, to daily, like, aggravation. Oh, I thought you were constructing. I'm better than that. I thought you were deconstructing the way that comes off. Well, no, but like. You're essentially saying like, I don't want to, or I want to subject myself to daily aggravation and abuse. I'm better than that. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter how strong you are. It just a matter it doesn't of, make sense. It, like, yeah. Saying I want to subject myself to something because I'm, I'm tough enough for it. It doesn't, that that's a stressor you don't need and it doesn't yeah. prove anything. It just degrades you. Yeah. But as you were saying, you know, it, it does change offline. If, if, you know, if you're Obviously, suffering abuse, yeah. then there's, there's, you can't fix people. So if you're being abused, you can't just hope it stops. You know, yeah. online there's relatively little you can be done to. Certain things are gemmable on this game, but offline yeah. th that doesn't necessarily hold the truth. So don't apply this as a blanket statement. Yeah, obviously. Um, like if you if you're in an abusive situation, like don't just sit there and endure it. Um, like, so you got resources to help you with that. This is more like. Don't expend energy into things that ultimately do not matter. Like worrying about what your neighbor thinks of you. Does that really Elevate it again. matter? <laughs> no. Worrying what Tracy from work thinks of you. Does that matter? No, it's, it's a no. level of anxiety that's unconstructive to you. Yeah. I like my one neighbor and I have several neighbors. I don't even, I've never barely seen them. I don't know their faces and I couldn't care less about if they like me or who called on me for whatever I do to report me to the HOIF. Fuck them. They're, they're assholes. Fuck them. They don't matter. But the one that I do like, it's like, good. If I focus on the person I like there and don't worry yeah. for a second if, if someone's going to do X, Y, or Z and just deal with it if it happens or try not to put myself in a situation. But if it happens, it happens. Who cares? Don't worry about it. And just focusing on that one, like, I like this person and you don't focus on like, you know, like paying attention to everything else. That's a much better way of 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 keeping a mental health there yeah and sort of like don't worry about the things um that you can't control yeah like if you get on a plane you're like oh what if the what what if this plane crashes can you do anything to prevent that no don't worry about Maybe it bruce willis it it happens or it doesn't <laughs> yeah yeah, it's absolutely true. Like, I, I tend to not sweat things because of that. And you completely abstain. Like, well, from I, can't, I can't interact with it. So you completely abstain, though, Fox, from the drama and the yells and stuff. Because a lot of the mental health people think about in this game is is the yelling, the trolling. We talk about the trolling, but and, the, the and drama I look at it too. I don't. I don't blacklist people because of like yells and drama. I just look at it and I go, "That's unfortunate." And I move on. And I stop looking at it on my screen. I just I, picture I, you standing there, care. like like eating a banana or something, like. Oh, that fucking sucks and like tossing them over your shoulder and I'm going on with your yeah. life because the shit doesn't matter because <laughs> of course you just eat bananas regularly and if we I can, wish I did <laughs> people that like it's potassium fox people yeah, that argue and yell and shout or, or like they, I don't know they call you out what do they want a they reaction want a reaction 
Yeah, that's, I've been called the, out and yelled, and I don't even bother. That's the consent thing. Yeah. So if you don't give them that reaction, do you think that behavior is going to continue if it goes unreinforced? Only Probably to a certain not. extent. I have a feeling I'm going to be validated again. <laughs> Fox, you have been completely I have, galvanized. I have, I, have, I, have, I have directly said this on other episodes. Like, I don't give them the time of day, and that makes them just fade away into nothingness. Like, yeah. they, they go away. I've become more selective yeah. in who I'll, who I'll give the time of day now, and I, I don't. Like, with the, <laughs> with the RMT thread I made, I knew I was going into that. I was going to have to not respond to the absolute torrent of bullshit that was going to wash over me for trying to create a social pressure to counteract a negative, which is just one aspect of counteracting. Because before we talk about people actually working with each other to, to counteract the need for mercs and to a certain extent, which is another part of it, but the social pressure of this is not okay to engage in it, kind of countering the feedback loop. I knew with that thread, I was going to have to deal with absolute, just, just, you know, killing Ifrit levels if you could, if you get killing Ifrit and revive it from the ground and and yell "Arise, chicken!" over and over again, this thread would have materialized on BG here, and that's what it is for the moment. It's going to eventually calm down and, and be more of a building of a list. Well, there'll be continual stuff, but I knew I was going to ignore that and ignoring the stuff and instead of responding back and firing back and trying to uh, overpower in a meaningless conversation. Uh, it's been ignoring that and just going on with life has been a great way of dealing and handling with something that's not a, a, you know, a happy thread to be in, but, you know, helps, as I say, create that, that social pressure against a, a loop that's occurring. But, yeah. I, but I guess, since we've all paused for a second there, that we can round out the whole uh, yells and everything with uh, the thing that people will think of the most, and that's like the disturbing yells, which I put here, this requires context, but even then it's... Uh, far too much speculation and that maybe you silver can speak a word in general of the the disturbing yells you get like the uh the one week guy that was threatening to kill okay. me several times yes i can do that hold on <clears throat> so spicy sort of um was like hey these people that yell nonsense like do they have you know schizophrenia or whatever <laughs> Well, I was like, I look at the one guy who was like, I'm in the IRA. I've hired hitmen. I know all about you. Like, obviously it's lying, but the way that around it was like, like, it didn't seem like he was making up to scare. Like, no one's scared of like, I'm in the IRA. I live in fucking America. No one, no one cares about the IRA here besides people in fucking Boston sending them money. Otherwise, you know, it was like, oh yeah, like, well, are you in Al Qaeda next? Oh, big <laughs> deal. You know, like, oh, I'm so scared. But like, they, to me, it seemed like they were saying it because they actually believed that narrative in their head. They're like, yeah, I'm really in the IRA. I know all about Lockerbie. You know, the 80s. <laughs> But yeah. like, I go, what is this? Is this like fucking schizophrenia? What is this? I don't know, Silver. So I think the best way of illustrating um, sort of like what we're trying to say with this is um, to read something, even though it's lengthy. All right. Yeah, okay. You got the four. <clears throat> we, we only have time. Yeah. So here's the diagnostic criteria for schizophrenia. Oh, boy. I wouldn't. Okay. Two or more of the following, each present for a significant portion of time during a one-month one period or less if successfully treated. At least one of these must be delusions, hallucinations, or disorganized speech. It was very disorganized speech. So, delusions, hallucinations, disorganized speech, grossly disorganized or catatonic behavior, negative symptoms, i.e. diminished emotional expression or abolition. 
Continuous signs of the disturbance persist for at least six months. The six-month period must include at least one month of symptoms or less if successfully treated that meet the above criteria, i.e. active phase symptoms, and may include periods of prodromal or residual symptoms. During these prodromal or residual periods, the signs of disturbance may be, manifest, be, may be manifested um, or may be manifested only, that's a mistype, only <laughs> negative symptoms or by two or more symptoms listed above. The wiki's present. wrong. Yeah, in an attenuated form for a significant portion of time since the onset of the disturbance level of functioning in one or more major areas such as work, interpersonal relations, or self-care is markedly below the level achieved prior to the onset. When the onset is in childhood or adolescence, there's a failure to achieve expected level of interpersonal, academic, or occupational functioning. Schizoaffective disorder and depressive or bipolar disorder with psychotic features have been ruled out. The disturbance is not attributable to the physiological effects of a substance, e.g. a drug of abuse, a medication, or another medical condition. There is a history of autism spectrum disorder, a communication disorder of childhood onset. The additional diagnosis of of schizophrenia is made only if prominent delusions or hallucinations, in addition to the other required symptoms of schizophrenia, are also present for at least one month or less if successfully treated. Is that all? Yeah. Well, there's more, but... I think that illustrates it. So we know that it's a very wide ranging way of trying to narrow down a broad symptom of illness into something is what I think you were getting at. Well, what I'm getting at is if you see like, even like this is, we're of course talking about an 11 and yell and stuff, but even in like in real life, you see someone acting crazy in McDonald's and you're like, a dude has schizophrenia. Well, I don't assume that, do they, but yeah. But do they meet that criteria? Are you qualified to make that that assessment? I am not if, qualified to make any assessment if, of these people. If, but if no, then maybe they're just decided they that one dude wanted to log on and bare naked ladies act weird and <laughs> talk about one week. I don't know. Who yeah, knows? but it was on a, yeah. a pattern of other stuff a tour, like, along with that. So I was just, I'm like, you know, you just kind of shoot something out. You're like, you have no idea. It's like, this guy is not meeting anything else. Like, he's not, it's not like, he's not, he's not, I mean, he could be on a substance, but I mean, I don't think it's substance. It's not this or that. It's just like, he's not, he's not in some sort of weird, like when people try to troll you and bother you with like, I'm trying to act unhinged kind of stuff, they act a certain way. This is like, this is like yeah. off the fucking rails. Not even, you couldn't try to be this way unless you were this way kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay. He could just be weird in real life. Like That's he, like I, he truly felt like he believed there were hitmen he had hired who had found me to come get me. He's like, the hitmen are coming one week. It's like, why? So, I, I said, why would they need one week to come? They would just come. Here's the problem I have with this current narrative is that, how can something you received via text like have a feel to it? Oh, for the me? vibe, the vibes were off. The vibe, yeah. Were so off. I mean, the, the the vibes were off, sure, yeah, or or whatever. Like that, that that's how you're taking it. That's not necessarily. Yeah, it's my. Uh, there is perception bias. I mean, and also clearly, yeah, like, like clearly, there there's there's an issue with what that person's saying, and it's up to you as to whether or not you need to like be defensive about it. You know, whether it's a, it's it's an actual risk to you, which obviously in an online game, it's probably not. But yes. like as, as far as like how something feels or like that the feel you get on something you like you you can get very very little out of text as it arrives on on your computer. Yeah, like so, there's no. That's mostly what you're putting on it. You can't 
there's no like facial expressions there's no it was like that it was like that want to see good guy want to see bad guy thing you fill in the gaps to to make up your mind about something and so like i'm not saying that that dude wasn't like weird because he probably i don't know i think i think the bar for weird was met yeah but weird is not a diagnosable condition (laughs) lucky me so i'm not saying spicy was like trying to insinuate that like that do you need a diagnose? So no, uh, no, no. Like, there's, there is there is might. no diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no diagnosis going on any of this for anyone at any time. Yeah, I think he was just saying like, "Hey, this guy's acting kind when of." You, when you like, see a nuts. lot of stuff in think? yells, yeah. when you see a lot of stuff in yells, and that's the one where you go, "Yeah, this guy above all those other yells was fucking certifiable." Yeah. You know, it's the I've seen a lot of yells and received a lot of nonsense, and like that was the one that stuck out to me after all these years. I'm like, this guy, the one weak guy. <laughs> The one week, uh, bare naked ladies. <laughs> uh, that's going to get me for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I think, what people think of. And there's, you know, that that's just one example among the torrent of, I mean, you could take something more plain and easy to explain, like, guy stole my riddle, going to yell guy is thief till I get tired of yelling it. Like, you could explain that more. But, like, all these random things people think of, like, yo, a Surah yells be fucking like that, yo. You, you you can't really explain all of these things in a way that when people think really when people think mental illness they just kind of go yeah surreals and <laughs> to an extent there is something there but to a larger extent not only do you not need to worry about it or pay attention to it at all you can just if the, if the person's habitually like that you just kind of make a blacklist note or a, mark them down as a fuck off Lua guy and you just don't receive anything from them anymore and you just don't have to worry about it I might be biased. Actually, now that I think about it, um, I think we all are just because like, not that I know everything there is to know in psychology, but I have my bachelor's. I worked in in the field and I still work in the field and I've come to learn everyone is weird. Like humans in, in general are weird. Like just like I try just, to differentiate between eccentric and weird, but that's just kind of being pedantic. Yeah, just. Just think of a human like we're like like we're this hairless ape that like achieved self like consciousness and, and uh, like just OK. Do you know how we hunted when we were hunter gatherers? Like cause um, we're, we're not like we're not like physically like it like we're no, we don't have like massive like claws or teeth to like take down prey like we can't really run super fast like cheetahs can run like 60 miles per hour like so we're kind of just like eh like we're kind of just average so how can like this unassuming hairless ape like take down um like these predators like like uh or woolly mammoths and shit like how do you think we did that pay to merc no pursuit predation do you know what oh. that is oh because it's terrifying right it's just where you, you wear them out. Yeah, just imagine. I was going to say, is this like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? No, oh, just yeah, this is fucked up. I know what this is, I think. Just imagine you're a woolly mammoth. You're chilling. You're crunching some grass, having a good time. Am I in a bad Pixar movie? I mean, maybe. You look around. You might be in a minute. <laughs> yeah. You look around and you see this hairless ape walking. <laughs> am am I Ray Romano? Yeah. You see this hairless ape walking towards you, and you're like, "What the heck?" And you so you take off running. You run a little bit. You look; he's not there anymore. I'm safe. I'm gonna eat grass. You look up; he's there again. Oh God! You take off running. Okay, 
I'm safe. So you become a stalker till the person's tired hey. enough to kill with like a pointy you, rock. Eat, hold on. And then you eat and you look up. And you, guess what? He's there. You take off running again. You're like, oh my God, I'm safe. And you do that over and over and over and over until you collapse from exhaustion and the hairless ape walks up to you and stabs you in the neck. Is that where they created the idea for the movie Megan with? I don't know. Maybe, but that's how we hunted when we were hunting gatherers. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, and uh, you basically outlast the target. <laughs> yeah, like humans are weird. Like, so I, just in general, so like people are like this one guy, just this one specific guy. He's weird. It's like no, it, we're 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 super weird. Like, if you just think about humans, it's like I don't know. I. I could go into like it's like that episode of SpongeBob where Squidward tells him that he'll take care of something after he finishes these errands, and SpongeBob pops up everywhere. Did you finish with those errands? Did you finish with those errands? Did you finish with those errands? And like he pops yes. up randomly while he's trying to sleep. You finish with those errands until he dies from or collapses from exhaustion, and then SpongeBob stabs him in the neck when he rocks. Yeah, I must have missed that episode. That was my favorite when he stabs him in the neck. That, that was... sounds excellent. <laughs> yeah, just imagine stabbing Ray Ramon in the neck. Justice. Wow. <laughs> That's a joke. Okay, then. That's a joke. Come on. Uh, I, I'm just hold on. I have to mention this, even though it, it doesn't have to do with anything. But the yeah, pursuit predation. You know, I said more serious, but I think we failed. It reminded me of this. It's I, my favorite thing. Actually. It's my favorite thing on the internet. <laughs> it is called. It's like I don't even know how to explain. It. It's like a collection of like fictional like short stories that arrived from like writing prompts but it like it has its own like meta and like storyline <clears throat> it is called humans are space orcs excuse me and uh, humans are space orcs no i or, heard you but and or earth is space australia oh, no. and it is my favorite thing in the world the reason i like it space australia yeah <laughs> If you think of science fiction movies, <clears throat> like that, you can't. Yeah, if you think of science fiction or movies or books, it's <laughs> like independent states. It's always this this hyper oh. um, advanced alien species comes and 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 almost destroys us. It's like what if and like the humans like we're not we're not like hyper intelligent like the other aliens. We're not like this. Like humans are just kind of average. But like what if what if made what if separate like what if the thing that separated humans from like if you know aliens if they invaded was our ability to just like survive and so like there's a whole short story of like humans like catalog, or not humans uh, aliens coming to catalog humans and like our culture and it's like a discussion with uh an alien it's like <laughs> yeah so um like the pepper plant developed the, this chemical capsaicin to ward off um, animals from eating it. And then humans are like, give me that shit. That's the jalapeno. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or um, that's what makes me, me spicy. Yeah. The tobacco plant developed nicotine to ward off. Uh, it's, it is an, it's an insecticide. And then humans are like, let me light this on fire and inhale it. <laughs> and like try explaining that to an alien. And like, then the Italians found basil like, and it was never the same. Yeah. Or just, it's like, one story is aliens like, so when did you develop sufficient drone technology to um, explore your, your polar regions? It's like, what are you talking about? Well, you explored, you know, your, the North and South Pole. 
it's very cold there that you, you can't survive. So when when did you explore it with drones? <clears throat> the humans like, oh no, we didn't. We sent people. And the aliens like, well, they surely must have died, right? And it's like, yeah. So what'd you do then? Well, we sent more people. We sent more people. <laughs> it's like, but they also died, right? And it's like, yeah. So so what'd you do then? Yeah, we sent more people until they stopped dying. <laughs> How'd you like, build that great wall? Just wait until you hear about this, this mountain Everest. It's, it's going to be crazy. How'd you build yeah, that great wall again? And, and the alien's like, what the fuck? Like, why? <laughs> it's my favorite thing. So it, it, just it's look it up. Tell just me more Google about like, these pyramids. <laughs> yeah. So oh, so dude. you said basically that Space Australia? what Earth? Is space Australia and or humans are space orcs? Just Google it, read it. It's amazing. It's my so favorite thing. Is that when like the guy comes down in the in the UFO to Australia and gets out with the crocodile teeth in his hat and and looks at uh, like SpongeBob and says, "That's not a knife." And then he he grabs him and says, "Shayla's got a a dick or something." And then and that's when the SpongeBob stabs him in the neck. Is that, is that no. basically the way I'm understanding the story of, of space Australia? So the Earth, or no, uh, yeah, Earth is space. Australia is like if the reason aliens haven't like visited us is they they fly by the Earth and they do like atmospheric tests and they're like this is a fucking death world. There's active tectonics. There's active volcanism. Like what? No one lives here and they fly by and then one alien lands and it's like humans are here and it's like what the fuck? This is a death world. How are you How alive? Are you not dead? Yeah. yeah. And like it's the humans funny. were just chilling, like surviving. Like, and then the alien comes yeah. back. He goes, "They had this place called Fiji, and it's a little square bottle." Yeah. <laughs> so, and the the meme is like all the alien worlds are like these perfect, like like uh, Mediter- Mediterranean like climate like worlds with no no like flooding, no volcanism, no tectonic. Uh, activity like no seasons it's 70 degrees all the time and then they come to the earth and it's like they land in the north pole and it's like negative 60 and they're like yeah no one fucking lives here let's bounce (laughs) so i think the last section we will do to complete this episode i think we will ditch the leadership style section because it's not i'm looking at it now i'm like yeah we can ditch this the last section that would remain then unless you guys disagree we can always do it but I think the last section here that really matters in terms of how we outline this on the <gasps> outline would be the gaming addiction and substance abuse okay. kind of section to tie it all off with your, your expertise here. Cause we we've gone, uh, hold on. Uh, Oh no, we missed the one section before attention seeking that ties into the yells. Oh yeah. Well, we kind of, well, got- yeah, well, that that goes down to uh, well, this is this is the myth of pretending to be a guy or pretending to be a girl flirting with you for drops and and sexting that that the, <laughs> those infamous stories. I've even seen this in game. It's happened to get people have been all like the link show drama back at seventy five. Oh, did you know it's really a guy? And you're like, oh, you know that kind of that kind of help. My characters knew, even though I'm a mule that you guys all know. Please all help me. Kind of stuff that we've also encountered. Because. From- yeah, no, I just assume everybody's a dude. As Carrot goes, oh god. <laughs> yes, I'm a new character. Would anyone help me? And it's like the person that you've all played with, and why is this person pretending to be new and making everyone help them? Kind of that was annoying and frustrating. Fox, we know that person, but uh, but the whole 
pretending to be a girl flirting and, and stuff or f- we've seen people fake diseases i've seen people fake deaths on this game over the years it's been it's been a long time it's been over a decade There's people fake deaths and disease and that comes up to silver you said there is a uh, munchausen's and uh hypochondria yeah so that's tricky um, it is it's very broad too very context driven so it's hard to surmise that like it was with there, the L's. there is a Mental disorder, Munchausen syndrome. And it is where you, I don't even want to say the word fake because I'll just say where you fake (laughs) health problems in an attempt to, to like get attention to doctors and medical staff. But like the reason I said, I didn't want to say the word fake is because like fake implies there's conscious. It's intentional deception versus subconscious deception. Yeah. And so there is, there is, or there are cases where it is conscious, but the vast majority of, and it's incredibly, incredibly rare. Um, there's a Netflix thing about someone that had it. I forgot what it's called. Anyway, the vast majority is like unconscious and that hypochondriasis um, is the same. Like people like, oh, you, hypochondriacs, they just lie. And it's like, lie implies they are consciously aware of it. Where it's more like they, it's unconscious. And they genuinely believe that they have a medical problem when they don't at all. And so, like, it's it's kind of weird. Humans be crazy, yo. Like, it, it could be conscious or it could be unconscious. But, like, the majority of it is, like, with Munchausen's. And then there's also Munchausen syndrome by proxy. And then it seems to be, even though it's incredibly rare, it's unconscious. Um, so I don't want to say, like, everyone that does like fakes this or it fakes diseases has this because again like they have to meet diagnostic criteria it has to interfere with life blah 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 right um but generally attention seeking is a prominent symptom in a sort of vast like different types of mental disorders and um you can think of it like this is I view it like this, right? Humans have, uh, and we'll get into this uh, with the addiction thing. Humans have like a checklist, a survival checklist of the things that they need. So like obviously food, water, oxygen, shelter. And then they need like social relationships and a community and friends and loved ones. Um, if you are like deficient in that, then in an attempt to like seek that out, it could come across as like attention seeking. And it's sort of like if people are, are lacking like a iron or if they're, they're iron deficient, sometimes they'll crave dirt like they're they want to eat dirt wow. because of it, it has iron content. So their body is like eat that consume that dirt so I can get this iron. But they're not consciously aware of it. All they know is it rained recently and the dirt smells good and they want to eat it. That's odd. Yeah. Usually, usually when it comes to being anemic, isn't that generally more common? towards women so i I haven't seen many chicks trying to eat dirt but but like with the i mean it could happen to anyone anyone could be anemic yes but i mean i think generally yeah it might disproportionately affect women i'm not entirely sure well yeah that might actually make sense because they kind of do be bleeding That's such a that's a thing I would say almost, but it's just no, so I much didn't better when you do it. Arrive here on this episode, <laughs> we're here. 
Okay. So, okay, mate, sir. <laughs> and it's not spicy this time, which is crazy. <laughs> I'm, these are physiological facts. I'm just. Oh, I get you, dude. It's funny. It, it's it's funny because usually I have to I have to yell at spicy for this. <laughs> we can't yell at him. He's the crisis counselor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you get? <laughs> who, who watches the Watchmen, Fox? This is I don't know. <laughs> who watches the Watchmen? Uh, oh man. Uh, <laughs> To be bleeding. So yes, at any rate, continue. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that could, it like, explain some of the. I mean, there's obviously like malicious attention seeking. Um, but even then, I would argue manipulation. Like, they're lacking that in some aspect of their life, and they're trying to like. It, I mean, because it is a human need. Um. So they're trying to maybe solicit that, maybe not in the best way, and then like said manipulation. Um, but <laughs> the alternative is also kind of weird, like socially, like where you're just gonna walk up to someone and be like, uh, "I do not have enough attention. Please give me attention." Like that'd be kind of weird. So I don't know. That might work. It <laughs> might. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think it was. Uh... Along those lines of, you know, everybody wants to be loved and accepted. I think there was the great quote from, uh, who was it, uh, Liberace or, uh, you know, Thomas Edison, I think, uh, once said, uh, do not pity the dead, Harry, pity the living, and above all, those who live without love. I think, yeah. I think that was Thomas Edison said that one. Maybe. But that, yeah, that is accurate. Harry. Are you good? Yeah, I'm just I'm just being dumb. Okay, so it has to be fun, right? Yeah. yeah the serious tone is in, in there it's at the start. That's we we accomplished that before I <laughs> before we be bleeding. Uh, <laughs> so one episode could go by where I'm not disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Well, Fox, if anything, we can make you feel nice and safe like mommy's kisses. <laughs> Uh, yeah, That's maybe cool. even maybe if you're lucky, daddy's love. So <laughs> I guess when it comes to attention seeking, if we rounded it out, it comes down to, um, you know, that it's very broad and everything. Uh, but sometimes people feel an obligation to help or fix this sort of peep sort of person uh, that yeah. has a, not just purely attention seeking, but in general, uh, when it comes down to that, uh, whether it's any of the disturbing yells, trolling, any of the any of the shall we say, troubling behavior that you see that, that could be uh, to that extent of uh, being problematic in one, someone's life. Uh, a lot of people want to just be like, oh, I really want to help this person because I feel X, Y, or Z, or uh, I, can, I can fix them because that's just a weird statement in general. That's a conceited statement if I've heard one, but uh, that, address that because you, you have a bone to pick with that, I think. Um, well, yeah. So one. Like, no, you can't. I'm just, no, you cannot fix anyone. And then also, like, what if you change some... it to from fix to change? Sorry to cut you off. What if you fix it from fix to change? Because a lot of people feel like they can provide a better influence and change how people think, and they can change them for the better based on your influence. Because fix is a little too. Yeah. Um. Change. 
Well, I feel if you're trying to change someone like intentionally, then there's probably something deeper and far more. Yeah, uh, yeah, that goes along I, with you, you can't kind of. I would say well, still you can't because like that's kind of ironic because I, <laughs> I worked as a therapist and that was literally my job. I figured that's but, why you have a bone to pick with it. <laughs> um, the thing is like, and I, I don't even like the word change, but okay. In the it? context of using change, uh, that's how not, you cannot don't think broadly. You cannot change people without their consent. One. So like, yeah, maybe them being in a having better role models might have a, a like a good influence. But if if it's like if it's done without their consent, like the, the, the argument in favor for it is like they will change through osmosis. No, they won't. Just stop. Like they're not going stop. They're not. Secondly, the assumption that this person is deficient in some aspect of their life and that you and only you can provide that to them and they will magically be cured as if they are ill or they as may not if think they only are... they can do it, but they may think that that no one is swooped in to help this person and they can be the one who happened to notice and help in the swoop. And not necessarily that only they can do it. Like it's not a forest fire. Yo, Emilio. <laughs> well, only you can prevent. Interestingly, interestingly enough, the fact that you brought up like Smokey the Bear, only you can prevent forest fires, led to more damaging forest fires. I, I, I think I heard that as well, actually. Yeah, because people were hyper vigilant about forest fires, right? And so when they saw it, they called Nama One or whoever, and they put out the forest fire. What happened was the the naturally occurring forest fires that we needed to keep the amount of fuel down didn't happen. Oh no, it so created when extra there, brush. When there was a forest fire, it was way more intense. That's a recurring theme in nature too. It's not limited to forest fires. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, because diseases, pe- viruses actually, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, uh, so COVID you needed to stop the spread to gain time to uh, get a handle on creating vaccines, understanding the virus better, things like that. But it eventually became too far where eventually it went from everyone must prevent from ever getting it to now that we're leaving the sort of we're still in the pandemic, technically, obviously. We but, always will be. It will yeah, become endemic. And when it's and well, endemic is different from pandemic, but that's the point. Um, I, I, I'm not saying like when I say we're in the pandemic, I'm not I don't mean like, oh, we're always in covid. I mean, literally, it's not become downgraded to an endemic. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I'm not using it in that. I'm using it. In, that way of it's it, not it'll, not been recategorized yet it's it's probably close but it's not it'll probably be like the flu but yeah but now we're seeing actually during this winter there was an uprise in people getting the, the flu and other things because we were yeah. so preventative in getting it that we overdid it we needed to buy time of course because it was originally before mutating everything much more deadly and everything and getting vaccinated for it is still important to do if you haven't gotten yeah. your bevelant booster but uh just and o- overdoing vaccine. it, like overdoing the preventing the, the forest from naturally burning because, oh, people live wherever they want, so they should never, ever, nature should stop existing as it does on its account and cleansing itself of fires because they happen to be there. It ends up creating this intervention that just kind of uh, gets off the rails and, you know, too much is too much. Um, so I have a quick story about the pandemic. Okay. Um, I was working at the crisis center and we had two clients. And what typically people stay seven to 10 days and then we work with them to figure out an aftercare plan. Like, do they want to go to like a, another facility like 
because the crisis center is just for like detoxification. And so like your detox is no longer in your system. Do you want to go to like a short or long-term like substance abuse place? And then like, we'll refer them and make sure they get in and everything. And so we did that, but both the clients were homeless and uh, COVID hit and everything closed except us. Cause like essential. Yeah. But also we weren't just going to kick them out after detox on the street while they're homeless and they probably relapse and overdose and die. So they stayed there. <laughs> they stayed at the crisis unit for like four months. And Whoa. so I worked through the whole pandemic, had to wear a mask, like had to provide therapy and talk all day in a mask. Um, but they like, obviously they weren't, the clients like weren't that happy, but um, that they had to stay there for four months because who would be, but it, like it ended up well, like at one point I just texted my boss. I was like, can I bring my Xbox to like, and he was like, yeah, sure. So what, like we just played Xbox <laughs> with the, with the, hit the couple people in the crisis center for four months. Yeah. Yeah. We just, Dude. I want that job for four months. I mean, yeah, my, it was awesome. My my time in the pandemic when it first started was absolutely fucking miserable. And also, I guess to clarify the whole too much is too much. I'm not suggesting no one in a indoor, very crowded setting not wear a mask anymore. But just like in in the smaller settings, especially outdoors, just don't. You know, I'm not saying don't do anything anymore because of the forest fire analogy. But but just it's like being reasonable. Yeah before I provide bad advice beyond what I usually provide. Don't worry, we already had our disclaimer. <laughs> it's not, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's you know, be reasonable about it. If it's a very big, crowded, if it's a concert, you, you should wear one. If it's, if you're just going to work and you work with, with like a few dozen people and you're not on top of each other, then you don't need to constantly, you know. So let me get this straight. You're telling me I need to wear a mask um, in when a hospital? I go to work. Yeah. When, I, when I go to work. Working from home? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, with, with the facility with people, not working online with people. I think you're saying I need to wear it when I work from home. Because, you know, the mental aspect of that, people did it for a couple of years, and now it becomes, I can't not do this now. It's bad yeah. to not do this, and it kind of becomes overdone. Yeah. Any, um, what were we talking about? We're I was virologists. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are not, and do not listen to anything we have to say. Yes. We are not. You know, I'd rather listen to the. I could just be. Me. I'd rather listen to the old guy that apparently had some sex appeal somehow for people during the pandemic, which is a weird mental phenomenon. That the, the guy from New York, the old short guy. Oh. Uh, I'd rather listen to him than than us. So do not listen. To yes. Me. I thought he retired. He just stepped down. Yeah, recently. Yeah. Good for him. At any rate, so you can't fix people. Da, 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 da. And I guess that will segue into the addiction part, the last part of this podcast. We can round off the whole thing here. Uh, that uh, is that is your area of specialization, gaming addiction, and as because that's going to be the relating to eleven here, yeah. and then other substance abuse. Because I have a part here where I ask you at the end where it's going to be like our previous conversation just now with uh, I don't know if that's real. So uh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, all addiction, including substance use, like, you know, uh, and, and like more behavioral addictions like gambling and uh, sex and video games, all of them, 
directly or indirectly have to do with dopamine. Now, what is dopamine? Dopamine is generally thought of as like the pleasure happy chemical. And it is. Um, but it is the uh, chemical associated with survival, specifically salience or importance for survival. So way the way to explain this is you're walking in the desert and you've been walking in a desert for like three days. You keep walking, walking, and you see a pedestal with a bowl of broccoli and a pedestal with a chocolate cake. Um, and when you eat the chocolate cake, it's going to release more dopamine because it's more important for survival. It's more important than the broccoli because it contains complex or simple and complex carbohydrates, contains fat, um, some protein, it's calorie dense, all the things needed for survival. So when you eat it, you'll be like, holy shit, this is, the, this is pretty good. As you're and, telling me this now, I really want broccoli. Yeah. And when I talked about the survival priority checklist in our brains that everyone has, um, when something pings the dopamine system, it like moves that up on the survival checklist. Especially if <clears throat> the dopamine surge is very uh, intense. And like short acting, which is what you see with like substances and like heroin, some to some extent, like alcohol and meth. Um, and meth. Yeah. So, like, the, the best way to like quantify this is like, okay, if you think of your dopamine system on a scale of zero to 100, right? The worst day ever is probably like 20, um, I think it's like 20 micrograms per deciliter of dopamine is released best day ever where you simultaneously win the lottery um you're on the uh, the beach in a tropical paradise and like you lose like you have like 18 percent body fat and you're jacked and you married carrot yeah the best day ever the eight um i think it's decigrams or no micrograms per deciliter okay so our brains are designed to operate from like 20 to 100 heroin 3,000 micrograms per deciliter. Meth, you know, I think it's like seven to 8,000. Alcohol is in the low 1,000s, high 100s. So that potent of a dopamine release, your brain is like, this is fucking necessary for survival. And continued use bumps it more and more and more on that survival checklist. I need more of and, this fruit beer. Until it's the only thing on the checklist. Um, and so they, they, they did this in a series of MRI studies, right? It took someone who hadn't, uh, drank anything for three days. They, they had like an IV of saline, so they didn't actually die, but they hadn't had anything to drink in their mouth physically for three days. And they put them in, in an MRI machine and it took pictures of their brains. Um, and they had like a glass of water or a pitcher of water on a pedestal and it's like, you know, it's condensation on the glass and they played sound of like a, a creek or a brook like running and they asked them to think about like uh, how delicious would that water be and they took a picture of the brain and the area of the brain associated with survival led up to the relative size of a, like a baseball and so they did the same thing with people who hadn't eaten food orally for like five days, of course, they got like vitamins and stuff, so they, you know, didn't die. 
put them in MRI machine. Well, they asked them what their favorite food was, and they cooked their favorite food, and they wafted the smell into the MRI machine, and they took a picture of their brain, and it was the area associated with survival lit up to the relative size of a softball. Um, and then they took someone or took people who had been clean from their drug of choice for six months, one year, and like two years, put them in the MRI machine, and they asked them two questions. To, or they asked them to tell them about the first time they used their drug of choice and the last time they used their drug of choice. And even after two years of being clean, the area of their brain associated with survival lit up to the relative size of a baseball field. Um, crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, you want, as, so water was a baseball. Yeah. Food after being starved for fucking almost a better part of a week. Mm-hmm. Not even having none of this Italian pastries and stuff that we picked up yesterday. Fucking delicious. Uh, that, that's, that's the size of a basketball, but you're telling me that their drug of choice after being clean for years is is a baseball field? Yep. That's... <laughs> Ooh. Next, so, next time I think so- about liking Eleven too much, I'm going to have to put that in perspective. As a society, you know, when there's natural disasters or hurricanes, and people are like looting stores to provide for their family. Like, it's technically illegal to do that. We're going to eat like, this TV tonight, Junior. Yeah, as a society. Well, I meant like looting stores for like food. Food, and, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but when people as, think looting, they think of like taking a yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. No. As a society, we're like, yeah, that's technically illegal, but like, you know, we'll allow it because like trying to provide for your family. Like, it's not great that you're looting, but like, it's all right. But when. Drug addicts steal from their families or loved ones or stores or whatever. We as a society is like, that's fucking wrong. Go to jail. Even though in their mind, it is the same as the person looting during or after or before a hurricane. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's survival. Arguably, the drug addicts looting is more justified in the brain than in, in the yes. Because we're only so human, so we can only put it within that context of if the brain is so dramatically, you know, we're not, I mean, if I said we're a slave to our brain, I guess that's kind of the truth. But I mean, there's only so much you can do against such a strong compulsion. I mean, you're not powerless, but I mean, at the same time, such a strong compulsion, I mean, of that degree of of differential between the two is, is... I mean, it's no excuse still, but at the same time, damn, it, it puts it in a much better perspective of understanding. Because, I mean, when you think of who's stigmatized the most, I know this is I mean, just going off into the wilderness here, but you think of who's stigmatized the most in terms of this sort of context, it's, it's oh, well, that, that lowly drug user is just this or that. And it's at the same time, I bet they would prefer not to be in a situation where they feel so strongly compelled that it becomes all-consuming in their life and they just become overwhelmed by... A situation that, you know, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And typically, like, so the common meme in society is people are just like, wake up one day and they're like, fucking, this is it. Today, this, I'm going to inject heroin into my vein today. And they're treated with indifference, you know? Yeah, but that's not, no one does that. It is, they were injured. They were overprescribed opioids. The opioid prescriptions dried up. They suffered agonizing withdrawals and so they self-medicated those withdrawals with heroin or they are suffering from mental illness and they're self-medicating the mental illness 
Um, but it gets even worse than that, right? Like uh, we talked about the dopamine system and its role in survival. There's also, I think it's the glutamate system that's implicated. And so if you can think of like the dopamine system as like bottom up, like your brain, like they do this because you need to survive. You can think of the glutamate system as top down, like sort of to exert control on the dopamine system, like telling it to shut off. Like, all right, dopamine system, you did your job. Glutamate says, calm down, like deactivate. We're good. It's sort of like a, um, a way like to like a safety. Yeah. Like a safety valve. Yeah. Um, that gets interrupted in addiction because the release of dopamine is so sudden that, uh, it just it just wrecks the glutamate system. The glutamate system um, also is sort of responsible for formation of memories. <clears throat> and when you form a memory, people are like I'm studying this history book for this test. That what you're studying isn't the only thing going into your brain. Everything around you is also being encoded into that memory. All of the sights, sounds, smells, visual, uh, like. Uh, uh, you're everything taking a total picture you. mentally of everything. Everything around you is encoded with that memory. It's the reason why you could be like 30 years old and you smell home-cooked apple pie and you are instantly transported to your grandma making apple pie. You, you didn't even know you had that memory still, but you smell that pie instantly transported. Whenever Fox tastes Taco Bell, he's instantly transported back to driving over the uh, basketball fields. <laughs> yeah that's same yeah so <clears throat> actually it's wood stove burning but yeah. the <laughs> wood stove what are you ben franklin <laughs> i guess up in the in the northwest there you would need to kind of use a wood stove due to the abundance of timber and just the position where you're at that makes a lot of sense so the yeah, glutamate to do with a lot of stuff but yeah go the glutamate system um its role in memories is you know it forms memories um and it's interrupted in addiction, and it forms hyper memories. Are you saying um, that when you're, let's say, having a night out with everyone drinking and you're having a good time, the things that you remember are more impressed upon you and a positive faction, a positive matter due to the, the dopamine and, and the way the glutamine system's interrupted? So if you're out having a good time, let's say, dancing in the club with everyone and you, you're having a good time, you, you tend to think of that disproportionately more positive than it actually was because it's a stronger impression upon you in your memory? It could be. I'm, I'm just be trying to put it together. Yeah, that might be interesting to see if there's research that supports that. Because um, when, when I go out with my German friends or whatever, and we go out to like, uh, like we were in Dusseldorf, the longest bar, and we went out like just drinking fucking everywhere, and we all, like all, all six of us all got fucking just completely for like seven hours, we got fucking hammered that night. It was great. And it was such a fucking awesome time. But maybe it was more awesome than it was because we were all <laughs> maybe. hyped up on booze till like two in the morning or whatever. Um, just having such a great time that we thought was greater than it really was. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, but I'm saying like, in specifically in the context of addiction, the, the hyper memory started formed is like all the, like when you're doing, using the drug, all of the, all of the, your surrounding environment is like hard encoded like into that memory and so like you're like man i'm using this drug too much i'm gonna i want to go get clean and you go and you get clean 
and you go back to the same environment you use the drug in, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to relapse you. Yep. Or you hang out with the people that you use drugs with. What's going to happen? It's going to relapse you due to the memory associated with them. Yeah. That's trippy. Um, and then, like, there's also triggers of, like, um, a lot of triggers were, like... This is like with trauma when uh, we talk about things that happen with that, like with uh, the Supreme Court nomination, or like, oh, she can't remember that, but then when she's put back in the same situation with the same guy, and it's like, well, how could you remember that? And it's like, it, it's like it just comes back yeah. to the person where, yeah. uh, you know, all the things that were not triggered before, it's just suddenly the trauma flows back into the person, and they're they're back in the moment again. Where, uh, where I work, like, with clients, a lot of triggers were, like, because we'd take them out to go smoke, like, the click of a Bic lighter, or, like, <sighs> boom, like, Make sure it was, smoke. yeah, yeah. It was like a huge trigger for him. Um, I'd imagine and, it's a lot easier though to resist that cigarette, and if you do, you get past it. Versus resisting the uh, heroin or something, that'd be a lot more difficult. Yeah, well, um, yeah, it's a different effect because, like, yeah. I I can resist cigarettes. Yeah, but, but I'm sure know, certain things trigger you, Fox, or cigarettes. Oh yeah, I mean, I still think about it all the time. Do you um coffee? Are you? Uh, yeah, oh, I've been after- for like three years. Obsessed. Yeah, but do you like think about it after you eat? Uh, yeah, or when I'm drinking a coffee, or, yeah. or like times I would normally. In there, you can like, think the glutamate. You can think the glutamate system. Yeah. Goddamn forest glutamate. Um, and so, uh, I lost my thought. Hold on. Um, I have that too, but since I've abstained from cigarettes and and hardcore drugs or anything like that. I don't have the problem with tobacco and stuff like that, but when I'm having coffee or something like that, when I when I pair one of those fine, delicious pastries with it, I'm like, oh, this is just fucking great. And I think about how I'm engaging in caffeine's a drug and the dopamine's being released in my brain with the delicious pastry of, of how that's more unnutritious and more enjoyable for me. And I think about when I'm having coffee, sometimes I'm like, oh, man, if I had a pastry right now. Yeah. So I keep it simple, um, but I mean, at the same time, I understand the same. It's not nearly as strong, I'm sure, but I'm like, I, I think about that. I'm like, oh, I can, I can put myself in that position. So I think part of what I, I didn't intentionally bring up to do that, but now that I'm, now that I have, I think I will segment that into if you can relate that to yourself in some way, uh, even if you've never smoked or never done heroin or, or opioids or anything like that, if you can relate that to yourself in terms of uh, when I smell this apple pie, I get like this feeling for, for anything you can relate in some sense, to the people that are often looked at as like, uh, you know, these people are sick with a problem. And I mean, they do. The addiction is an issue. It is. I'm not minimizing that. But uh, just trying to empathize more with that sort of person. Uh, just like this yeah. whole episode, if if you understand that we all have symptoms of these problems, it's just that the symptoms of certain people are more disproportionately more acute than uh, than your own to a, to a part where it impacts them. You can empathize a little more with the things people go through, hopefully. and I mean, not purely relate, but just, just, you know, being a little more understanding of how that is. And I mean, I think the way you explain all of these things too, Silver, being able to understand the process going on too. I've never been more interested in, in the fucking glutamate system in my life. <laughs> you know, we all, everyone knows dopamine. No one really talks about glutamate, but I've never been more interested in my life than in the, the topics you're actually talking about right now. Uh, but just being able to explain them helps me, I think... If you know what's going on, it's a lot easier to be patient or to uh, work your way through a situation instead of just being frustrated. Because it's easy to be frustrated and just be like, you know, I'm not playing with this person, whatever. But if you if you can reach a certain consensus 
uh, not to invoke the consensus meme, but oh, if, <laughs> if you can, uh, if you if you can reach a consensus, <laughs> shut up, Fox. If you can reach a consensus, then it's it, it's a lot more it's a lot easier to just kind of, as I said, get down and empathize. And I think that the understanding is the missing part there. So this whole episode has been been super super engaging too, but just trying to put myself a little bit more in those shoes of of you know, Fox and the cigarette or, or the, the dopamine relation talking about here with, with me and my, my Italian pastries, the, the lady fingers we got were good, but I've only started going to the, the fucking bakery recently. And so it's so goddamn good. I'm like, we should go a little more often, but I mean, it's, it's you know, just putting it in that kind of more relatable perspective, I think is the whole point of this episode too. And I think it's really good that it's, it's touched upon all of that. Yeah. And if <clears throat> uh, the people listening want like, <laughs> further information or like works cited like they're uh, going over everything i went over there's two excellent um like sort of movies uh written he was by this guy um can't think of his name but i see his face and if people are interested i can find it but he was a navy flight surgeon in like the 80s and 90s so he's he's a medical doctor and he got injured and had to have surgery and then was prescribed demerol which is a strong opioid he became addicted to it. And the Navy sent him to their substance use program, um, Fort Leavenworth. And for those that don't know, Fort Leavenworth is the military's um, maximum security prison. <laughs> and while he was there, he, as a medical doctor, wanted to understand like why this drug caused him to to do all this, to lie, and to, you know... Okay, so they didn't send him to prison, because I thought you were saying the response was they sent him to a maximum security prison. No, that's, <laughs> that's not... That left. Is, yeah, that is my... That's what they did. Oh, so he was addicted, so they sent him to prison. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, my, my life was justified then, because I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Um, addicted, go right to jail, do not pass go. Yeah. And so, while he was there, he read everything he could, like, uh, all, all the research and literature there was on addiction, and he... <clears throat> so he gives talks to like, and that's what the most of our lifetimes they just go go to jail. Yeah, yeah. So he gives talks on like updating on the neuroscience of addiction, and so he said like in the nineties, one person still it was possible within their lifetime to read everything there was on addiction, but like that would be impossible now just because of the explosion in our understanding of it. And in his talk, it's like a PowerPoint thing. He's like. Yeah, you know, I'm a former addict, and if I don't re- if I don't limit my intake of this substance, I will relapse. And he advances the slot, and it's a bag of sugar, because he knows, like, I mean, he's a bigger guy, but like, he knows, like, if he doesn't watch his intake of sugar, because it's still to a lesser extent, but it's still an artificially like acute and sharp increase of dopamine. Yeah, like caffeine his, too. His brain would be like, "Hey, remember that Demerol? Why don't you go do that?" And um, even like nicotine, like if someone gets clean from their drug of choice and stops smoking uh, at the same time, they're more likely to be sober from both seven years down the road than if they didn't, which is like contrary to the popular idea of like, well, only give up one thing at a time. It'll be too stressful to give up smoking, too. No, the research shows that if you were to give up both, that the probability that you remain sober from one or both of the substances like dramatically increase because it's sharp, acute, artificial 
releases of dopamine that could lead to um, relapsing on your drug of choice. Yeah, your brain's not like, yeah, that was pretty good, huh? Yeah. It, it's <laughs> like, uh, oh, yeah, well, we got rid of the Demerol, but we'll just smoke because that's less damaging. And it's like, but it's the whole triggering the the, mm-hmm. the reactions in the brain that, that bring you back because you're engaging in the one behavior and brings you back to the other behavior you're avoiding versus keeping you further away from it. And it's all like the, being triggered and like the memories of like her being triggered because something in your environment, you know, triggered you like that's it's all unconscious. You're not like, gee, I, I wish I could like, you know, be triggered in um, sort of like crave my drug of choice that I gave up. No, it's all unconscious. Like you walk by a tree that used to do drugs under. Guess what? Like instantly you're you're like i need it Hmm. so okay sorry finish well i was just gonna say like what you were saying like once you understand uh, even a little bit you're like oh shit like they're not at least i hope you you're you you would say like okay these aren't just like immature people that haven't grown up emotionally and they just want pleasure all the time like no this is a like legitimate disease that they are suffering from like yeah i can understand that I just tend not to ever look at it, really. Like, oh yeah, you know, because it's it's not really anywhere where I, I personally try to delve into or anything like that. Like, obviously, I've had a relatable experience, you know, since I smoked for thirteen yeah. years. But like, as far as going further than that, like, yeah, I can understand that that people can be addicted to something, but at the same time, like, I don't like go out looking for them or, or anything like that. To be like, hey, man, can you want some help with that? And I don't know. It's kind of like an outside, out of mind sort of thing, even though yeah, I'm technically among them. We well, we're, to an extent, I guess, but you're not really among them, among them, because we tend to the people who are most addicted to these substances are the ones who also end up losing their jobs, therefore losing their homes and everything they have, and then they end up being homeless, still addicted to the substance, mm-hmm. trying to get it wherever they can, and we end up, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a homeless encampment, we want to bulldoze it down. If they're under a bridge, we want to put spikes underneath it so no one can be there because it's unsightly to our community. Da da da. And these people just kind of become, you don't see them anymore. And you, you know, when you don't see them, they don't go away. So, uh, there's, well, I would say it's like a hot take, but the research kind of supports it. Um, so disclaimer warning, dropping hot take. Yeah. <laughs> it could be relatively hot depending, but, um, so Portugal. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> it's not you on the about- it's not on the outline. I just remember that I knew this and it yeah. came up in a conversation with you. Portugal had a pretty severe drug use problem, like you know the U.S. or pretty much anywhere has. And uh, I guess their president at the time was like, "Okay, this war on drugs thing that we're doing is not working." So he got a bunch of scientists and he, the scientists and medical doctors and professionals and experts. He's like, "Go um, and devise a new system because this one isn't working." And so they go away for like six months or a year and they come back and they're like, all right, we got, we got a plan. He's like, all right, tell me a plan. And they say decriminalize all drugs from cannabis to cocaine. Take, and this is important. You don't just decriminalize, but take all the money that you spent arresting people and prosecuting them and all this. Take all of that money, open treatment center, open, like give microloans for former addicts to start their own businesses, simulate the economy and the treatment centers are like, uh, 
I guess I don't even know what they would be called, but develop centers where people can go and use their drugs under the watch of medical professionals, where they can have their drugs tested, where they can get access to clean IV or clean needles, so that you're decreasing the transmission of diseases. If someone were to overdose, medical help is there immediately. There's a therapist or like a, a, a addiction specialist specialist there if they want to talk. And if they don't want to do that drug anymore, they can are immediately referred to get help. And then their drug is tested because... Because um, a lot of dirty cut sort of substances out there well, that they're engaging in. Yeah, like... They mix them with bullshit. Well, they mix them with bullshit and they also mix them with fentanyl or carfentanil. Well, fentanyl, yeah, but even before fentanyl, there's always bullshit. Yeah. They got you sick. Um, and so that has been like 20 or 25 years ago. Portugal, drug use decreased 90%. Uh, disease transmission associated with drug use, HIV, AIDS, hepatitis, decreased 90%. Drug overdoses decreased like 90%. Um, and all of these positive effects. And then if you go and you ask like the sort of boomers, like, do they prefer the old way of like locking people up? No, of course not. Or do they prefer fine. the new way? And all of every, almost everyone prefers the new way that Portugal did, um, because you know people may disagree with that because based on their like upbringing or their values or it's whatever. It's enabling it. Yeah, but they're going to use drugs anyway. Yeah, because they don't. They say it's enabling it because they're just looking at it the most simplistic of fashions. They don't understand yeah. how the brain's responding to this and how it's going to occur anyway. Even if you don't understand the brain, it's going to occur anyway. Like, do you? you know, they just they just think that like, oh, well, if we if we allow it, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, yeah the, the argument to the contrary is is making the false assumption that that saying no is simply working when it's not. Yeah, yeah. it's like people are going to do drugs anyway. Do you want them to shoot up with dirty water, like gutter water that piss and shit and mud and like animal shit in it? And do you want to release them into the wanna... wild without any sort of uh, outlet yeah. and just see what happens to the people randomly out there who live? Or do you want lives? if they're going to do it anyway? Do you want to provide a clean? and safe place to do it. And their their new drug use went down too, right? So not just oh, yeah. so it's not just enabling. Yeah. It's it's like you oh look them they're giving drugs to these people. They're allowing them to do be drug users, but at the same time because they opened the outlet to counseling and destigmatized it and everything else mm -hmm. because the 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 dangerousness of this this thing I'm just going to try once because it's like taboo that that goes away and everything, but all of that opening access to to care and to to get well instead of just throwing them in jail if they tell people they're addicted and need help because uh, they, they have a problem. Uh, you know, that that makes everything less... They're not enabling drug use. They're actually decentivizing drug use. Yeah, because, like, what is better to decentivize drug use than, like, millions and millions of people who suffered from drug use out on the streets clean and able to articulately describe and warn youth you against yeah. the drug use. Also. Um, hold on. I actually, I as an aside, I actually, I'm no longer a young teen, but when I was a teen and saw Portugal had done that and the data behind it, just as a fucking stupid teen, I was when I instantly became, because of that one little thing stumbling upon one day, I instantly became, I'm like, we should just legalize everything. This is not obviously working. It's ridiculous. Uh, even mm -hmm. as a more conservative lad. Uh, not a, a uh, left-leaning lad that I, I was very conservative then. 
I mean, I looked at that one thing on Portugal, and that's what made me for decriminalizing all drugs from being a teen until yeah. this day. I'm like, it's just simply if you just if you just like you can think whatever you want, but when you're presented something to the opposite in this game or anywhere in life, uh, and you see the data is overwhelmingly in the opposite of what you think, you you can't maintain that position wholeheartedly anymore without just being wrong. And it's so the the sort of idea behind as to why this thing Portugal worked is um so we used to believe like drugs just inherently had chemical hooks in them that if you used it once you're addicted crack an egg in the skillet this is your brain on drugs <laughs> crack Nan- an egg in the skillet oh yeah Nan- Nancy Reagan the uh, the throat goat no. on on TV saying just <laughs> say no um that's what we believe it's no Eleanor Roosevelt and so yeah we uh as a society, like more impressionable. Well, that, but it, we're learning. <clears throat> it's more the, um, not the drugs have chemical hooks, but like, like I, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. The like size of your cage, um, meaning like if, like if you're homeless and you're drug addicted and you're depressed and all this, blah blah blah. You could go to get help for your depression, and a doctor could give you. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. And that may help. Still going to be homeless. Not, still not going to have any friends. Still yeah. going to be addicted to drugs. In, in Finland, they stopped that problem by... Helping people get jobs and get by, friends. By and, renting to own and giving them a place to live and yeah. reintegrating them in society. And they became able to support themselves again and everything. And it stopped the homelessness because once they were taken out of the situation and given a place to be in a stable environment to then pull themselves back up, they could do that. So a lot of the people that go homeless on drugs and everything, which we had to eventually tie this back into game addiction to wrap this episode up. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, you know, once you, you know, it's like, oh, we shouldn't just give people homes. That's wrong. They should earn their home. But it, at the same time, it's better for everyone if people who have been put in a situation have a, an option to get out of there because no one wants to live in a, in a fucking motel or whatever for the rest of their lives. Yeah. They want to live in, a, in their own place. But if you give them the option to get out of there, it's not enabling them to encourage people to be homeless, I guess you could say, as the drug user. They're going to tell them to be homeless. But uh, it just gives them a pathway out. And when you have that, it becomes more able. So if you relate that to this game, if you provide a pathway for people to interact that's more understanding of... um, I mean, because this isn't just about people who have issues, um, mental illness or a lack of mental health uh, observation, stuff like that. It's just about providing social ways of people working together um, yeah. where if you understand that it's okay that you don't know something, you don't have to like try and compensate like not talking in a group and not listening or not responding. Like If you understand that if you create the avenues for proper communication, as we've always said in the show, then no matter what the situation is, as long as there's an understanding of what's going on, whether it's the content you're fighting, whatever, you can actually, you know, overcome anything in the game it's like as long as if there's no discussion or anything you go into any ambuscade you're gonna fucking fail but if if you actually stop for a second and uh gather the information and and, and think about it instead of just making whatever assumption you have and walking in with it about this is how the game is i have the best in slot i'm gonna do this just like in in life if this is how it is that's how it is if you do that you're against how it is this is it's it kind of, it, it goes against what i think therefore i don't want it same, I mean, same thing in the game. You have to be able to have the proper understanding. Arguably. To go past that. I would say arguably. Like, 
if you're going to play this game and you're going to come in and you're like, this is how I'm going to play. I'm not going to communicate. I'm not going to try to work with the people I'm playing with, blah, blah, blah. I'll just be the strongest. Just go play a single player game. Yeah. But they want it to be sometimes, which is always annoying. It's go play Skyrim offline. 11. The problem is that your friends don't care about the Xbox trophies. In this game, <laughs> you can stand around and they can see all yours. <laughs> Could you imagine a dating profile with, uh, you know, ranked highest in North America in, in Xbox trophies? And be like, oh, oh, you know, you were only average looking. But when I saw your Xbox trophies, I, I couldn't help myself. You had to be mine. Yeah. She knows how great I am. She saw my platinums. Oh, God. Hey. <laughs> Bitches get wet when they see my 100% listen, clears. Listen, my wife, she told me. This is accurate. She told she told me. This is accurate. Okay. <laughs> she was like, listen, so are you standing in Rulu Gardens? Oh, God. I saw that afterglow death penalty. <laughs> That's when I knew. But you're not That's R15. I, I am, though. Oh, now you are. Yeah, that's what I, I saw. That blue go, blue glow emanating from your chest, Hold just on. like my love for you Hold on, is let's, emanating let's from this. my chest. Uh, darling, honey, did you know I was right for you when you saw my Tizona glowed blue? Did you even have Afterglow? You're wearing a chivalrous chain. Really <laughs> he was actually, clearly evaluating it though. Actually roasted. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she said I didn't have shit like, before I met her. I started dating you before, before your Tizona glow. I was there before the success. <laughs> rags to riches, right? Uh, I was around when you were only just the troll. Now you're more than that. She just raises her eyebrows in a way only a woman can scorn you with. That dismissive sideways eyebrow eye glaze overlook. At any rate, so let's 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 finish off the whole addiction and everything. As amazing as that subject is, I'm sure. I mean, this has been perhaps one of my favorite episodes so far. It's just been fucking, we're learning things. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, like I said at the beginning, this is like a very, yeah, there's, we could, very surface level. Like, I could go, I love psychology. I could, like, nerd out about this forever. So it's like Fox and mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> Have um, I told you how the, differenti- the differential between magic attack bonus and magic defense bonus works in terms of the magic damage equation? Oh, let me tell you. Whispered in my ear. Uh, we'll bring some ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> you can get all the magic attack bonus you want, but let me show you what happens when you reduce that magic defense bonus. Oh. <laughs> it's, like, it's like taking it off. You may love your bolster, but let me show this in tier. Damn, girl, I ain't even paid you yet. <laughs> um, so, video game addiction and addiction. Damn, girl. Uh, basically, you can think of addiction like the air quotes hard addictions and even like soft addictions like gambling, video game addiction. Yo, weed ain't addictive. I ain't addicted to weed. No one gets addicted to weed. That's a lot. Yeah. Mm. You don't get physiologically addicted. Yeah, physically, it's it's not addictive, even though there might be temporary slight withdrawals. It's not like physically, it's like a heroin or something, which is how everyone yeah. just goes, it's not addictive, but it is addictive in terms of other ways. Yes. Um, you can think of addiction broadly as people that use substances um, to that level are missing something and or they're trying to self-medicate a problem. and they're trying they're they think 
or they were told or they believe for whatever reason that, you know, like they can, <laughs> they can self-medicate. I have an anecdote I can tell after this. They can self-medicate um, their problems. And then the continued use is when like with heroin and stuff and even alcohol to a certain extent, if you're a high responder to alcohol. And um, and just as an aside to make it relatable before you even continue, you can think about self-medicating. It's not just like uh, something bad happened to you, therefore you need to self-medicate. It could just be something as simple as you grew up in an abusive household, maybe your parents divorced, maybe your your parents were never there. Like You could think about it in many different ways, and like self-medication oh, could just... I was just God. saying, like people think of self-medication and think of like someone is just like uh, making up for all the things that happened to them, but it could be more relatable. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? I mean, sorry. No, 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 no. That's not. I just remembered. Uh, <laughs> you said you, you gave like this strong, like "Whoa, buddy!" Like, "Oh, no, 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 sorry." No. And I, that was bucked me. off the horse here because I just remembered the adverse childhood experiences study in epigenetics, which oh, oh, we okay. can get into. I mean, um, if you can make it quick, because this is going to be the longest episode. But if you can make it succinct, okay. I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try it. Fox is starving, IRL. Um, it's a good conversation, though, but at the same time, I, I do have that hierarchy of needs. <laughs> Come sure. on, Maslow. Need yeah. it for him. What was I going to say? Um, oh, so <laughs> the self-medicating and the reason why I was like, oh, I need to... Uh, like, when I was working... I thought I stepped in it for a second. At, no, no, no. When I was working at the crisis unit, I could... with. I would say reasonable success, probably like 70% tell if um, if someone met the diagnostic criteria, criteria for bipolar disorder based solely on what substances they use. Now, obviously, like I would just be like, oh, I think they, have, they might have bipolar. And then I did like the necessary, like, oh, I didn't really even diagnose people with bipolar. But like I would do an assessment to see if like they had... S- some symptoms about polar disorder. But the reason I could, with reasonable probability, kind of guess at that was people that use opioids and stimulants tended to have, or tended to have, yeah, symptoms of bipolar at a disproportionate um, rate. The reason is people think of bipolar's rapid emotionality, which it isn't. It is bipolar, bi referring to polar, referring to poles. You have a manic phase. And then it goes into a depressive phase. And then it goes into a manic phase and then a depressive phase. And then there's alexithymia in between, like, sort of feeling of numbness and an absence of emotionality and that, whatever. That's the first time I've ever heard that word pronounced properly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so when people were depressed or in their depressive phase, they would take, um, or no, yeah, when they're in their uh, bipolar phase, you would see, like, a lot of heroin use at that time. And then when they entered their depressive phase, you would see stimulant use. So when someone came in using both, I would like put up a flag in my brain, like, Oh shit, they might, they might have symptoms of bipolar disorder. Um, but getting into the adverse childhood experiences study in epigenetics, where spicy was talking about growing up in a, a divorced family or well i mean not not necessarily personally but i mean i'm just saying in terms of relating because like when people think of like other self-medicating it's like oh because they're depressed or they have bipolar disorder and they're, they're not like mm-hmm. self-medicating sounds like you're trying to treat something yourself oh i'm stressed therefore i drink but it yes. could also just simply be making up for you know trauma that you've lived with that's made you mm-hmm. uh you know 
end up a certain way in your your you know idiosyncrasies is the word i'm looking for yeah so the adverse childhood experiences study it was like 12 11 or 12 questions right um uh, did you grow up in a household with a parent or a family member with mental illness was a parent um like incarcerated or your parents divorced uh was there physical emotional abuse in in the household or was there neglect and it's a bunch of questions and you go and you mark you know the ones that apply to your situation and you get one point for each one and then they correlated that with health outcomes for your entire life and like this study has been replicated so many times it's like achieved predictive like levels of of uh like the strength of the research. So, for instance, I think if you have an adverse childhood experiences or ACE score of four or more, the probability that you will use IV intravenous drugs across your life goes up like, I think it's, I'm, might be incorrect, but it's like four, 6,000%. If you have an ACE score of six or more, the probability that you will attempt or, yeah, attempt suicide increases like 17,000%. This has been correlated with cardiovascular disease, rates of diabetes, cancer, like stroke, aneurysm, like actual physical health outcomes related to, you know. Well, you said before it changes your DNA when you're under these situations. Yeah, it changes your DNA. So yes, you are correct. Like people are, it's not just self-medicating depression or anxiety or bipolar disorder or whatever and using drugs. It could just be Growing up in a traumatic household, growing up not knowing if, well, I don't want to get into too much detail because it might be triggering for listeners, but I'll just say growing up in a traumatic household or uh, with a parent who was mentally ill or anything. So, yes. But the Adverse Childhood Experiences study, there's an excellent TED Talk on it, even though like TED Talks are kind of a meme. But like this one is like good, very, very good. And it is backed by like legitimate research, like the sh- the 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 it, the like validity of this research probably might be on par with uh, like the uh, placebo effect. And Fox, yeah, here comes mommy's kisses for you. Oh, are they going to make me feel comfortable? Yes, Silver. I have enjoyed this episode tremendously. Uh, I have two. <laughs> and I appreciate how much we're able to cover is probably the longest episode. Uh, there's very few that would rival, whether it be like the fucking mythic weapons or some nonsense, whatever thing that didn't need to be as we long just as let it was. Funk go too, way too long. <laughs> <laughs> we, we felt too bad and let Funk go on for too long, but there was no excuse. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. I could, I love psychology. You know, I could talk about it forever. So, no, this was, um, this was great. And, I'm I'm very happy with how we tie this into the game, and hopefully this is in. I mean, it was very wide ranging and a lot of topics and, mm-hmm. and everything. I knew it was going to be. I was kind of yeah. worried when I was writing this with you today for a while. I'm like, oh, we're going to have way too much. I think it depends how we go through it. And then I mm-hmm. it went on the if you had a range of this would be fine to this was going to go too long potentially. It, it definitely went towards the other way. I'm like, ah, oh, I knew it was going to happen. But now it's good because it was it was good, wholesome, generic, and it was hopefully helpful and informative to people on how to think more about mental health in this game, relating it to it, or just in general. And because you are people who you are does matter in terms of how your interactions are facilitated in this game accordingly. 
So trying to keep it in that context, of course, still. So it does matter who you are comes into this place, and that's that's the result that we have. So thank you for all of that, Silver. Is there anything sure. you want to plug? Or I mean, I don't usually ask people they want to plug something, but after all that, it seems like you would maybe be the kind of guy to ask that to. Um, well, well, first, I'd like to say thanks for having me. Like, I can talk about this forever. So if you ever want to talk to me about it again, just let me know. I'd be more than happy. It was a good experience. Um, and I'd just like to plug, like, uh, I'd like, not even plug, but I'd just like to end with, like, reminding listeners to try to, like, be empathetic to, you know, people with or without mental illness, with or without substance use um, disorders or addiction, and generally try to be more empathetic to everyone and try to, like, not stigmatize and not assume and not jump to those those conclusions as quickly um, and, you know, support mental health professionals locally, nationally. Um, you know, if you're interested in a career in psychology or mental health, it's super rewarding. I loved it. Um, or I love it. I loved working at the, the crisis center and then obligatory. Like if you are, you know, suffering from mental illness or substance use, um, or addiction, or you think you might be, this is not replacement medical advice. Talk to your doctor, talk to your primary care physician. If you're have active or passive suicidal ideation, call the suicide uh, hotline. It's excellent. Um, if you need help, there's like mental health hotlines. If there's just want to talk to people, there's hotlines. Um, and you don't have to be like, you don't have to have a mental disorder or you don't have to be suffering to benefit from therapy. In fact, I think if everyone in the world went to therapy, the world would be a much better place, but obviously that's like impractical. Um, if you want more information, um, I could give more in depth, like citations for stuff I talked about, but just real quickly, the mind explained on Netflix is extremely good. Brene Brown, um, B-R-E-N-E Brown on Netflix, super good. The Adverse Childhood Experiences Study, TED Talk on YouTube is super good. Um, I remembered that doctor's name I talked about. He's Dr. McCauley. You could just search on YouTube, Dr. McCauley, the neuroscience of addiction. The SAMHSA, S-A-M-H-S-A YouTube video on the neuroscience of addiction is excellent. The, there's a TED Talk on the Portugal thing that I discussed. That's super good on YouTube. Um, yeah. Oh, his name is the doctor's name is Dr. Kevin McCauley, M-C-C-A-U-L-E-Y. Just search Dr. Kevin McCauley, neuroscience of addiction on YouTube. Super excellent. Um, that's about it. I guess I was right in asking if anything to plug. And my final words before I have Fox play us out here is it often comes in conversations where I'm generally in disagreements is where it always manifests the most, where I get criticized for lacking sympathy. And I do because I don't agree with sympathy because sympathy is based on pity for others' circumstance, basically. If I had to look it up, I'm sure that's probably close to it. I don't pity people. I don't agree in pity. But what I do always stress is empathy, which is the message of this whole episode, because empathy is trying to relate to people how they feel, putting yourself in their shoes. And 
if anything else, the whole message of this, besides trying to understand things a little better and looking at it a little differently, is, is empathy. So it doesn't mean to act a certain way because sympathy is generally used to beat people over the head to act the way they think you should act, which is also wrong. But empathy is the most important part of any interaction when you're uh, going into it sincerely and actually interested in the interaction. So the whole episode, the whole message of the episode was empathy and Fox, say what you got to say and play us out. I, I want to say one more thing. <laughs> <Not sure that. laughs> okay. It's, it's fun. Um, I'll, I'll just say it quickly. Fox's Fox. stomach is dying. Yeah. It's just a quote from Carl Jung. Oh, God. For a tree to grow to heaven, its roots must reach down to hell. Pretty good. That's it. And yeah. fuck. Yeah. Uh, later, guys. Later. <laughs>